I'll talk a little bit, man, but I don't recorded know what's live. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Thursday, September the 3rd, 2015. It's time for our private, my private audio call tonight. Our guest speaker is Carl Lentz. I have laryngitis and sore throat, so I'm not going to do much talking. But, um, Carl, it's all yours. Go ahead. Tell us your story now, what you were going to tell us. No, I was just saying that uh, the man from Massachusetts is down here. I'm trying to help him with a case that he's got going on and trying to settle it before it goes to the federal level, obviously. And uh, that's kind of an interesting, you know, dilemma is you always try to settle it as fast as you can at the local level because the feds have, like my dad told me, have more money than God and they'll chase you around the planet Earth for a $5 mail bag. So they're going to get a conviction if you leave it up to the Fed. So try to settle at the local level as fast as you can. So he's been down here. How long have you been down here, man? A week? A whole week? Wow. Time flies. We still don't, still can't flush the toilet. It's funny. We still got water to the house, so it's pretty funny. Every day. Oh, we're going to do the water every day. <laughs> Soon. It'd take us probably an hour to do it. And we always find something else to do instead. But today, like I said, we were down in a Washington, D.C. area by uh, some town named Marysville, Vienna, Vienna or something like that. And a husband and wife. Well, the wife went to court. The husband didn't want to do any of that wacko stuff. So uh, he was accused of being taught by other people about the signature, paid off the debt. And I just laughed. I said, no, a creation of man by the acceptance of another man accepting that creation, that paper note or that IOU, if he believes it's worth a million dollars and you believe it's worth a million dollars, then it is a million dollars. Because it's a fiat currency we have. It's all based on faith. So she was trying to say, well, I signed a piece of paper and it paid it off in full. I said, that's ridiculous. You signed a piece of paper and you said that this piece of paper is worth a million dollars if you live up to the terms and conditions of the contract, of the agreement. If you don't live in terms and conditions of the contract, of the agreement, then obviously it's not worth anything. And uh, it just makes me laugh, you know. And people are like, well, you know, I got, I signed this. The house is paid off in full. It's a million dollars. The bank turned, took that note and sold it immediately. They made money, and uh, we don't even have the original lender anymore. I said it doesn't matter. It's the holder in due course rule. Just because you gave, you needed a million dollars and you were going to give me an IOU, like a mortgage or a loan note, I say, nah, I don't want an IOU. I don't want a mortgage written out between you and me. I don't want a loan contract written out. I said, just give me that diamond ring. I'll hold that diamond ring. That's worth a million bucks. I'll hold a diamond. So, say I started, a, I lent it out to the guy for a million bucks. And he built a house or whatever with it, the money that I gave him for the diamond ring. And then I took that diamond ring and I said, hey, I'm getting hard up for cash myself. I think I overextended myself. Or I said to myself, hey, I just loaned the money to Donald Trump and he's going to pay me back a 20% interest a year. This note over 20, 30, 40 years, this is actually worth $10, $20 million, this $1 million note or this IOU that he gave me or this diamond ring is actually going to be worth a lot more money, you know, in 5, 10, 20 years. So I could either sell it immediately for what the face value, or I could sell it if somebody's willing to buy it and more of what it's worth. 
So it's just basically trying to explain to the husband and wife, you know, what was going on with the holding of due cause. So if you want, if you wrote out a, for a mortgage or a loan, you're chasing the note. You're constantly chasing the note then now. I said, because if you gave me a diamond ring, and I, and I turned around and I gave it to Jeff, and Jeff gave her, turned around and gave it to Al, when you're all done in 10, 20, 30 years, whenever that agreement was, that contract, that loan, that mortgage was written out for, however long that was the terms of the agreement, or you wanted to pay it off sooner, you expect to get that note back. And I kind of lost the husband at that point. I said, you never seen mortgage burning parties, like note burning parties? And he's like, no. I said, well, these people were from Iran, you know, like Persians, Iraq, Iran. So these people are Iranian. They had two funny. I said to them, as I was telling the story, I said, okay, what's your folks' name? And it was like, Ishmaeli Ibadah. And the other lady was Mansida Ubadah. I said, okay, your name is Bob and you're Mary. Okay, Bob and Mary. Okay. I don't care what your name is. So honestly, I just, you know, wanted to, you know, have something to reference to do with. I said, so let me explain it to you, Bob. I said, you want your diamond ring back. You want your note back. He says, I want my note back. What do I want my note back? I said, okay, you want your diamond ring back someday, right? He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you want your note back. You know, so if you wrote your name on a mortgage payment, if you wrote your name on a loan, that's very valuable because somebody who picks that note up can chase you around and collect on that note because it's an IOU. It's an IOU note. So you want... You don't want that IOU note to keep fighting in the behind for the rest of your life. When you get, when you pay off the $1 million you owe me, you expect me to get back your ring and give you back your ring. When, and you don't give a damn what I've done with it for the last 20, 30, 40 years, how I made money on it or traded it or exchanged it. But at the end of that 20, 30 years, you want it back. So, I said, how you could basically do it if you people want to cheat, steal, and you know, just not pay back your debt, which 99% of the people who listen to my show want to do. They don't want to pay back. They're trying to get something for nothing. I said, uh, you just chase the note. And you just say, wait a second, why should I keep paying you, Paul, for my diamond ring when I know you don't even have it anymore? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You just keep paying it. You agreed you'd pay it. Here's the piece of paper. You give me a diamond for a uh, million dollars. And at the end of the, you know, just keep paying it. They said, yeah, but you're also reading the agreement that when I'm done paying it, I want it back. This, nobody knows, like they said, like a mortgage burning party. I said, why don't you just like Google it? I, I'm sure it's, I've never Googled it myself, but I know it exists and I know it's real. And I said, and it was funny because they were from Iran. I said, this is what us white people used to do all the time, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, when banks started to become prevalent. Once we paid off the note, we said to the bank, yay, you know, took the last coupon out of the book, gave it to the bank teller. The bank manager went to the vault, got out the mortgage, got out the note, handed it back to us. We took it home. We burnt it. We didn't stick it on a wall and frame it. We didn't put it in our filing cabinet for our memory, for keepsake. No, we burned it because we knew if somebody else found that IOU, they could go around and say, hey, you ain't never paid on this. So you never paid on this IOU. It's like you're finding an IOU on the ground. IOU... Uh, $5 million, uh, signed Paul Lenz. The guy could use it against me. He said, well, I never collected a dime from Paul. Well, I never gave you that note. Oh, no? Then how did I get it? 
this is a secured security instrument. It's very valuable. You mean somebody just left the lane on the ground? So the court would look in favor of the man who actually is holding the note. So to explain to the people, the big thing is you want to chase that note. Go get that note. Go get the original security document because that thing's worth a lot of money. It's either worth, if, if it was written out to Donald Trump, it's worth a lot of money. If it's written out to just some poor, like they were doing a scam, bringing all these people from West Africa over, Senegal, where they were bringing people from East Africa, they were bringing people from all over just to uh, have a warm body occupy a house and sign a piece of paper, you know, back in uh, like 2003, 2004. It's worthless because they would judge that piece of paper based on that person's credit rating. Like Donald Trump's credit rating might be extremely high. So if he writes a note, if he writes out a loan at 20, 30% interest, he's going to pay it back. The odds of him paying it back are great. But if they wrote out a paper note to you, uh, let's say somebody who's got a 500 credit score, obviously that note's not going to sell for as much money depending on who the debtor is. That's why the credit rating is so important, how much the bank can sell your note for. So it's just a lot of fun explaining to them, you know, you're wasting your time with all this ridiculous nonsense, you know, signature and money and, you know, all these YouTube guru nonsense. You know, saying, uh, once you write paper, all your debts have been paid for forever. No. It's just that if you sign an IOU to me, and I believe, based on my faith, that you're going to be a good, honorable person to pay me back, I'll give you, you know, 5,000 bricks so you can build your house. You know, you give me a worthless IOU piece of paper, then I'm not going to give you those. If I don't think your word's any good, then you're never going to pay me back. Why should I? So, uh, there's two ways we explain how they do chase the note around for a while, go after the note, because you want it back. Say, look, I got the money sitting in the back of my pickup truck. I'm ready to pay it off. Are you ready to give me the note? Something simple like that. And then I said to them, uh, if you want to, I said you can go after the representative of the, this financial institution that believes you owe the debt. I said, do you have any proof that this man, what is his name, Bob Foley, has been assigned this matter, the collection of a debt on behalf of whatever, say, Bank of America? I said, just because he said he's a representative doesn't mean he is. Well, he wears a three-piece suit and tie. He can't possibly be lying. He doesn't look like you call. You know, he, you know, he's dressed really nice. So why would he lie? You know, he's charming. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, the only problem with that is, is if you owe me money, and this guy finds out on the Internet, and he runs through, like, the hot sheets or, you know, spreadsheets or who owes who what, you know, who owes who has been laid on a payment of delinquent on a debt. I'm sure they got all kinds of uh, uh, information like that available on the internet to debt collectors. Who would you like to collect on my behalf? You know, so uh, some man might have just found it and said that, "Oh, Angela owes called money. Oh, good. I'm going to go to Angela and file a lawsuit against her on Paul's behalf." Where's Paul? I don't know. Paul's uh, in Canada. Paul's in India. Paul's uh, in a coma for six, seven years. Who knows? Paul's dead. Whatever. So, but you get this representative saying, I represent Carl, and he found out that you owe me a hundred grand. He's going to start putting a, the heat on you and bring you to court and 
and I'm Paul's representative, and this is how much you owe, and this, you only paid him this much, and you still owe him 100 grand, and I'm acting on his behalf. All you got to do is say, oh, Paul, you're full of crap. I don't believe you. Why? Because I don't see, you know, anything from Paul giving you power of attorney to act on his behalf to collect on the debt. So why don't you go get a, you know, something from Paul saying that I'm acting as a power of attorney to collect on the debt. I said, the lady showed me, like, this, you know, case file that they had going on. I said, do you have anything in that case file that supports that that man, Bob Foley, is an acting agent other than his word that he's an acting agent? Do you have anything from Bank of America? And even if you have a letter from Bank of America, letterhead, did you call up Bank of America and fax the paperwork over and said, Bob Foley says he's acting on Bank of America's behalf? Is this the Bank of America that he's actually works for, you know, is Bank of America also the name of a of a lock and key company, and they make banks, you know, what what other kinds of banks of America are there in the United States? Is, is he actually truly your agent that could act on your behalf? And if even if all that stuff comes up, yep, he is. It's like good. Now, who set this agent upon me? Who told this agent to do this? Who was the one who gave him? that, you know, like the order to go collect on this debt. I want to talk to that man because I want to find out from that man what the damages were for me failing to pay on that debt. You know, what does the Bank of America accrue the loss? And don't just show me a spreadsheet. You have to show me some sort of tangible actual damage. You can't just say, oh, well, she hit my car and she gave me, uh, she broke my, uh, she broke my leg. Okay. Where's the dented car? Well, she did hit it, you know. Well, okay, where's the damage? Well, well, the leg is severely, it's, you know, severely hurts. Well, you know, we're not going to give you any money for a car that doesn't look like it's been hit and a leg that doesn't look like there's a scratch on it. So can you show us an actual loss that your company has incurred due to my inactions or my actions? Can, can you show me? Can you prove it in court? Well, no. So can can you prove that that is even true? You know, well, you have to know. So, like I said, that's just what we were doing today. We were killing some time doing that. It was too damn hot, actually, to go outside and work today. It was like 90-some degrees. So I said to Jeff here, I said, hey, man, let's go to Washington. I, w- I got to pick up an oven anyway out there and uh, got to meet this couple anyway. And that way we could uh, kill some time, get out of the heat. And then the lady told me uh, while we were at some Mexican restaurant, hey, man, don't you got to do answer the show tonight? I said, oh, man, I forgot all about it. It's already 7 o'clock. Oh, well. So I'm going to be driving on the road, doing a call from the road. I said, oh, well. I said, I'll just sit around and try to figure out, you know, what to do when I get on a call. But that's basically what we were doing, helping those people with uh, the foreclosure. And, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, even like the, the man you had on last week, the Peter Hendrickson guy. And uh, I said, you know, I'm very surprised that I'm the only one, because I didn't hear anybody in your show, who uses the Internet to find out who your guests are. I mean, I've had people... Google me, and they said, Paul saying the same stuff he said when he had an AOL account back in 1997. Paul saying the same stuff. Like, Paul hasn't changed. Same 
spawn allergy remarks, the same beliefs, the same way to deal with the law, the same way to deal with... It's like, this guy's... He hasn't changed one bit. It's like, nope. Same spiel. You know, it's pretty simple. to keep it simple. I vote, you know. And, uh... But that Peter Hendrickson, if you actually Google him, and you see how many times he's been arrested or been put in jail, and then his wife's been arrested now, and she's in jail, I'm like, okay, you might be the world's greatest code decipherer for the tax code, but somebody like him doesn't want to believe that the United States, I don't know, I think it's Title 26 is the tax code, or, you know, do you understand that the United States tax code to be revised at any time, and all these codes that you're studying and mastering, and you know, like the back of your hand, they could just take Title 27 and make it Title 26, make Title 26, 27, 29, 52. They could just, and now what? All those years of studying, all that tax code stuff, they just rearranged the whole entire tax code, they came up with all new revisions, and like I said, people with the 1099 OID were getting in big trouble because at one time it was, it said if you're a contractor, and then whatever the Winston Trout crowd were doing, they changed the IRS, changed it to employee. So people were filing what they believed was a 1099 form for contractors, but the IRS had changed the code to not read contractors anymore, but to read employees. So everybody who was filing it under whatever the Winston Trout way that he learned in 1999 was no longer applicable by 2005 because they changed the code a little bit. So everybody was filing false returns because they just changed that one word. That's why I went to go help that Indian guy, uh, Jake, up in uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, I think it's special. Not Saskatoon up there in Canada, that he was actually going to jail for seven months because, I said, and I brought a man up there with me, he, well, the man drove me up there, he's a very smart man, the smartest man I met in Canada, oh, what was his, uh, the name, Graf, uh, Graf was his last name, I'm trying to remember his first name, but Mr. Graf, he was 65 years old, I couldn't believe why Jake was going to jail. So I read the case against Jake from CRA, and I couldn't believe it. I said to Jake, um, where's the order of the court? He says, there is no written order of the court. I said, how did you file an appeal? Because I was reading the whole entire case file. It was massive. And we were exhausted because we had to drive all the way from British Columbia, Saskatoon, uh, and if you probably don't realize, it's like driving from California to uh, St. Louis. We were exhausted. It was a winter time, and the one guy's truck that brought us there broke down. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was a hell of a ride. So we were exhausted. So I'm thinking this guy, Jake, is totally effing with me because Dean Clifford was out there like a week or a month before I was. So I said, what did Dean Clifford do for you? And his friend who came out there, he says, oh, Dean Clifford was just chasing skirt. He was just chasing some guy's daughter around all weekend. He didn't, like, help me do any damn thing. He's like, he didn't read this case file? He's like, no. I said, okay. So I'm reading the case file. And I said to the guy, uh, 
the only thing actually that I see here is the word employee instead of contractor, and I couldn't believe it. I said, there's no way in the world they convicted this man over this. So I said, dude, if you're hiding something from me, were you charged with gun possession or raping kids or something? There's got to be something more here than this one word. He's like, well, he said, that's the entire case file. I said, I, I can't believe this. So I called the other man over. I said, look, I want you to read this whole case file. It's massive. Can you just, I'm just going to give you this, like, two pages that leads up to this words. What do you read here? He read it. And he's like, I just see where he made an error where it, the, the code went from contractor to employee. And I said, because I didn't give him a hint. The other man was in another room talking to some Indian guys. and So I he had no idea what I was looking at. So he came to the same conclusion I did. I said, this is ridiculous. Are you trying to tell me that this man is going to jail for seven months because he filed a 1099 OAD and it went from employee to contract to employee? This is ridiculous. I said, well, when Dean and his friend was up here, uh, they helped you be appealed? Like, yeah. I said, okay. I said, can I see the order of the court? I said, I don't see it here. He says, order of the court. I said, yeah, the order of the court. You had a ruling against you in this tax court, whatever, right? Where's the order of the court? Where's the ruling? He says, there isn't one. I said, look, don't have with me because you can't file enough. You need, like, you need the case file. You need the transcript. You need to file the brief. And you need to file the order because you're appealing the order. You're appealing what the order says. You go to jail or you pay a fine. You're appealing the order. And they help you with an appeal. Yeah. But you don't have an order. Yeah. You can't file an appeal. That, okay, the appellate court can't look. Or they can't start the appellate process, the appeal process, until you have an order, something to appeal. What are you appealing? You're appealing that you don't want to go to jail, right? Yeah, well, that's what you got to appeal. Where's the order? And he said... There is no water. I said, don't F with me. And I was getting pissed. By then it was like Sunday morning. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning. We were driving all day Saturday. And, and I was just really pissed. And uh, I said, look, I'm going to bed. I said, Monday morning, we're going to call that court clerk. We're going to call the prosecutor. And I'm going to get a damn copy of that court order. I said, you're hiding something on me. There's no way in the world that they're possibly putting in a man in prison for seven months without a court order. There's no way. He said, what do you mean? I said, um, if you get hurt or slip or fall down and get injured in that prison, in that jail, without an order for you to be there, if you just walked in and there's no reason for you to be there in writing, I said, they could be liable for the sky's the limit. So when we called up and Monday morning, the prosecutor said, no, there's no order, but Jake was in court that day and heard the judge clearly say that he had to turn himself in on Tuesday. He told me Jake isn't going to turn himself in on Tuesday. I said, oh, no, he's going to honor his side of the commitment or the agreement of turning himself in. Oh, no, he doesn't need you guys to come blasting through his French provincial doors again, all eight of them, and none of them have ever locked because this is a bed and breakfast up here, but you just had to put on a, a show and break eight doors for no good reason where he could just turn the handle and walked on in. No, he's going to turn himself in. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday to turn himself in. But we were just 
wondering what the order specifically said he must do at what time because I'm going to drop him off and I don't know if I'm supposed to drop him off at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. I said, there's no order. And he said, well, he just needs to be here at 8. I said, ma'am, where is it in writing? And she said, are you a lawyer or something like that? I said, no, ma'am, I'm just his friend. I'm just here to help. And she said, this phone call is over. So uh, there was no order. They put Jake in jail. So uh, we got some very interesting paperwork going extremely quickly. And they, you know, faxed it to every, like, single minister, every, you know, official in Canada they could do before, you know, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning when we had to get ready to drive him to jail to start serving a sentence. And uh, this is what I'm trying to say is uh, the other lady said that there was, they had a foreclosure against her today, but there's no judgment. I said, what do you mean there's no judgment? There's no judgment. The, the judge just gave the bank to the financial institution that claimed I owe the debt. So you lost the house. Yes. Okay. Can I see the judgment? There is no judgment. I'm like, how are you people, you know, how could you people, that, it's, like, it's like, be that dumb. How could you people not know like the simple process that okay they gave it to the they gave it to the financial system they told you to get out but where's the order for you to evict or vacate where where's the order that like the ruling or the judgment that you lost I said because they wanted me to help them try to get compensation like on the equity side I said I got I gotta have something to work with here I gotta have like a judgment how much they were awarded the other side and as they were like there is one. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. So like I said with that, that Peter Hendrickson guy, this stuff was like ridiculous. Is If he understood just the simple basic like elements of moving a court, he wouldn't be so terrified of dealing with the courts. So like I said, when he was saying, oh, it'll never work, it'll never work, it'll never work. Okay, it happened with Gus, it worked with this man, it worked with, okay, it happened a couple of dozen times, but it'll never work again. We have the start a revolution, we got to start petitioning, we got to start, you know, running for our congressman. It's like, why do you just learn the rules of court? You know, why are you trying to crack the code when you should be learning how to crack the courts and just follow the procedures of the court rules and understand what you're doing? Because I couldn't log in last week, I was probably driving, and uh, I listened to the replay of the show, and he kept saying, file a motion. And it's like, file a motion, file a motion, where? In the airport? They don't care. You know, the, you're not an attorney. You know, you're not, you know, you have no, it's like the, people have heard a million times, like the 800-pound gorilla in a room. The judge is the 800-pound gorilla, and the attorneys and the lawyers are all terrified. And if you, if, if the lawyers and the attorneys are terrified, you're not even, don't even have the same standing or status of a, I'm an attorney and a, or a lawyer, and they're terrified because the 800 pound gorilla doesn't give a damn what they got to say either. So, uh, what makes you think that the judge is really going to care about your ridiculous legal connotations or what your deciphering of the code is? He couldn't care less. And that's why I put it on my webpage that um, when the person made a motion, up there in Ohio, this, this, this couple up there in Ohio, they wrote some fantastic legal paperwork. And I highlighted it, saying that the um, judge 
said that I don't see where your licensed attorneys in the state of Ohio, so even though you made multiple legal conclusions and they might all be correct and accurate, um, I'm going to have to deny you at this time. Like, like he was basically saying, please submit it through an attorney because we're not going to accept anything from you. So, I can't see where um, there'd be any benefit to writing anything in a legal manner in a legal proceeding when they're going to just take a look. Are you a good standing, you know, member of the bar? Are you a member of the bar? No. Okay, well then honestly, we don't see anything, we don't understand anything you're doing. Because when a member of the bar says this is the way it is, the judges all have the belief that the attorney actually did his job and actually did not modify a ruling or modify a citation or didn't twist or manipulate it. You know, he didn't find it on Google. Like, he actually, like, went to a book and opened up key, you know, like, uh, opened up a West key and actually said, oh, okay, you actually, you know, know what you're doing and you actually pull it from the proper sources. You didn't pull it from Wikipedia. So we don't have to double check when a lawyer says it. We just take it, take him at face value, take him at his word. Because if he gets caught, we're going to disbar him. If you get caught, what are we going to do? Hold you in contempt? And you're going to say, oh, I don't know, I got it off of Wikipedia. I got it off of some guy named Paul Lenz's website. I got it, oh, oh I thought it was like Pete Hendrickson. I, I thought it was true. Yeah, right. You didn't get it off of Westlaw, did you? No. Okay, well, you know what? You're wasting our time. And we don't have better things to do than read what you believe is a proper citation or a proper quote from a Supreme Court case. Go like, you know, go like say like a Roe versus Wade, everybody always gets that wrong. They think it has something to do with abortion. So you're citing cases like Hale versus Hinkle that had to do with a, a fruit vegetable import export company that has absolutely nothing to do with a man. It had what rights does a corporation have? not what rights does a man have, and you guys all use that particular case with a fruit and vegetable produce distributor in New York to whether or not you should have to turn over his records when they all, he was being questioned for it. First was a banana import. Now the New York State Attorney wanted all his records for apples, oranges, everything. He's like, no, 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 I'm not playing this. It's going to take me three years to get all these documents together. The, the, the fruit question is bananas. I'm going to give you every damn thing with bananas, but I'm not giving you everything else. It's going to take us 20 years to get all the files together. And an attorney was trying to say, tough, you're a corporation. We created you. You have to do what we tell you to do. So that was basically giving like legal lawful status to a corporation saying, no, they afforded like the same rights as like a man because a man is behind that corporation. And the impact on a corporation is also having an impact on a man. So, same thing with Roe versus Wade. Everything is it's about abortion. So a whole bunch of good Christians all get together all the time, and they try to protest it every year. Like, a, you know, Roe versus Wade Day, we got to overturn Roe versus Wade. And Roe versus Wade, you know, Roe, it was a civil matter. That's why it wasn't Jane Doe, it was Jane Roe, because it was a civil matter, not criminal. She petitioned that... The government is to have no business in her affairs when it comes between her and her doctor. Whatever her and her doctor wish to discuss is to remain in the private. 
It is not to be public knowledge. It is not to be in the public. I go to my doctor and I, I expect him to keep my business and my problems secret, like a priest or a lawyer. I expect confidentiality. And the United States government was saying, no, when you go into a doctor's office, you should have full access to every damn thing you people are talking about. Like Obamacare. That's what Obamacare is. You lost the right to privacy. So everybody's saying, we got to get Roe versus Wade overturned. And I say, what do you think Roe versus Wade is about? They always say it's about abortion. I say, no, it's about the right to privacy. So all you million or billion good Christians are stampeding the streets saying, overturn Roe versus Wade. And if the, United, if the Supreme Court says, okie dokie, we overturned it, next thing you know, the government is not only in the doctor's office, they're going to be in the dentist's office, they're going to be in your school with your teachers, they're going to be in, in all your matters of private affair. So you want to eliminate the right to privacy in the United States. Is, is that what you're trying to say? Do you want the government involved in all of our private actions? Like, well, no. Well, that's what the lady was fighting for. She wasn't fighting for the right to have an abortion. She was fighting for the right to be have, uh, deal with this, whatever situation is going on in her body and to be kept private, not to be exposed to the public, which was a wonderful thing she did. The abortion was insane what she did, but the force that she was fighting for was privacy. was wonderful. Now, some people say she was fighting for abortion rights. No, she wasn't. She's fighting for the right to keep my business private. So, uh, like I said, it's, it, it, people like, like I said, the Peter Hendrickson guy realized what he was fighting for and how to fight through the courts and move the courts. He say, holy cow, all this code stuff is all ridiculous and it's all nonsense. Why am I studying all this stuff? Why am I writing this ridiculous cracking the code book that's 5,000 pages long? You know, you know, other than, you know, because he's got nothing better to do. Because he can say, those codes have nothing to do with me. Because any time you just wish to no longer volunteer, like Harry Reid said, when that guy interviewed him, says on income taxes, voluntary. He said, absolutely. He said, well, if I don't pay my income taxes, I go to jail. He says, you're damn right, you will. And the guy kept asking, but they're voluntary. Absolutely. Once you volunteer to do something... It's like, okay, like in Vietnam, they say, who wants to volunteer and take point? Well, guess what happens? That, you know, you're probably going to die. Well, who told you to volunteer? Well, peer pressure? Or you wanted to show that you were brave? Or what? You know, well, the guy who did it, he's like, stuck his neck out. Okay, well, now you're going to get, you know, whacked. So if you volunteer to intercourse with the IRS, or you volunteer to pay $20 to some woman to have sex with and you come back with some sort of disease or you come back, who told you to do what you did? Who told you to pick up that paper, pen, and ink and intercourse with them? Who told you to write how to deal with the devil? Whoever told you, like, oh, well, you know, let's, 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 you know, work with them and everything's going to be all right. It's like I was going on here last week or whatever the hell I was going on when you said, oh, well, that's it. Good night, Paul when I was going on saying about bankers. When you guys go to borrow money, you go to the bank. And then when you get behind the times, which you always do, you guys are like, well, it's not fair that, you know, we should have to give back our ski mobiles, our car, our house, just because we can't pay for them. Just because we can't pay for them, 
doesn't mean we shouldn't keep them. It's like, oh, you made two payments on a 500 payment house, and you should keep it? And you put how much money down? Uh, no, oh, no money down. How many payments do you make? Two. What are your payments? Uh, 600 bucks. Oh, so you should keep a $600,000 house because you paid $1,200 on it. Is, 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 is that what I'm cashing from it? Well, you know, my husband got the hard times. So I got the hard times. The kids got diarrhea. You know, the dog the dog has bad breath. Look, did you pay for the house or did you pay for the house? Well, all the money's spent. Okay. You know what? Somebody laid out a million dollars to fill that thing. And you think you should just walk away free and clear because you signed your name on a piece of paper? And that's why I said, if everybody just starts saying, yes, you know, we should all just walk away. You know, if we just walk away with, you know, paying pennies on a dollar, you know, nobody's going to loan money anymore to the United States. They're going to say, we're not paying off on our debts. And we got a billion people in China and a billion people in India that'd be more than glad to pay 20% interest to live in a McMansion. They'd be more than glad to put their children to work to pay off this debt. You know, the United States, they don't want to pay off their debts. You know what? We don't need to deal with them no more. And that's why I say, too, if people go borrow money from a banker, I've never seen bankers other than, like, it's a wonderful life. And, and uh, where the James, Jimmy Stewart was portrayed as a good banker. Almost every banker in every movie that I've ever seen is evil. You know, he's the incarnate of the devil. You know, he's, he's portrayed as an evil man who always throws little ladies out of their homes. Yet you people, when you need money, you go make a deal with the devil. You go make a deal with the banker. And I said, you didn't go into town and look up the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. You look for the banker. And why did you ever think that the, you're making a deal with the banker? It's going to be a, it's going to be happy. You know, it's like, why did you borrow money first from your family? It's because your mama wouldn't lend you a dime because she knows she'll never see you again, and she likes to see her grandkids every now and then. So she's not going to loan you any money. Because she knows if she loans you money, she's going to have to chase you around planet Earth to get it back. Why don't you get it from your friends? Huh? They know you even better than your mama does. Why don't you borrow from your co-workers? Yeah, right. you got to be kidding. They know you're going to get fired next week. They know you're not good for your money. You're not going to be able to pay up. So you got to go to the bank up. So he's, making, he's gambling. And you're going to pay on the debt. And everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, it's all fiat currency. That's right. It's all based on faith. And once the credit rating of a country goes down, that's why it's so important for these schools that have these aptitude tests for these children and for them to get incredibly high grades because then it shows the potential earning income of future generations. So they're going to set the credit rating for the interest rates based upon the competency or the test scores of children. Like in 10, 20 years from now, they're going to, you know, they are loans, bonds, or whatever. And if we're ranked 81st in math and 112 in, you know, you know, English writing skills, well, obviously, we're not going to have a very good credit rating because the ability for those children to become professionals are pretty slim compared to them being equal to people who are capable of boxing a shelf at Walmart or mowing a lawn. So obviously, our credit rating is going to go down, and we're not going to get you know international funds. So, like I said, with the like I said, just like a Pete Hendrickson guy is, if they don't know how to get in and out of court, because one day, no matter what they're trying to do, I don't care if you're trying to teach people how to get traffic tickets or how to deal with uh, jaywalking or spinning on a sidewalk 
or a divorce or anything, if you don't know the basic simple concepts of what a court is, who or what is moving the court, is it a who or is it a what moving this court, am I appearing as a who or a what, if you don't know the rules of the game and you want to try to help people with IRS or bankruptcy or anything like that, eventually you're going to be called into the court. Eventually they're going to be called into the court. And you have to know how to move through the court. Forget that you know everything about the IRS. Forget about you know all the rules about IRS rules. So what? Now you're in a new setting. Now you're in a court setting. It doesn't matter what the IRS rules are anymore. Now you have to know how to move that court. So, like I said, it's extremely important to know how to act in public or act in court. Because this is just the system we have, and it's a skill that people aren't learning. Or they're not teaching their children. Okay, so look like an accident up there, man, or just road work? Gadgets or whatever. They got bright lights there, so So, hey, am I on the air anymore? Yes, you're still on. Okay, but like I said, um, and it's, it was stopped, so it's going to be good a little bit, so I can listen a little bit, hear a little bit better. Because, yeah, it's not, it just looks like road work up there. So, you know, an exit 247. We got to get the 222. So, yeah, I was telling Angela that we got like another 25 miles on here. And uh, we'll be good, good for the night. I could actually sit down and do this show instead of trying. But uh, I'm trying to think, was there anything else that you think we were talking about, man, that was pretty important this week? Did you remember? I'm talking to the man next to me, Jerry. There's a lot of people that are um, have their hand up. There's four okay. people waiting. I have laryngitis. There's four people waiting to ask you questions. Just talk to me. Don't worry if I'm on air or not. Just tell me. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I was talking to saying this morning, you know, if there was anything that we were talking about this week that he really thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that you guys would like to... Because he's here, and I'm trying to help him. You know, with his case, he's got an extremely serious case. You know, a serious you know, amount of jail time he's looking at. So, obviously, he didn't want to just do it on the phone with me anymore because it's ridiculous to try to catch me on the phone. And uh, so he just said, you know what, I'm going to come down here for a week and, uh, you know, just, you know, sit by my left hip and just... Uh, talk to call like crazy and what I'm basically doing is like like you see on TV like I was doing with him earlier saying look I'm coaching him it's like well like you know like on TV the attorney to say you know when you go to court you go before the judge you know okay like I say to certain people cry you know like cry cry no no not boo hoo no don't fall like that no just just cry just like an onion under your eye make believe there's an onion under your nose and just that one teardrop fall there you go it's acting it's you're playing out of a performance it's, it's just it's just a show it's a, the, the gloves don't fit you must have quit you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a joke. It's, it's, it's told. It's, I said that's when you, if you have to go before a jury, I said, and if you go before the judge, you still got to put on, on an act. The judge is going to look for very simple things, little nuances in your, in your demeanor and your manner. You know, like if you treat people like the judge and your honor, if he says to you something like, "Take off that hat," or he tells you to uh, uh, sit over there. Or if he, if, if he starts talking to you like that, it's like, you say, excuse me, excuse me, sir, you mean please? Is, is, there, is there a please? Did you say please take off my hat? Did you say please go sit over there? Like, do, you, do you realize that there's a man present? Do you, do you realize what I am and who I am? 
You know, you just, you see, he says, go sit over there. And you do it. They got jurisdiction over you. Say, so take off the hat. Excuse me? Are you, are you dressing me? Yeah, is that the way you dress every man? You tell, you just walk around town and say, you point to some man and say, take off that hat. You tell women, hey, take off that dress. Is that the way you address your fellow man? And the judge would be a fellow like, what, what? It's like, sir, you know I'm a man, right? See, so all you guys want to do all these notices. And say, oh, I'm a man, da-da-da. Well, fucking act like one. How about try to act like one? Instead of saying that or not, then the judge would just say, sit down or take off the hat or go sit over there. Well, I thought you just said you were a man. Yeah, well, now you're just a little bitch. Because he just told you to do that. Oh, he's a little puppet. And now you just did because he told you to take off the hat and sit over there. It's like, oh, yeah, we really got a man over here. Yeah, really. Just because you say it, it's a lifestyle. You got to act it. Now that you said it, perform. Now that you said it, do it. Oh, the judge says. I said it was funny, Jeff. All we want is funny. We were coming up with new ways to say something or do something in court. I said, look, this isn't a one-trick pony. Just wing it. If it's an old white judge or a young cutie pie woman judge or a Jewish lady or a Hispanic gay-looking lady, you know, you know, this you you have you have to improvise. It's not going to work with everybody. So you got to. I said the other way we did with the judges is say, take a take, you say you did your spiel saying, I'm a man and I'm president of court da da da. And the judge said, yeah, great, sit down, and take off your hat. It's his hat. What hat? Are you talking? Are you talking about my property? What? Are you trying to tell the little man what he can and cannot do with his property? Is this is this a public building? Are you? What's that? One of the things that the was we had man and person, and then how the words down the column parallel connected. Oh yeah, yeah, the connection between man and person. How are they almost like flow? That right. Yeah. What we're saying is um how the legal system has their words and the words of man run parallel, but it's just a little tiny bit different, you know, where you say, well, I'm a man, it's like, well, you're a person. And people don't really distinguish the two because you've led to believe that word man and person were like, you know, synonyms. And they're, they're, honestly, they're, in, in law, in good law, there is no synonyms. It can't be ambiguous. It has to be precise. It could only, it's like the law of gravity or something like that. You know, you might deny, you know, that you might say that the law of gravity is infringing on your rights or your sovereign abilities, but you're still going to be held to, and you're going to be bound by that law of gravity, regardless of how much you protest or file a motion saying that it's interfering with your sovereign rights or your uh, God-given rights, because you're not sovereign, because sovereign means you possess God-like qualities, and if you are truly sovereign, like God is, the law of gravity does not abide to him. He, he, he can't be, he, he's not held by the same set of laws that we are. So there are, so when people say I'm sovereign, I laugh at him because there is no such thing in, in my capacity, my belief system, of me ever calling myself a sovereign until I possess God-like qualities because that's what a sovereign is. Something that law, that, that the laws do not apply to a sovereign. So obviously the laws of gravity apply. Somebody said that about the laws of gravity, you know, like, and that's what I try to tell people all the time. You know, you want to try to say you're sovereign, well, truly you're not, because there are laws of nature. You will die. You will hit the ground and fall. You, you know, you can't try to, you know, avoid the inevitable for as long as you wish, but you're all bound by certain laws. 
and the way it is always portrayed on the national media is that we're running around the world. Jimmy Carter got cancer the other day, and he was saying, like, the biggest achievement he ever did was spread, like, democracy around the world. And I'm like, holy cow, so you're the one liable for all this nonsense going on, that 51% are going to kill the 49% because they voted on it, so the 49% die or get everything taken away from them because the 51% voted against the 49%. That's what a democracy is. It's mob rule. And instead of like somebody like me who's like, hey, we should have anarchy. Oh, anarchy. Oh, we were all trained and conditioned in school that anarchy is a horrible evil word. No. Anarchy means we're all equal, that there is nobody that reigns above us. There's not, not a king. There's not a legislative branch. There's not a dictator. We are all self-governing. There is nobody that governs us. We self-govern. Anarchy doesn't mean mayhem and chaos and murder. You know what means chaos, mayhem, and murder? Chaos, mayhem, and murder. Anarchy is a completely, you know, every word stands alone. But the media or, or, or you know, the public school will try to convince you that anarchy means chaos, murder, and death. And they'll teach you that democracy means love, joy, beauty, women's rights, rights for the uh, disenfranchised, race, uh, religion, sexual orientation. No, it's not small rules. When 51% can control the 49, guess what's going to happen? The 49 is going to be stripped of everything because the 51, guess what? They're called human beings. And they're greedy, average, gluttonous, and they couldn't have one day of bit of concern for the people who are not like them. They have no compassion or pity. And they're going to take everything away. Because why? Because they're the entitled ones. So, uh, like I said, we were just talking about stuff like that this week, too. I don't want to talk about this case because, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to. But uh, it's basically a private, right to privacy issue, and it basically has to do with beliefs. Like, what do you believe you saw? Oh, I believe I saw space aliens. Are you sure that wasn't a hologram? What? Are you sure that's not just like some sort of hologram? You know, that the government's just messing with you. Well, it could be. But, no, I said, no, it's space aliens, for sure. Well, would it surprise you if I showed you that it's just zeros and ones that you saw, that it was just a digital image, that it was only like a, a certain wavelength of spectrum of light, you know? Would that convince you if I could manifest it here today, if I could recreate it? And then when you do it, it's like, holy cow, I guess I guess that's all it was. Yes, there was no Martians. Nobody was home. Nobody was injured in the making of that hologram. You know, there's no damage. So where does your case lie now when there's no injured, harmed, or, you know, damaged party? Where does it lie? I don't think you have a case. So you want to rethink it? Or do you want to take this to trial and I'll put on this show in an open court? So, like I said, sometimes you want to take it to trial and get it into an open court. Sometimes you just want to dip it in the bud and, like, with Gus, you know, before the, the judge said, no, we're going to hold this over for a felony. Uh, we're going to have to send this over for an indictment at the grand jury level. And thank God the next day the prosecutor just said, no, well, I'm not taking it to the grand jury. As a matter of fact, I'm going to dismiss this. We're done. So that's what I try to do is try to explain to them 
before even having to teach people how to go to court. It's like, well, this is how you perform. This is what you say. This is what you don't say. How about we just write some letters? And how about we just show them that by taking this into an open court, how their claim or their case will not prevail? How about we just show them in, in a form of writing and explain to them? But who was I writing a letter for this week? Remember that guy called me? It was a great damn letter. Oh, was it the Canadian guy? Oh, we were laughing our asses off. The lady said, we can't reply anymore. Respond. Oh, respond. Please respond. Please respond within, like, 30 days. So please respond. And she was basically threatening to play. Please respond in 30 days, or we may seek legal action. I said, go get the word respond out of the dictionary. Send it to her. I said, how many different uh, variations of the word defined exist in the dictionary? Like four. I said, good. Send her the word respond from the dictionary and ask her which one of these four definitions of the word response that she wants you to respond in, you know, in a timely manner to, because if you respond in a manner in which she doesn't, you know, uh, recognize as a proper response, she, she's going to move this into a, into a court and, you know, please ask her to respond as soon as possible and, like, circle what you believe the word respond means and tell her, can you please do it? you know, in a timely manner, and if she does not respond in a timely manner to clarify the word respond, that you are going to move this into an open court, and you're going to seek compensation for, you know, loss of, uh, you know, time or, you know, harm or injury. You know, we're going to make up something. But it's just funny how we were spinning it back on them and saying, oh, if you don't respond in a timely manner, we are going to seek legal action. I say, okay, well, define respond. How do you wish me to respond? In the written language, in verbal communications, in smoke signals, uh, there's four definitions for the word respond, which way would you wish me to respond? I said, this is what I'm trying to teach people, is just have fun with this. Keep writing letters back and forth. And that way, they can't never move into an open court, because all you're doing is getting clarification of their letter. That you're trying to communicate with them, but you don't see or understand where they're coming from, and you're just trying to act in a civil, competent manner. You're not doing all this hate nonsense, because I forgot what he first said. It's all ridiculous. You know, like cease and desist, and all of a sudden, no, have fun with their letter. He says, well, they said they won't respond anymore in the written form, that everything they want to do is through the telephone, because they're getting very frustrated with the letters. So I said, guess what? Let's do this for fun. I bet you if you send them a letter saying, like, Dear Jane, um, I got your letter saying that you can no longer communicate in a written form. Um, how do you wish to respond from now on, you know, from, from here henceforth, for um, I do not have access to a phone at my disposal, you know, and um, how other forms of communication do you wish to convey thought, if you wish to do it by cable or telegraph or smoke signals, or and if it is smoke signals, what do we do at night or on cloudy days? You know, just just be a goofball. And you know, because she said, you know, on a photo, I don't appreciate you playing games with me. And it, all he was doing was being literal, and it drives them nuts. She says, you know what the answers I want to hear. I said, well, then just tell if you already know the answers that you want to hear from me, 
why don't you just say you had a phone call with me and just write the damn answers down anyway? You know? So he went, obviously, to one lady, to another lady, to a supervisor, you know, so they kept moving around on the phone because nobody got a, what they would say is a straight answer. You're not playing the game. You're supposed to say you're a Canadian citizen, not just say defined citizen, you know, defined Canadian. You know, I believe I'm a man. Do you believe I'm Canadian? I believe I'm a man. Now, I don't know if I've ever seen a Canadian. Now, what, what actual Canadian am I? Am I Canadian maple syrup? Am I Canadian uh, footwear? Am I Canadian flag? Just what Canadian am I? Can you define what type of Canadian I am? Bacon. Yeah, bacon. Yeah. Canadian beer, you know, whatever. Canadian, you know, Canadian what? You know, so it's pretty funny, you know, so let's just have fun with the letters for a while. You know, what's that? I have a word on the uh, first item of paradigm, the attorney negotiates settlement. Oh, yeah, the attorney's negotiating settlement? Yeah. Is that, is that Vital's brother you're with? No, not Vital's brother. That guy, you know, he sells drugs. Got lost good He's got such a simple solution, it's not even funny. But, uh, yeah, I want to get Faden full first before uh, I give the answer to that. Because once you know what? We're, you're fading out, Carl. What, are you doing something different? Yeah, I just went down a riverbed, you know, up and down on the highway. So we only got another 16 miles, and I'll be sitting still. So I'm just oh ramping up a little bit. Yeah. All right, because we have seven people in line waiting to ask you a question. Yeah, I noticed that. Like last week, you had some guy on, and it was like, it was like 66 listeners. I was like, yeah, oh, well. I guess there's not much going on. So I, I kind of figured tonight you're going to have a lot more people asking a lot more questions. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to be in, hopefully, Gus. And I'm pretty sure he wants to go. He said he wants to go. But I'm not going to speak to another man. But we're supposed to be going down to Carolina first and helping, you know, some black folks down there. They got some, I think the four four members of the family have got like 20 or 30 federal indictments for all kinds of crazy, you know, funny racketeering scheme concept thing going on. So that should be a fun one. I never really got into that. So that should be a lot of fun to do that case. And uh, I'm going to go down there and help them. That's the first stop. And then we're supposed to be going down to Georgia. And then we're supposed to swing out to Texas. I meet some people down in, uh, what's that area called? San Antonio area. And then um, Gus wants to go to Colorado. There's some people down there wanting us to show us in Colorado. And then we're supposed to go to California. And then I'm thinking about swinging back through Minnesota and dropping down through Illinois, Iowa, and helping some people down there. And then come back home. So, um... Uh, yeah, it should be like a little road tour. You know, I don't want to drive. I don't want to fly. So I'm working on a car, trying to get make it sure the car is going to go that distance. So it should be a lot of fun. Because Gus is a good guy, man. He's a good guy to drive with. You know, he doesn't, uh, you know, fart, drink beer. You know, he's a good guy. You know? <laughs> he doesn't smell. You know, he takes a bath every day, a shower, whatever. You know, so he's a good guy to drive with. You know, because I, I drove a tractor trailer for a living, and they always wanted me to drive with a buddy system said, oh, no, you can put a woman in this tractor with me, but I am not tolerating a man sitting next to me, burping and farting all day. I ain't doing it. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so Justin is a good guy. We've driven many, many miles, like to Iowa and uh, Illinois to get in Ohio, Canada. He's on here. Yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah, well, go ahead. You can ask him if he's going to still go. I haven't talked to him in a week or two. You know, I, I don't okay. really talk to anybody anymore. I'm so freaking busy, it's not even funny. So, when do you uh, want to start taking questions, Carl? They're lining up here. Yeah, you know, anticipation, you know, they're going to look, you know, the more, the, the less access to me is the more they're going to want me, you know. Uh-huh. The more the woman, you know that. Are you, you playing a game? Maybe you're playing yeah. games. Though. If I'm playing a game, that's no, I'd be in court. The sports are supposed to play games. Yeah, so I'm, they're, they're, they're courting me. That's what it is. I'm courting them. There you what? go. It's called I'm courting them. Courting. Courting? C-O-U-R-D-I-N-G. Courting. Oh, courting. We've got a courting. really bad connection. I can barely understand you. I just went down in another riverbed, like a pocket. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've got one more bad river to go all across. So it's going to break the soon. That's why I'm just wasting time, just killing time talking. And oh. just finally stop. So when somebody asks me a question, like these people are Iranian today, I couldn't understand a bloody word they were saying. Firstly, you know what? I'm going to meet you at a restaurant somewhere. Where do you want me to meet? But I tried to do it on the telephone. It's like, this is impossible. I said, look, when I come up to the D.C. Washington, D.C. area, I'll beat you in a boiler. And uh, we'll sit down and talk because I can't understand a bloody word you're saying. And they said, well, we've been here for 27 years. So it sounds like you've been here for 27 minutes. It sounds like you got off the boat 27 minutes ago. Whatever that, you know, crazy dialect, Arabic dialect they have. I couldn't understand a bloody word they're saying. And even their names. You, I couldn't. Do you remember what their names were? Do you have any freaking clue? I have her name. How was her name? What was her name? What's that? I'm thinking it. Oh, you're getting the name. Oh, she wrote it down for you. Okay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, so like I said, we just uh, went and helped these folks today. And, uh, you know, so that was fun. But like I said, me doing uh, this man, Mark, sitting next to me, realizes he's one man as well. But me just to go around and help one person at a time is insane. So uh, that's what he's saying. You know, that just got to uh, hold on. Bob Oba, huh? That's the name? Bob Oba. That's the name. Yay. What a name. I don't care what it means. So, well, tell me what it means. I don't care. But I was that name. It was Bob Oba. <laughs> and I called her Mary. I said, I'll call you Mary. <laughs> I ain't calling you Bob Oba. That's beyond my pay grade. I couldn't care less. So, uh, but they loved my advice, man. The guy's head was smoking. Because it's funny. When his wife walked away... I said, do you go to call her and help her with this? He says, no way. All this stuff that you guys are doing is nonsense. It's just crazy. But, you know, I said, I totally agree. Some of the stuff she was saying, man, that's insane. Oh, see, your wife's out all dead. He goes, oh, please, just stop. No, it doesn't. So, so I started talking to the husband more than the wife. And by the time I was done talking to him about an hour, man, his notebook was full of notes. So I was turning him towards my side, and that's why I said, look, your wife went over the cliff a long time ago, and I'm trying to pull her back over. You go, I'm going to leave, and I'm pulling you over to the edge of the cliff to help her come back over, because she's gone. She's gone down this crazy YouTube guru fucking path, and she's gone. If you don't start really her in a little bit, because I'm not going to be here, you know, she's just going to, you know, a touch up, you know, to deal with, you know, because she's like, oh, I'm going to follow the claims of all, and then I was robbed of my house. 
That's what she said. Robbed of the house of something else, right? Robbed. Oh, so somebody picked up your house and walked away, and you can identify the man who actually picked it up and carried it off. Do you understand it means to take and carry off, to rob somebody, to visually witness somebody take and carry? That's what it's called, take and carry. Or carry, yeah, that's it, yeah, take and carry. Take and carry off. Uh, so, you know, that's like an le- actual legal term, take and carry. So, you saw somebody pick up your house and walk away with it? The judge is going to think you're a freaking nut. But you could say to the judge in their legal terms, but basically be there was fraud on the court from the onset, or ab initio, PSA, this attorney who claims to represent the bank. I don't even see anywhere in the case file where he has any affidavit or statement from the bank saying that he had any ability to act on their behalf. And until we get such, you know, affirmation or affidavit or, you know, proof or from the bank, this judgment should be executed. Or it should be stayed indefinitely until he can show that he has any affiliation with this lending, you know, institution at all. Hey, man, another damn traffic jam. And this one looks like a freaking long one, man. What exit we at? 2.30? Trying to think how to get the hell out of here. I don't even remember the Veroni yet, man. But whatever exit this, the next one, we're getting off. I know how to get home from wherever, really, eight miles. So, believe me, I'll take the back roads. Yeah, we're kind of in a traffic jam. Well, again, which is kind of good, because then I could probably take a question until I get on the back roads. So you want uh, to take a question? Yeah, because I could hear things now, so we're going, like, uh, 11 miles an hour, so. Okay. <laughs> All right, we've got James262. You've been unmuted, James. What's your question? Hey, why don't you turn on your phone so you can hit me talking? This guy's going to ask me a question now, so I'm going to be quiet for a while. James? You're going to hear me doing answers, but you're not going to know what the freaking question is. You know, saying so he's like, hey, that's a funny answer. Well, quite. But I'm sure it's going to be funny to tell whatever the hell I tell him. Because, you know, I really don't give a damn. You know? Because I'm sure this James didn't donate to me a freaking time. James, 262, you've been unmuted. Something wrong with your phone? It's not uh, working, James. I think it's seven two four. You need a, a better mic or something. Seven two four 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 seven four four four. That's the number to call oh, into the oh, call. Oh, three nine nine zero four. Sorry, that. Three nine nine zero four. Yeah. James, are you trying to talk or what? No, nah, he's okay. just. He just. He, 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 no, he's. It's not he's working. Doing. No, no. He's taking those. He's taking those rubber balloons and he's fucking. Mad. That's what it sounds like. Okay, James, it's not working. Hey, yeah. Try it again. Call back in or something, and I'll unmute you as soon as you put your hand up, okay? Because it's not working. We're going to move on while Carl's in a traffic jam. Uh, Roddy K, go ahead, Roddy K. Did you have a question? Yeah, a a couple of quick things I wanted to throw it out there. Uh, the income tax is voluntary, and it isn't. Uh, when it was created in 1862, it was for uh, federal privileges. That's why you get federal income tax. Uh, you, uh, it was for uh, government was loaning out money for the railroads and whatnot. That's why you got the uh, 1895 uh, Pollock case that the uh, 1913 uh, 16th Amendment overturned, which Pollock was receiving federal income, but he was argued the source. 
So uh, when you go into that banana fruit company, like you're saying, it's uh, the federal privilege. Only the bananas were the federal privilege. You have a contract with the government. The other stuff was all private, not taxable. It's federal income. That's the, that's the key to that. Now, the voluntary part, you the voluntary part was uh, in 1942. What I'm, saying, what I'm saying is you yeah. walked into it. You voluntarily walked into being considered a, a U.S. citizen. You voluntarily yes, yes. did it. So if that's you you volunteer. Look, if, if you became a Boy Scout, this way, this was a great thing I was telling you the other day. Remember, I was saying, yeah. if you became a part of the Boy Scout Society, and you did something wrong, you get the merit badges. If you walk, yes, yes. if you part of the Wicca Society or some hell demon cult society, you lose your left earlobe. Okay. It's, let me let, let me let me finish my you, Nobody forced you to accept the benefits. Nobody forced you to be me, a Wiccan. Nobody forced you. I, I agree. To be I agree. A Boy Scout. I agree. Let me finish my thought for the people that aren't, aren't aware. But in the 40s, when the government was contracted with Ford Motor Company, whoever, to, for the war, you know, they just flooded the uh, the companies with these uh, legalese terminology. So everybody thought their earnings was all of a sudden income, and they used Donald Duck. You could, you could volunteer to give your money if you wanted to. You could volunteer. You could be a good American, good patriot, you know, even though you didn't have to. But that, that's what it was. Anything that's federally connected, federal income. Only that is allowable for the tax. It's mandatory. So Harry Reid was right when it's it's, it's voluntary and it's, no, it's so uh, mandatory. The way I look at it is the, the man called me up today. He's first class sergeant. What was his name? Uh, Bernard something Thompson. Nice man. Life man from Texas. He wants me to help him with a custody case. He lives in Colorado. Nice man. And he said to me, he says, um, he called me. He says, I'm uh, I'm one of your citizens. You know, I said, thank you. I said, so you're a member of my family. So what I'm what I'm saying about being a citizen, it's not that it's like you're a member of the family. And if you're a member of the family, like today, we just, I just bought two shipping containers from one for my children because their room is getting flooded, my mom said, and one for my mom to put her garden implements in there. So I said to this man sitting next to me, I said, look, now I'm a citizen. I'm a part of the family again. I'm an active member of the society. And now if I want benefits, like my children give me a freaking hug, or a birthday card, or a Father's Day card, they're going to expect certain taxes from me. They're going to tax me. They're going to labor me. They're going to force, not force me, but they're going to put a strain on me. And now I'm going to have to give 33% now, instead of just taking and buying unicorns and pinwheels, I'm going to actually have to buy shipping containers and diapers or whatever else the hell I have to buy, because I want to be part of this cult of the society. I want to be <clears throat> a citizen of good standing. So I'd like to, uh... what the United States is doing is that basically saying, look, if you want the privileges and wave, be able to wave the flag high and scream USA, USA at Olympic events, we expect a certain, you know, contribution from you. We want a donation from you. You know, it's voluntary, and, you know, and but once you sign up, if you don't act in accordance, like if you're not a good dad, you know, this is what we're going to do to you. We're going to ostracize you. We're not going to give you the benefits. So that's the way I look at it. So if you want to be a member of the United States, God bless you. You know, if you want to be an active partner, God bless you. And hey, Kyle, for me, for, for me and you, for you and I, it's voluntary, but people like Lois Lerner, when she wanted to plead the fifth, she was receiving a federal income, a federal benefit. She had a duty and obligation to uh, return the tax. It's a federal income return of tax. You're returning a privilege. But uh, anyway, I was going to get on to my main question. Uh, two, uh, two things. Uh, would you like to bring your controversy with Vidal uh, into this open forum? Secondly, oh, no. did Aquila did Aquila did Aquila help someone? I believe you mentioned that. And here's my question. Here's my question. Barack Hussein Obama 
has a duty and obligation to protect the borders. Is could he be held liable? No, he doesn't have a duty. That, that, it depends. Okay, okay. No, okay. Let, let me ask you. Okay. No, let, let me finish my question. No, no. You let, me, let me finish my question. No, you asked me, does he have a duty to protect and defend the borders? Okay. Is he a constitutional president, or is he the chief executive officer of the let United me, let me, Corporation? Let me finish my question, uh, and you'll see where I'm going with this. All right, yeah. That woman uh, in California allegedly was murdered by an illegal alien. So, based upon the comments you made oh, about Bill Clinton... Was, she, was, she was murdered by a man. Okay, yes, 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 we know that, we know that. But based upon what oh, you, you know, said I about... I don't know he was an illegal alien. Do you know what illegal alien means? Based on what you said about Bill no, Clinton... No, dude, no, dude, uh, answering, no, dude, answer this. No, you're going to answer this effing question. What's an illegal Thank alien? What is, the, you, what is the actual definition of illegal alien? You and Gordon Hall over there for a minute. What is the definition Shut. of illegal alien? Shut this guy up. What is illegal alien? Tell me what does the word illegal mean. All I know is Bill Clinton had to answer a claim in Arkansas. Dude, answer the question. What is an illegal alien? So I'm just wondering who could... The legal society can't lean him. Okay, they have no jurisdiction. Dude, asshole, shut up and listen. Okay? An illegal alien means the legal society has no capacity to lean upon him. They have no jurisdiction on him, okay? That's what illegal alien means. Now, I don't know if you think that it means about some clown who jumps over the border, but that's not the definition of an illegal alien, okay? I would like to, well, I'd like to get my question out, illegal alien. Dude, if he's an illegal alien, then obviously the legal party cannot lean upon him, okay? Their codes, their statutes, and their laws, and their rules have no, cannot apply to him, okay? That's not a problem to him, okay? I would like to, I'd like to get my question so out. So a man killed girl. him, okay? A man killed him. A man killed that woman, Okay. Now, if you want to say an illegal alien killed a woman, that's ridiculous, because you don't even know what the word illegal alien is. Why don't you say some Martian killed that woman? That's about as ridiculous as you just found let, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase the question. There's a debate about Obama and the illegal uh, aliens, aborters, or whatever, in the, in the news media. Who, if any, could he be held liable for this since the alleged man, or the man, is allegedly an illegal alien, could the president... Dude, you your own question. How could one man be liable for another man's death? Tell me. Because he has duties and obligations, right? No, no, he has duties and obligations to his fellow man. So why is he acting as uh, the end-all, be-all border man? You know, talk about, why is he even talking about it? Okay, he's the end-all. Okay, what are you doing on your behalf to secure and protect the borders? Why is it up to this man to do it? Why not you? What are you uh, doing? I'm, I'm, I'm in you, I'm in my Arizona. This, this, is such a, this, is, this, this is such a damn big concern to you. What are you doing? Why are you it's stepping topical. up and acting like a man and taking on liability as well? What are you doing? In the, oh, you're not paying your property taxes, not paying income taxes, I bet, too. What are you doing to I step was, up? I was going off the uh, information you shared about Bill Clinton and uh, the claim he answered. I was just wondering if that's relative with uh, Obama. Dude, and, you're all, and, dude, you're all over the freaking court. You're all over the freaking board. What do you mean, does Barack Obama have a liability? What do you mean, have a liability? Liability for what? Some man decided to go any place he wishes to travel on planet Earth. Nobody could stop another man from trans- going over any place on planet Earth. I could go from point A to point B, any place on planet Earth I wish. I have just as much right to access planet Earth as you do, or any other man on planet okay, Earth. Okay, is, is he responsible for it? Should Barack Obama be liable? 
for not is allowing he... that man, for not for stopping that man from coming over the border? Oh, absolutely. No man should have enough capacity to stop another man to go from point A to point B. Any place on planet Earth he wishes to travel. It's like some UN charter from 1946. Hello? Clause 32 or clause number 3 that says that there's, there's no borders. That man has the right to the capacity to travel from point A to point B, any place he wishes. That there can't be any walls, fences, passports, or anything that interfere with a man's right to. It, it appears in the news wishes. media that uh, Barack Obama does claim some kind of responsibility for the border patrol. Oh, I'm saying who, because who? it's backwards. Because it's backwards. Because you people believe in borders. You people believe in fences. You people believe in it. I don't. I believe the man has the right to travel any place he wishes. He can go and speak and act any way he wants, and he's ultimately liable. But his actions, no other man is liable for that man's actions. I, I, Carl, I and everyone else have heard you say that, like, if you have a problem with a court clerk, you go to their manager. Who the fuck is uh, the Border Patrol's manager? I don't care about what I'm trying to say is why is there, look, you're trying to say there should be a Border Patrol, right? You're saying that the government should build walls, build fences, and keep a man from going to point A from point B, wherever he wishes, right? We should all be putting fences and people in Iowa shouldn't be able to go to Illinois, and people in Illinois shouldn't be able to go to Chicago. We should all have walls and fences because the government says, well, it's too dangerous to let them go from point A to point B, so we're going to control them because they're too dangerous. Is that what you want? You want fences all over the world? Yeah, I believe Texans just say south of Oklahoma. That's what I think. But no, no, what I'm, I, I know what I'm saying. Who's responsible? Right. I, nobody, every man is liable and responsible for their own actions, pal. Nobody's liable. That man is ultimately liable for what he did to that woman, okay? Now, should have that dad done something different when he walked with his daughter? Yeah, maybe he should have walked in front of her, okay? Maybe there, he is a, there, there is a man called President. There are people called Border Patrol. Big, saying, yes, who who yes, manages them? It doesn't matter. That man is ultimately liable. Okay, what you're basically saying is you want the government to be so entrenched in our lives that no. we can't. We can't fight without a passport. You want them, what do you want? Do you want them to, what do what, what, what you should do? They should put chips in everybody so we know where every single person is at all times? You want to take away every single handgun and melt it down so nobody can shoot nobody anymore? Is that the, what you next propose? That, well, okay. the handgun was created so we should sue with Smith & Wesson. Who else are you going to sue, buddy? Why do you just take self-responsibility and self-liability for all your actions? Why are you trying to pass the puck on to Barack Obama? That guy's just like every other dad, every other person. He's, he's got responsibilities to his family. He's got to get up and go to bed and sleep. What, what do you think? What, what do you think this guy's going to monitor everybody on planet Earth so you feel good? So you feel safe and secure at night? I think Roddy just needs to lose the titles and look at people as a man or a woman, not, you know, Obama the president or, you know, if, if Obama kidnapped a person and brought him across the border or whatever and did harm to that person, he would be liable. But well, what I'm saying is with this guy, right. I'm saying, he's saying, well, shouldn't somebody be liable for not securing that fence? It's like, you know what? Good. You want to hold them liable for not securing the fence? Go ahead and keep clamoring up and down like one of these Sean Hannity kind of guys or, or the, what's that other guy? Bill, whatever the hell he does. You know, the other guy, on a Bill O'Irishman, o- o- whatever his name is, Bill O'Reilly. And they're screaming up and down. Well, bigger fences, bigger walls, bigger fences, bigger walls. You know, just keep building, keep boxing everybody in, keep keeping everybody from traveling. Keep, you know, make licenses harder to get. You know, make it harder to transport from point A to point B. You know, make the ability for man to be free as limiting as possible so we all feel safe in our little cocoons 
It's ridiculous. And we need and we need to lose the the the, the names they put on everybody, the labels, and just look at everybody as a fellow man or woman. What I'm saying is starting to get ridiculous. It's, it's, it's like this guy's advocating for FEMA camps. Why can't you just put us all in FEMA camps so we can all be safe and secure from everything? Well, I don't want to be in a FEMA camp. Both for your own good. You know, there's illegal aliens out there that he's calling illegal aliens out there that might get them. So you know what? Round up your women and children and come in these FEMA camps so we can keep you safe and secure. So that way, you can't sue Barack Obama because nobody could possibly get in. Idea. You can't leave. They can't get in. And the Barack Obama can't be sued no more because he's taking care of his children because of the U.S. citizens or just a member of family. He's taking such good care of his children, just like every mom and dad are doing nowadays. You don't see any children playing in the parks anymore. You don't see children riding bicycles anymore. All these children are kept caged at home, kept caged and locked inside of a cell, inside of their rooms. And, and this, this is what you want. You just want people to be so safe because Daddy Obama is going to make sure I'll secure the borders, I'll secure you, I'll make sure you never get hurt and your children never get hurt and nobody will ever steal from you. You know, we got all these nice little FEMA camps that you guys could sit in and the men will go on the side and the women will go on the side and there'll be no rape and there'll be no fights and we'll put you all on drugs so nobody gets mad at each other and nobody gets angry and, you know, we'll... That's what you want. It, that's all you're advocating for, more government control. And I'm advocating for less government control and more liability upon the man himself. And take okay. himself responsibility, making everybody liable for their own actions. Right. So you have this nut, nut job. Look at this nut job in Canada. He just chopped off this guy. He jumped on a bus, and all of a sudden he whips out a lawnmower blade, a machete, and starts hacking people's arms and legs, and, and he cuts people's heads off. Oh, the Canadian Canadian government is letting him out on work release. They just did this two or three years ago to a bus load of people. And they said, well, as long as he stays on his medications, uh, you know, he should be a, a functional member of society again because we, you know, he just had a bad day. So hmm. why imprison him for the rest of his life when he can actually be a productive member of society? That's insane. <laughs> you know, so like I said, I, I don't, I look, yeah. you know, to, to let the government decide, you know, the, the way the government, you know, acts. Like, the, are they trying to just release this man so he causes more chaos and mayhem in society? I, I don't know. Is this like a great experiment they're doing with this man to see, you know, how many poor people he get whacked? You know, I, I don't, I don't understand what's the purpose was uh, of letting a man who just kills people. Back into back into society to run around amongst us again. They want him to do it again. Obviously, that's, that's what I believe. I mean, yeah. you know, for what? You know, like why? I mean, there's no way in the world you could possibly tell me. Okay, you want to send him on work release? That's fine. Uh, there's a lot of penguins up there in the North Pole. Let him monitor some penguins. Okay, and if he wants to hack something, let him go hack a walrus. You know, but don't let him back loose in Toronto. What are you out of your What are you out of your mind? Good. You you know go let them go you know sweep some snow off an igloo you know in Yukon territory somewhere. Yeah, but by letting him out, he causes mayhem. He causes distractions from what's really going on. It keeps the people you know right. busy. Right. Puts them in fear. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. It keeps it right. Misdirection. Talking about That's this. It. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just ridiculous. You know. So you try to say, what's the agenda? What's the purpose of them doing what they're doing? 
it doesn't make a lick of sense. So you just say to yourself, man, this has got to be like all misdirection. It's like they say, well, this guy shot one woman, and he was from Mexico. Okay, how many other women were shot that day? Why is this guy so freaking important? Well, the agenda is, well, let's fix those big walls. Let's get government control in here. Let's get let's people create hate and yeah, discontent. Let's, let's get let's get massive amount of paperwork and documents. Let's make sure everybody get a computer chip in them when they come over the border. Let's make sure you know your children all have chips in them and they you know they have monitoring ankle braces so we know when they leave the school building. It, it, it's becoming a prison state. You know, it's just okay. like let's, you want to take it, some more it, questions. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, good Christian people are going to be hankering and begging for more government control. When you guys should be going the opposite way. You guys should be saying, well, it was a tragedy. It was a horrible event, you know, because I lived in what they call the wetback ghetto in Peoria, Arizona, on 43rd Street. If anybody lives in Arizona, they'd know exactly where the freak I lived. And those people were great. I couldn't stand Chicanos, like people born in the United States. Oh, I'm from East LA. No, you're a bunch of lazy. They make fun of the, you know, their own kind. They call a bunch of wetbacks. Those wetbacks were doctors, lawyers, teachers. But since they didn't speak our language, they hold laws. It's just like if I went over to China, as intelligent as people believe I am here, in China, the best job I could probably get is, you know, making ramen noodles and maybe mowing the lawn because I don't speak Chinese. I don't write Chinese. I can't really converse with people in any kind of ball field, so the best job I'm basically going to get is, you know, be a rickshaw driver or, or pick bamboo sprouts, you know, because I don't speak the language. It doesn't mean that these people who are crossing the border are illiterate or uneducated or not hardworking or not college educated. There's a perception because we can't communicate with them. They're evil or dumb, you know, or just, you know, you know criminals. And I got extremely sick one time. And on a Friday, and I didn't wake up until a Sunday afternoon. I left all my tools in my truck. I left my door and the windows open because I didn't air conditioning. I left all my CDs on my seat. I left the keys of my apartment in the tumbler on my door, and I just collapsed on the bed. I woke up on Sunday afternoon. I saw two Mexican women looking in the door to see if this white man was dead or alive. And I got up, and I felt a little bit better. I said, oh, my God. I left my door open in my truck, wide open. Left all the CDs, the little dicks walking there. They could have taken my truck, taken all my tools, and they didn't. Because even though I was a white man in the wetback ghetto, they realized I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning when they did, and they went to work. And when I got home, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, they were already home at 5, 6, 7 o'clock at night, barbecuing and hanging out, drinking beer. But they realized this white guy, because he had the same reason why they were working five, six days a week, he must be, you know, a good man because he's working hard. So they respected me as a good, hard worker. Even though we couldn't communicate verbally, we both had respect for each We all had respect for each other. Now, if I did that in a, in a, in a not a wetback ghetto, but if I did that in a white trash mobile home neighborhood, oh, all my tools would have been gone. Uh, my truck would have been stolen. I wouldn't expect to see one thing in my apartment when I woke up. But like I said, because these were decent people, just because, you know, like Donald Trump said, oh, they're all criminals and rapists, hopeful. You know, they could they could have done anything they wanted to me. It was like 10,000 of them against one white guy. You know, it would have been a slaughter. And they didn't. So I don't want to hear it. So anytime anybody makes fun of, like, people who come over from Mexico or come over from Germany, yeah, I, whatever, we had a flood of a million Germans come in. Everybody would love it. Oh, look at all the blue-eyed, blonde-haired people. Oh, we love it. I hope they move in next door next to me. 
it's ridiculous. They're, they're, they're people. It's a man. It's a woman. I don't want to hear it. I don't go through that hate crap. I'm, I'm playing that game with these people. All but right. Yeah, go ahead. You can ask. No, and no, Barack Obama's not liable. And what did you, you point it that way? Okay, I'm bringing this guy back to his hotel. Okay, yeah, you could ask the question, man. But like I said, with that guy, like I said, he's just, uh, he calls me up every now and then. He's from Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, he just tries to push my buttons all the time, which is fine by me. But like I said, um, it makes good radio. But um, <laughs> Okay, R.A. Law has a question for you. Go ahead. You've been on Hi, Mike. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. We can hear you. Do you have a question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to talk about um, documents and um, what what we should do um, if you actually went to court. They make they made an order for you um, for an imprisonment um, or to pay uh, a large sum of money, and it got stayed for one month. Um, and this was in February this year, um, so it's been about another five six months already, and they haven't uh, actually came and arrested me. Um, but what actually should be in the document? I know that you have to write two notices. One notice is a separate one for um, I, a man is an idiot, your society and cultures. Um, also, um, should you actually put in the definition from etymology online, where it actually says layman, and then it says the word person, Latin professional skill, opposed to writer, soldier, skilled workman, literally private person. Um, is that contradictive when the definition actually says the word person, when you're trying to say that you are standing as a man? Okay. The big thing is, what court are you going into tomorrow? No, no, no. This was in February um, this year. So, and, I had, and before that, I had not even studied you um, or Gus or anything like that. Okay, okay, where are you, okay, what I'm saying is, where are you placing these documents? Right, so am I, am I noticing the court? That was enough to ask you another court. question. Okay, I asked you that. What court? Magistrate's court. I'm in Australia, Melbourne. So um, it's okay. a magistrate's court. Okay, there you go. It's a magistrate court, okay? Yeah. The only problem with is using terms, Chinese terms, Japanese terms, in a legalese or man terms in a legalese court is they have no clue what you're saying and they don't have to comprehend it and they don't have to notice it and they don't have to recognize it because you're in a wrong freaking court. Those words don't exist. All the prosecutor is going to say is, is like, Your Honor, uh, I can't answer this because these words don't exist. And these definitions don't exist in the legal world, in our legal terminology. There's no way for me to answer them in a legal manner because he's not speaking legalese. I don't know what language you're speaking. He knows you're speaking to him as a man, but he's acting as a legal person at that time. And he only has a duty and obligation to speak in legal terms. He doesn't have a duty and obligation to speak in whatever gibberish you want to bring into the court. So how do you actually notice the court that you weren't standing as a person, you were standing as a man? You write a letter to the prosecutor, and you tell the prosecutor if you understand what I am and who I am. First you start with that. Did you do that? No. That's what you need to do. You always need to start to write letters to this man who's acting as a prosecutor because he knows he's a man. He knows you're a freaking man. And you have to tell him, look, I'd love to be a defendant in your lovely little legalese land, but I'm not confident as a person. I'm not confident as... And they give him all those damn definitions that you're relying upon when you're talking to him in a letter form, man to man. But if you try to put it into his court, 
It's like, the guy's like, look, you know, and I'm trying to play tennis. And this clown keeps throwing basketballs over the freaking net. I can't respond. I can't answer back to basketballs. This is a tennis court. Tell this guy to stop throwing damn basketballs over the net at me. No. So we could play my, this is my court, this is my damn game. I paid to be here. Tell this guy to play by the rules. So that's the, reaction, that's the reaction you're going to get from the prosecutor. So you better get to the prosecutor way before you go to court, the guy who's setting up the game and saying, yeah, I heard that you summoned me to this lovely tennis game, this tennis match, but honestly, I only know how to play basketball. And honestly, I don't see anywhere in law that requires I, a man, to learn how to play tennis. Yeah, I'm talking about, like, in the past now, because this happened in February this year. So I'm trying to actually correct the court, because they made, they issued um, a, a fine for $70,000, um, and they gave me, uh, or an imprisonment for 476 days with a one-month stay, and this was six months ago. Why do you do that with that other guy, the guy Felix did? Remember the guy Felix who called me up on my show and he sent me that Akruba hat? And he sent me that, uh, uh, what do they call those coats that don't get wet? Those, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the coat the man sent me. I'm trying to tell him thank you on the show because I know he listens. You know, stay dry hat, you know, stay wet, you know, stay dry coat. But anyway, he sent me a Kruger hat and it's nice yeah. dust, okay? Because he had a letter come to him from a train, oh, from some sort of traffic or or um, motor vehicles event that happened. It was $600 over there, 600 koalas or, you know, 600 roots, whatever, whatever your monetary system is over there. And uh, I said, so what? I said, so you got a $600 and you want to keep your license and all this other crap. So what? I don't care if you got a $6 billion, you know, uh, fine or whatever. Who cares? He says, well, you know, I didn't do anything about it. So the sheriff's department sent me a letter that saying, we're going to send our deputies over there and they're going to come into your place and they're going to take your property and they're going to, uh, you know, auction it off to pay for the, uh, the debt that you uh, failed to pay. So I said, let's write this sheriff a lovely letter and say uh, to him, we're more than glad to pay the debt. And uh, all I have at this time is, you know, one kanga or one rue or one koala to pay or whatever the denomination is over there, whatever the coin of the realm is over there at this dollar. time. Right, whatever it is. Right. And, uh, oh, it's a dollar. Okay, whatever. Whatever it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm saying to the man, whatever, whatever you got in your pocket. I don't care if it's a. I don't care if you call it a freaking rule. I don't care if you can't call it if it's a wallet or a pineapple. All I got is a one pineapple in my pocket at this time to pay the debt. And uh, you know, can you you know? And I've been trying to negotiate a settlement, you know, and I'm just trying to get these people to accept my payment on a debt because I believe I owe the debt. I believe it's true, and I believe that you have the right to collect. So, you know, would you you know if it's you extract any more from my person at this time, other than that, you're going to cause harm to man. So then he got a lovely follow-up letter. I should get Felix. Oh, man, I wonder if, if I could call Felix while I'm doing this. Um, I could try. Let's see if I could call Felix and add him on. And uh, we wrote a lovely letter back to the sheriff's department, and the sheriff's department wrote a lovely letter back. He says, okay, at this time, we're not going to send the deputies down to your property, and the lady you need to talk to is like Susie, over in, uh, not collections, but Susie had uh, payments or something like that. You could get to the payment department, and uh, she'll be more than glad to negotiate taking your $1 a year, whatever it is, for the next 600 years. You can negotiate with her over that matter. And the sheriff's department at this time will no longer be, uh, you know, like, you know, coming after you. I'm trying to see if I can get Felix on the phone. Let me see if I can get Felix. He's a great guy. 
let me see if I can add a call if I can find Felix. I hope so Hang on a second, this is another guy. Hang on, hang on two seconds. Just give me two seconds. Let me see if I can find Felix. Yeah. Yeah. 614, is that your area code over there, 614? Um, yeah. That sounds like an Australian area code? Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Let me try clicking it real quick. Yeah, it's 614-334-344-84. Does that sound about right? Hello. Hello. Yeah, um, who is this? It's it's Australia. You called uh, Steph. Yeah, I called Australia. Who did, yeah, did you call me yesterday? Is this Felix? Yeah, I called him yesterday. Yeah. Is this Felix? Felix? Who called? No, no. I'm sorry. Who, what's your name? You called me yesterday. I'm called Lance. No, no, no. My name's my name's Stephen. Oh, Stephen. Okay, I was looking for Felix. I found a, a, an Australian phone number. I'm doing You're a show. Well, uh, okay. Hi. Just a laugh. I got a fellow Australian on the phone with me right now, and you're, you're merged in with him. Well, what did you call me up about yesterday? Uh, what did I call you up about? Yeah, what did you? Oh, what was I'm saying? Yeah, what, what, I, I, it was it was uh, for a um a, a loss of license. Um, no, it was actually the they uh, they impounded my car. Um, right. It was for uh, demerit points. Yeah, so it was the second time apparently I've been got a license in the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. guys. This was this was a good yeah. guy. I was you were going totally bonkers yesterday, but you were laughing at my koala and kind of loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I was laughing my ass off too. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, what was funny you said, "How are you doing today?" I feel a little down on that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But anyway, yeah, yeah you, 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 just, you were just about at your wit's end yesterday. This is a damn good guy that I got on the phone, and this is damn good advice I gave this guy. The guy yeah. said that that's it. You're tired with the way they're treating you and everybody, and we're losing our jobs and calls and everything else, right? That was you, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you, you were pissed. You said, so that's it. I'm going to burn everything yeah. <laughs> you oh, And you gave me some good advice. I've been looking yeah. at okay. the... Um, okay, what yeah. did I give you? Tell the people what I told you instead of me telling what I told you to do. Yeah, sure. So um, I think, you know, you mentioned uh, probably the best way to go down is to, to look down under, to go, to go down the path of, um, <laughs> of uh, uh, how, how do the native uh, Aboriginals, um, you know, use the, the law... Um, to get their cards back. Okay, because right? you were trying to say, how do I get out of this matrix? I think you were going down that crazy matrix, Correct. blue pill, red pill, path, right. right? And you were like, ah, 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 I'm tired of this matrix. I'm tired of being. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of. Ah, ah, ah. I said, dude, dude, chill. The answer is so effing easy. It's not. How do I get out of this matrix? How do I get out of this legal prison? How do I get out? And I just told you, well, let, let's look at it this way. Let's say one of the aborigines get a get a Subaru Jeep or whatever the hell you guys drive on the wrong side of the road with the wrong steering wheels. The guy. Never drives a car in his life. Gets behind one, and next thing you know, he winds up in Sydney or Melbourne. And they go, "Where's your license? Where's your registration? Where's your date of birth?" And he goes, "What's your name?" He's got click clack, click clack. It's like, "No, I want to know your name." Click 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 clack clack. Whatever the crazy language they got. The cops gonna run him in. Obviously, the cops went and found his vehicle. Obviously, 
and obviously the, the guy's going to get an interpreter that's going to go click clack click clack, and the guy's going to be like click 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 clack clack, whatever the hell he's going to do, make all these kind of bird noises. And the next thing you know, he gets his car and goes back home. How did he do that? And I said to him, I said, that's where your answer lies. If you don't want to be a legal person, what do the aboriginals do when they come out of their society and away from their culture, away from their way of belief of driving on the correct side of the road like we do in America, not that crazy way you guys drive in Australia, and he decides <laughs> to drive on the left like this, like, you know, right-hand side like you belong, you know, how does he break away from the legal system? How does he get his call back? And how does he get let alone from the legal society from now on? I said, the answer is there. Go research it. So now what have you found? Well, I, I, it's, uh, it's been a long night. Um, but I, I did come across the, um, uh, uh, the vehicle being um, his right of, uh, say, worship, right? So um, what are you looking for? Um, he had a uh, there's, there's, look. There were so many laws that I read, um, and to be honest, there were so many people that had the same problem that could not find any way about getting out. Right. However, it seemed to be that um, Aboriginals there were particular acts in place that would allow for certain, um, uh, I guess, some leeway. Um, so, the, the, what I'm looking, what the answer that I was came across, and I'm just trying to wreck my brain to find and remember it, it was um, uh, right of, oh, what was it, a man's home is his, you know, uh, castle, palace, it was, church, whatever, but they had some kind of, oh, that's right, they put artwork on their vehicle, that's what it was, um, they would put artwork on their vehicle and that would make it some form of a religious um, or uh, um, uh, yeah, it'd have some form of um, connection and that somehow would allow them to keep the car. So I'm not sure if that is the right answer. Um, it's only been a few hours, but I'm, I'm working on it. And that was in a code? Pardon? Was that in a code that you found that? An act? Yeah, um, it, was, it, was, it was in an act. Um, and I, I'm trying to recall exactly which one it was, but... but and it seemed to be that they would, um, yeah, they would use this quite frequently. Uh, uh, they, they would paint um, some kind of tri tribal image on the vehicle, and that would automatically make it um, a, uh, you know, his property. Yeah, that's right. Um, and his place of worship, or, or along those lines. Who cares what's on the? Who cares what's on the vehicle? It's your property. No, 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 dude, 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 dude. Listen to this man from Australia because I was working with this man yesterday, okay? What I'm trying to say and what he's going to find it is, is he, they are establishing, they are from another society. So the legal society cannot enjoin them in their rules, customs, practices, policies, and beliefs or their codes or their laws or their rules. We are separate people. Yes, we have to occupy the same land in peace and harmony, and tranquility, and bear full liability for acts, but we don't have to abide by your rules. Isn't that just the definition of an idiot? If you like, I can, I've got exactly what it was here. Um, would you like me to go over it again? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, so I... Um, I've 
brought it up again. So it was it was a um it was a sacred work. So artwork rituals lands are in inalienable inalienable right for them. Things like they are painting art on their cars and using it as sacred property. Just like in the constitution or in religion, religious belief and ritual. Mate, I can hear like so much noise behind you and it's really, really you're really soft in your voice. Okay, my, my apologies. Would you like me to speak up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard. there's yeah. people talking in the background. Hear a female uh, voice. Uh, yeah. What I was okay. What I'm basically trying to say to both of you guys. Let me try to get this. Maybe maybe like crystal clear. Let me let me try it one more time. Yeah. Please. What I'm what I'm trying to do is they're giving notice. Okay, notice. You see, we do it with paper, pen, and ink. They're doing it with, uh, you know, chalk or you know, koala blood on the side of their car. Whatever. You know, they're communicating a message. To yeah. you know the other side, and an ability that they could convey that they understand. This is some sort of a symbol they're putting on. This is the hieroglyphics. We use A B C D F G, and those are two of our hieroglyphics. It's not. It's a picture. You know, the the alphabet is a picture. It's hieroglyphics. It's it's an etching. You know, it's no different than what they're doing. These symbols. That's what we yeah. use. Symbols. Even though we are so much more educated, so much more enlightened, because we use A B C D F G, and they make these squiggly lines. But, you know, it's the same damn thing. They're conveying a thought that, yes, you know, we are here on planet Earth just like you people are, and we wish to go from point A to point B like you people do, but don't think you're going to put your rules, your responsibilities, your hang-ups on us because we don't. We believe that, you know, it does not abide. To it. You cannot, you know, we do not have to subscribe to it to occupy the roadway just as you do. So what they're doing is I'm trying to tell people all the time, which I would have told this guy once he establishes and understanding what's going on other than just listening to call by listening to other people and reading code, and he'll see the, where the answer lies, that you have to communicate with the other side. If you don't want to be a legal person, fine. If you don't want to be bound by the legal codes and legal licensing, fine. Communicate with the other side in a form that both sides can understand that I'm just a man, and I wish to go from point A to point B. I do not wish to cause harm to any other man. I believe that, you know, I will, you know, cause if I cause harm, that I've got the ability to right the wrong in which, you know, I may, you know, a uh, cause to my fellow man. And not only do I believe that I can do that in such a manner, but I've got a bond posted or i got insurance, you know, that i got covered on this vehicle because I believe that your main concern is that if I cause harm to an Australian citizen, that you're going to have to pick up the debt in which... I can't cover, but believe me, I could cover the mm. debt that I falls upon any man by my actions or my inactions by taking my property from point A to point B. If this is not, you know, if you, what you basically got to do in negotiations, what you're basically saying to them, if this is not um, acceptable to you, please, you know, tell me what what would you accept. You see what I'm saying? You're basically mm. saying. You know, w- you know, let's work this out. You know, you worked it out with the aboriginals by pointing the paintings. I'm sure you could work it out with me. Well, what about, look, I, I, having read all this, um, and, you know, you, you take particular, you know, the, 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 the aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders do get, I wouldn't say necessarily advantages, but they do get particular kind of leeway in certain areas, right? Understandably. However, when I take, take a look at this, there almost is, you know, the only avenue that I can see from him, Personally, unless I'm a Torres Strait Islander or Aboriginal, is to you know challenge the the verdict or the you know the charge and say, hey, look, fact of the matter is, whatever you know, no matter what you think I've done, obviously 
you know, I haven't done any harm to anybody. The fact that you're taking my car and, you know, causing so much difficulty to get to work and whatever, whatever comes with it is unacceptable, right? So I'm just taking the path of thinking, I have to go to court, challenge it. In the meantime, you know, I listen to what you say and it seems to be, why don't you challenge it before it even gets there? But what is the, how do I tackle that, you know, directly with the police station and the police officers? It's so hard to do. Right? I mean, I'm going to say, I'm sure that there's a way to do it. So I'm getting there. But saying to them, hey, you know, I'm just no different on Aboriginal, the, and I'm sure this has been done before, it is going to be challenging, right? Um, you know. What I'm basically trying to say is you, you, before, before there is a problem and a cop pulls you over, yeah, you, just, yeah. you just point to the okay. symbol, like, like the Aborigines, they point to the symbol on the side of their door and they say to the cop, oh, you must be, you not, must be new. You must not know what this squiggly line on my door means. Of course. I've got no freaking idea, he'll say. he say, well, you better call up your supervisor or here's a piece of paper I carry with me. And this is we'll explain it to you all. Take it back to your squad car. Well, keep a copy, and it'll explain what the squiggly line on the side of my car is. And the government yeah. has no problem with me doing what I'm doing because I've already settled this because I knew I was going to running through a situation. So I knew that you know what? I know when I walk out this door, get in my car, and I go down the road. And I got no tags, no license plates, nothing on my vehicle. I'm going to get stopped. So before I do that, I've got to communicate with the other side of what my intents are and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I said, whatever the aboriginals are doing, because I'm sure they're living under their own rules, their own codes, their own societal beliefs, I'm sure that the legal side society can, cannot put them in jail, cannot take their cause, cannot do anything to them, but let them be as they wish yeah. to be. Well, well, circumstances as they are now, right? So you're right. I mean, and, and having, having read and, and looked at a whole bunch of stuff since that period, and again, I'm only a freshman, you know, um, I would say that, you know, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me, you know. Um, you know, is that an order, so on and so forth, like I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it, you know. I'm printing T-shirts. But I, you know, circumstances that are now, the vehicle has been impounded. I, I didn't sign any documents on hanging to take the vehicle, you know. I refused to give information. It pissed me right off. And I want to, you know, do something now, right. So that's, I mean, that's what I'm at, whether it be, Okay, I'm trying to think what you'd have equivalent in, in, in Australia compared to what we have here in the United States, like something called like a risk management, um, like a finance department down there, and just basically showing them that you have a receipt or that you are the proper owner of that property that, uh, you know, wherever it's located in Australia, and you just wish the immediate return of your property. And then you believe that no man or woman or no person on planet Earth will ever come forward and claim that they have any interest in that property. Would that be a letter from the person, or the man that you actually bought that the car off? If you could find that man, that's even better, man. Yeah, you could sign it. Oh, I got one. I got one. If he could make a statement saying that you know, yes, I stole this man. This you know, this you know, my, I turned my property, you know, I conveyed it to this man for this you know for you know fair and just compensation. Don't say money. Just say fair and just compensation. That I, you know, I, I, you know, conveyed my property over this man for just compensation, and I will testify in court that that's true. That's all he has to write. Nothing else. Don't bother mentioning it's a blue uh, Subaru Outback, whatever, yeah. whatever you guys drive down there. You know, on the wrong side of the road. So, so wait, you, 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 the word property. 
Huh? Yeah, the major word is property. Yeah. And then yeah, you, and then you, you know, you are, you know, that is that you are, you know, that 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 property is yours. You know, you don't have to say anything fancy like uh, I'm the titled uh, whatever. I'm the owner. Um, no, just say I'm a man. That's my property. And uh, I will bring another man forth before the court to say that I, you know, gave fair and just compensation in the conveyance of this property on April 9th, you know, 1999 from uh, Farmer Joe. And here's his affidavit to support that fact. Now, uh, you know, I require you to release my property, you know, into my possession immediately. Have a blessed day. You know, right, you know. Have a blessed day. God save the koala or the queen, whatever you guys worship over there. And uh, have a nice day. Yeah, that's like, why I was wondering why looking at the codes. I'm like, if it's just your property, why don't you actually say, well, that's my property. You have no right or claim to it. This is how I have proof of my property. Because they got a gun pointed at your head. That's why. Well, this is this is the thing, right? So, you know, you look at I mean, there was there was a, a Supreme Court ruling in Adelaide, I believe, in the this, but... And they said that this, act, this uh, impounding vehicles was actually illegal, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and they brought in the property. So, you know, see, that was 2012. Yet they're yeah. still doing it frivolously, taking people's cars randomly, taking, you know, it's bullshit. It's disgusting. Okay, well, it's because nobody's addressing the fact that I don't... Yeah, that's right. Because I don't have an effing car. I don't know what the hell an effing car is. Is that something I wear on top of my hat or something after I yell after I step on a pile of kangaroo crap? You know, I don't know what the hell a car is defined in their terms. What do they call a car? I don't have a clue because I don't speak legalese. Okay, when me and my friend says, hey, man, we're going to trade uh, 12,000 rues, what does a 12,000 rue mean to you guys? It obviously means something different in Australia than it means to me over here in the United States. Okay? It's a totally different language. So when you come over here and we order up 12,000 rules, you're going to say, what? You're crazy. There's no way in the world you're going to make 12,000 rules in this car. Yes, I will. Watch. Oh, no way. Yes, way. So the same thing with a car. What do you mean by car? What are you talking about a car? I'm talking about a car. I'm talking about something that looks like this. Do you see something that looks like this laying around in a parking lot over there somewhere? In that fence? In the area? Yeah, that's my property. Oh, you mean your car? Car, sir. Look, all I know is that's my property. Nobody's going to say that it's, is it stolen property? No. Did anybody say it's stolen? No. Do you have any report that it's somebody else is claiming it's this? No. Is anybody else on plan? No. I'm the only man who's come forth to claim the property, right? The only reason why this government exists is to secure and protect the property of man until man comes forth to make the claim for the property? Yes. Well, I'm the man who's coming forth to make the claim for the property. Release it immediately. Thank you very kindly. If you, you know. It's yeah. just real simple. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, no, that's, that's, that's we have to move on. We have a lot more people. Yeah, I was trying to hope to catch up with Felix, too, because Felix, for me, wrote a hell of a letter yesterday. And Felix was the one who was going to be sent to jail because he helped a man come into Australia by using his ID from Malaysia to be a software uh, developer. And uh, the man made a lot of money over there and uh, did not pay any income taxes. So when he left to go back home, um, the real Felix was left holding the bag from the ATO and uh, the Australian tax office over there. And he was looking at going to jail. 
and he was, you know, that was some pretty serious stuff he did, you know, getting the man over the country in the border. That's pretty crazy. But anyway, um, what we were very fortunate is that the lady basically communicated a threat. The basically lady just said, oh, do you want to be a smart guy about this? Do you want to take me to court? Do you want to take the ATO to court? Okay, when you take me to court, when you take us to court, and you're going to lose, and you will lose, uh, not only are we going to do this, this, and this to you, put you in jail, we're going to also do this, this, and this to you. So you know what? You better settle with us now, or you're going to wish you did, you know, when we're done with you. So that was just pure extortion. Like, you know, like uh, ATO Gambino lady, uh, thank you very much for giving me proof of your attempt at extortion and communicating threats to me in the form of a written document. Uh, thank you very much, and I'll be more than glad to entertain you in my court now as I'm going to file a claim of extortion and communicating threats to you, fellow man. Have a lovely, blessed day, and we'll see you in court real soon. And then he called me up in, I think it was January, February. He calls me up in January, February. He says, hey, call. I got the call, phone call from that lady today. I said, yeah, what does she want to talk to you about? Oh, she wanted me to sign of a, um, a confirmation letter. And I told her, no way, I'm not signing anything with the government. I said, uh, buddy, do you have any idea what a confirmation letter is? He goes, uh, no. I said, you better call her up on that phone immediately. What she wants to do is she wants to drop the case in its entirety, and she's just asking, are you okay that you're, we don't want to prosecute you anymore. That's all she's saying. Can we, can, 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 will you please allow us to stop prosecuting you? He said, is that what she wants to do? I said, yes. She doesn't want to prosecute you no more. She wants it to go away. He says, oh, I thought she wanted me like, to confess to something. No. She wants to, she realizes what she did. She realizes what you have the capacity to do to her as a fellow man by communicating threats to you in writing by her own words, by her own hand, and she realizes, can she ask somebody in the legal department, can he really do this? Did I really do that to him? And somebody legal said, oh, you better believe you just communicated a threat, and you better believe he could hold you liable. And she just wants to drop the case in entirety. Now, if I was you, I would sign it and walk away. If it was me, I'd say, oh, no, honey cakes, you're going to keep moving your case against me. You're going to keep doing it, and you're going to lose. And when you lose, not only when you're going to lose, your case against me, I'm going to flip it on to the common law side and I'm going to hold you liable. So you're going to wind up paying me big time and your boss is going to pay me and whoever runs this chicken Mickey Mouse outfit over here, they're going to pay me as well. So no, I wouldn't let her or the ATO drop the case against me. I don't give a damn right now if I owe a gazillion dollars in ATO back taxes, fine and penalty. Ultimately, this woman committed a crime. I might just made a clerical error I might have made a brief judgment of negligence. Uh, you know what? She communicated a threat and committed extortion on a common law side. Yes, I might have done something on a statutory side. You know what? Fine. The only problem is this is a common law land. And I guarantee she talked to somebody illegal and said, can he really take me to the common law side? Can he hold me liable as a woman communicating a threat to a man? And I guarantee they said, absolutely. And she said, oh, well, what do I do? It's like, you better make this guy just wish that he's glad that you leave him alone and we walk away from this one. So then that's when he sent me that aquaproof hat and that less than lead or whatever you guys call it, something dry, you know, duster, you know, oily duster. Yeah. What do you guys call that wet coat? Less than wet, super wet. The wet coat? What? The wet coat. It always stays dry. You know, it's a funny name for those long... Oh. What's it called? Rosebun? Um, Rosebun? 
Can I get this? All right. Thank you so much, Carl. Can I clarify? Can I need to actually write uh, correspondence, a letter to the prosecutor, right? And make it really short. Uh, The the way you write it is you write, Dear Bob, I believe you're the man who's axed, and you put like axed in big words, okay? Big capital S, axed as prosecutor for this matter, okay? So you're showing to him, you realize this is all just a big act. Yeah. And, 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 how do I reach out to you? Huh? How do you reach out to me? You send me money in PayPal. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. Yeah, well, you're not, not doing it enough. That must be why I'm not reaching out back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, no problem, man. It was good to hear you, man. I'm glad you calmed down a little bit. Yes, they sounded like you losing your cookies, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was on fire. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, next up is Akila. Go ahead. You've been unmuted. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you doing? Just Aquila, just say hi to everybody. <laughs> oh, hey, hang on. Let Aquila say hi. Let me hang up and call back up, Angela, because I'm still on an international call, okay? So it's running up my minutes on my cell phone, so I'm going to hang up and call right back. All right? You can all say right. hi. Yeah. Okay. I met your folks, Aquila. You could tell them a little bit what your folks were about because I explained earlier today what they were about. So go ahead and explain a little bit what happened. Court, I'll be right back on. Oh, sure. It's just that my friend, she's going through a bankruptcy, and I went to the bankruptcy with her. Um, of course, I'm not part of her case, but I just was there to support her as a McKenzie friend, if you will. And what happened was when I walked in with her, the judge asked her who I, who was I, and he says that your friend, and she was like, yeah, and then they let the other side speak first, and the judge told her and I to sit down, but she's new at this, so she actually sat down, and I didn't, and the judge said, sit down, and I said, is that an order, and he said, yes, I said, put it in writing, and he said, well, no. Uh, it's just impolite to stand um, when um, someone is speaking. Um, I said, well, I don't wish to be impolite, you know, to, at the court. And at that point, I said, well, I will sit down. And then I sat down. And basically, we waited. And then it was her time to speak. And so she began to and say stuff, and I'm like, no, 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 just say what's on your paperwork. And so she did, and they continued the case. Then we went, to, the last time we went, I believe it was last Friday, and once again I went to the court with her, and we were, she was supposed to be at the court at 2, I believe, but we came about 2.30, 2.40, and they were waiting for us. And usually in this court, when you go, you have to show ID. So she showed hers. I didn't have mine with me. But I said, well, I'm with her. They said, oh, you with her? I said, yes. And they, then they let me up. So I was like, great. So I went up with her. And while we were driving there, we were late. And I started thinking, I said, well, I might not go up with you, but just only say this. Something I don't remember all the words, but it just came to me quickly. I just said, 
Um, one, I told her she could continue the case, or she could just simply say, have I done wrong? If they a man or woman uh, could bring forth a claim that I owe a debt, or have I done wrong? Something like that I, I told her, and that's pretty much what she was saying. And so actually when we were standing at the court, um, once again, another, this was a different judge. He asked me to uh, sit down. And I said, that's the order. He said, yes. I said, well, put it in writing. And he said, well, the bell over there is going to take care of me, like take me out. I said, well, put it in writing. And I was like, you know, I said, well, they was about to throw me out. I was like, well, look, let me just sit down because I want to help her. And so I did. And then pretty much she just kept repeating that. And the judge said, so they sort of went through, like they're going through a trial. They had witnesses on the stand. But the actual lawyer... He didn't speak at first. They had a different lawyer there. And she kept re-speaking. She said, my proper claim is before the court. And my, you know, I, oh, that's what we said. Um, it's a man, she said, am I held by a latch to speak at this court? Um, my proper answer is in written form. Like, is, that, is there a law that my proper answer couldn't be in written form? Something like that. I have it written down somewhere, but I'm not going to hold up the line. And that's pretty much all she said the whole time. And finally, the judge said, well, I'm going to read it. And so he started, he started stopped, and he started reading. And then uh, I noticed we, as we finished, she came back by me and sat down. And the judge said, well, this is a criminal question. That's just she went back in her home and the lawyer from the different court was a dear as well. And they was going to, well, the judge said this is a criminal charge that you could go to jail for quite some time. He was telling her that she trespassed um, on her property. He's like, how could you trespass on your own property? So basically they was trying to scare her. And when the judge was saying all this, he said he was going to sign the other side's order to that she can't file nothing else in the court that this was a criminal act, but this is a bankruptcy court, so how could he say this is criminal? But anyways, he said, um, do you have the order ready? He was asked the other side, and he was like, no. He said, well, put the order before me so I can sign it. And he said, you could appeal this, my order, at any time. And I noticed when we were sitting down, the judge kept looking at us. And when I would look back at him, he put his head back down, and I believe he was just trying to see, as Carl tell us uh, many times, he's trying to see, are you scared, are you uh, whatever. And that's what I noticed. But she did very well. They never signed the order. They never made the decision that day. And so, so far as we know, there is no order. And she put a claim in, in a different court, which is um, the common law court, I would say, because the bankruptcy court is not. Um, so that's where we're at. And she actually going to court tomorrow. So I might try to go with her. So we'll see what happens. And actually, she met with Carl today. I couldn't make it. I was working. What happened today was um, she wanted to make a claim that she was being robbed of a property. And I said, no. 
what you're going to make a claim was is that in another court there there was a use they used, they used a forged instrument to obtain an uh, an order, and that order is causing her harm and loss. And the forged instrument is that the representative of the bank, what his name is Bob Foley, mm-hmm. claims to be representative of whatever the name of the, the financial institution was, the lender. Yeah. But there's no proof of such a affidavit from the financial institution that he's got the power of attorney to act on their behalf to collect on any damn debt. So how could there have possibly been a ruling until we could even find out, is this man even Bob Foley? Did anybody even ask to check his ID before he even was allowed to stand before this court? Not only who is this really a man named Bob Foley, but does he really have the capacity to, A, practice before a bankruptcy court? B, is he the representative, truly a representative of of this financial institution? Does he have the power of authority to act on their behalf? And who is the man that gave him that authority? We don't see it on record anywhere. Because I looked at it and I didn't see a damn thing that said this man could talk. It's like if I was saying to Quilla, I was saying to that other man, what was that man's name, her husband? Have any clue? Baruch. It's yeah, I called, yeah, yeah, Bruce. Okay, I just clicked on the Bob. I said I can't remember Bruce. I'm not doing that. And her name started with him, <laughs> so I pulled up Mary. I said that's Bob in there. So anyway, when I told Bob, I said, Bob, look at it this way. Say you owed me money, and this man Jeff over here came to you one day and said, I'm here to act on behalf of calls, and you owe call a million dollars, so I'm here to collect. You'd say, you'd first you would say, Bob, you'd say, wait a second. Call loan me the money. You don't look like call. Well, I'm his representative. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to file this lawsuit against you. And I'm going to take you and your house and everything away from you if you don't pay call. Wait a second, wait a second. Let me get this right. Your name is Jeff or Bob Foley. And you're going to take everything away from me for call's benefit, for call's behalf. Do you have anything from call saying that you can act on his behalf? Well, yes. Show me. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's the most anybody could cut, copy and paste that off the internet. No, 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 no. Get call up here. Get the chief executive officer. Get the man who runs call lens. Get call lens. Get somebody up here in this court to swear that you could act on his behalf. I'm not playing this paper game nonsense. And you're not going to say, well, you know, the judge could call up the bank. No, no, no. The judge is going to call up your secretary or your sister who's saying, yes, this is a, the financial institute hotline. How could I help you? No, I'm not playing this game. You're going to get a man before this court. If this if this property is worth that much money, if this this debt is worth a million something dollars, which is like 1.4 million, I think the man is willing to take an airplane trip over here and uh, prove and say, "Hey, I want all that money, and I want it now." I'm sure he'll come over and he'll be able to prove that by your failure to pay the debt, he's incurred a loss. I'm sure he'll open up his books and say, "Hey, look." This uh, the 1.4 million. Since she didn't pay that, this is what happened. This happened. This happened. I lost my house. This guy lost his job. This guy went out of business. He's not going to be able to prove a damn thing happened, because that guy has gotten when he if that financial institution, which is the you know 58th uh, financial institution that bought that note, probably paid 10 cents for that note. You know, so they can't prove that. You know that they've been harmed, injured, or accrued or lost due to her actions or inactions. 
because they don't have anything in, in, into that note. They never lent her a dime to build that house. Yeah. And then the other way, and then the other thing that she did, she, luckily she got a um, well, the loan for a uh, construction loan, and mm-hmm. she asked the bank to give her like one million dollars. And before they gave her all the money, they went bankrupt or they went out of business. So she only got like say nine hundred thousand. She could prove it, and the agreement is that she has to get to, to, the full amount to do the improvements on the property, and once. They agreed that that's all the money that's needed. And after, the second clause was after the completion of the improvements have been finalized, and after the payments go back to the original lender, then the note will be null and void. So I don't know what you're telling her because you weren't reading it correctly, but that's the three clauses that must happen. I said, now, are there anything that happened? Those three steps, obviously, you didn't pay. So clause three, that's on you. But did they not give you every single dime that you requested of them? He said, yes. Yeah. They only gave us 900 We wanted a million. I said, oh, really? You got proof of that? She said, absolutely. Because when we went for the rest of the money to finish the project, they didn't come up with the, the rest of the money. He said, oh, that's great. I said, that's basically saying, I put an analogy of this, that you wanted a shrimp boat. You wanted to go shrimping. And they gave you 90% of the boat, but they forgot the propeller. And how could I pay them back the money for shrimping on a shrimp boat when they forget, like, the most important part, but it's not very expensive, but it is kind of expensive. You can't get the money, the propeller. So how could I pay you back until the project is finalized? We would have finished the project, sold the house, and paid back the bank. That's what we were planning on doing. But since they dropped the ball and we couldn't finish the project, we couldn't sell the house on time, we fell behind because their breach of the contract. I don't know if you read that part of the contract with her, but I'm sure you did. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know how much of that stuff you read with her. I don't know. But that's just another angle you can work at her with, all right? Mm-hmm. They breached the agreement at the beginning. That's why this snowball it snowballed into the situation it is today, because of their breach of the contract, not yours. You couldn't pay back the debt because they didn't meet Clause 1. All the money for the project must be paid first. They didn't finish paying. But they said, we got involved in the project and they didn't finish giving us the money. It's simple. So, like, whatever I said on Angela's show, just download it and listen to it again and see if you figure it. You know? And, okay, and don't, let her, don't let her put in a claim for robbery. That's ridiculous. Okay, nobody walked off with her house. Okay? Then just because the U.S. Marshals guided her out of her home, they didn't trespass, okay? They were just, you know, she was part of the, she was one of the parties to the case. And since she was a party to the case, she had to accept the terms and the conditions of the ruling, which meant the U.S. Marshal was coming and picking you up. And the only other thing you could work with, the only ruling they have in the bankruptcy court is it against her husband, but her husband and her are two separate entities. She has got the deed to the land and he just added onto the deed later on. But nowhere does his name appear on the construction loan. So you can work that angle, too. All right. Can we move on? Yeah, sure. All right. Alan Douglas, you've been unmuted. Hey, how's it going there, Carl? I don't know. We haven't heard from you in a long time, man. 
Uh, yeah, I remember the last time I talked to you, I ended up getting bronchial pneumonia. I couldn't take uh-huh. any time to work. Get a washout wow. on my bike, broke my ca- engine cases on a big rock. Wow. Yeah, so <clears throat> I just had to buckle down. I couldn't take time off work, so I just slept and worked and yeah. some antibiotics and shit, just getting over it now. So, yeah, I had to, I just buckled down, took care of my own shit. But I'm back. <laughs> wow, that's great because Chris um, Bennett or Burnett was uh, looking for you. And I said, that's I haven't heard of I had a tale from Al either. He said you I gave him some advice of like some paperwork, and I gave him some re- really funny papers, some things to send back to the CRA. So it was funny. But, yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I should... What's that? We're gonna start meeting again here next week. Oh, you're gonna be back in um, Alberta. Yeah, I went back. <clears throat> I just got back the last time I talked to you when we were texting. When you or no, you called me and you were gonna go yeah. west and and then. Right. Uh, Murphy's law kicked in on my end, so I just uh, I just shut down publicly and took care of my uh, took care of my crap. So, oh okay. So things no, are back funny. on track. What's funny, man? I should get Chris on a call because it was hysterical. The note that we wrote for the lady. Remember, he was saying that he had to respond within a certain amount of time. Yep. Yeah. And, he right. and I told him find the definition of the word response in a dictionary. And ask her which version of this, this definition of the word respond do you wish me to respond in which manner? Do you want uh, definition one, two, three, four? You know, so I can answer you respond in a proper manner. So you know, because if I answer an imp- respond in an improper manner, you might think I'm avoiding responding to you when all I want to do is respond. And uh, I, I wish of you to respond to my, you know, you know, you know, to this document, you know, forthwith. So. Uh, and if you don't respond, you know I might seek legal. Uh, I might seek, uh, you know, to take this into a into a court setting. Whatever she said, then we just cut, copy, and pasted her letter and spun it around. That we're going to do it to you too. Oh, that's you know, too funny. It's funny, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm just paraphrasing, you know, because like I said, uh, I just got home. From, I just had a long ride to Washington D.C. and and uh, I picked some stuff up from the naval yard down there and. Uh, and I met these other people for a couple of hours. Tried to help them. So well, I heard you lost. I heard you lost your phone too. Yeah, so I got this little phone. But it works, man. It, it is doing its job. I'm on the phone. I'm on the call tonight. So it, it's all good. We're hearing a lot of noise in the background, though. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm pushing the wall on my trailer back in place. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too funny. Yeah, it's called ten. Yeah, so it's cool. <laughs> Not to get too off track here, these guys on the chat there, they're trying to say that you said men is plural for man. <laughs> and I entertained the argument for a little bit. but Oh, uh, that I said what? That men is plural for man. Who said that? That's crazy. Mankind is plural for man. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to explain that to these guys and then vital. Uh, yeah. uh, vital. Yeah, yeah, Vittles. Veto. I veto that. I veto that, Bill. So I've made up my paperwork and stuff. Uh, I basically, uh, a while back, I read you a letter that I was sending to the uh, Chief Justice uh, about getting help um, to make to help the uh, court clerk uh, file my claim. I have a claim made up. It's just a claim of trespass by way of extortion on the prosecutor. Um, 
in a well can. And uh um so when I was in court last time I, I sent uh I sent Gus and the guys uh uh a copy of the recording and I ended up giving these guys a lecture on slavery <laughs> basically <laughs> and I had people crying in the back pews. It was funny. But uh, so they so I just got a letter from uh Ken again saying that uh saying that uh oh because the judge looked at uh, Ken and said, uh, and said, "Hey, why is this man in my court? I don't see any shuffling papers." He says, "I don't see any reason. Why? Why is this man in my court?" <laughs> yeah. He says to Ken, "He says uh, you better figure this out." And Ken's like, "Well, well, you know, we stole his toolbox and uh, robbed him of his toolbox, and he had five pounds of pot in there, and da 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 da." Right? <laughs> and the judge looks at him and goes, "Yeah, but I don't see anything here. Why this man's in my court? Right?" Yeah, well, that's what you should have said. You should have said, good. See, the, the prosecutor just admitted that that was my property. Yeah, and I have a notice in. That's what, yeah. No, you should have said it right there. Oh, it's yeah. open, open for you to end the client. Right. That's fine. You're fading in and out. Can't hear you. That's my property. You just admitted it. it's my property in open court. Whose part is that? It's your mistake. Carl, is your da- is your battery dying? No, I'm inside of an office building. I'm in oh building. gosh. He has an anti-yelling uh, uh, app. <laughs> what? What I'm saying is the judge. What I'm saying is the judge gave you a perfect way to end it. Said to you honestly, any no. reason why this is my fault. I missed it again. It's a perfect. It was simple. I mean, the guy just made it so simple. He says, "I don't see any reason why this man's in my court," and he's not going to say because prosecutor, you just admitted that you stole this man's property. He's not yeah. going to finish it up for you. You're going to have to finish it up. You're the one who's the judge doesn't know if that if you believe your property was stolen, the judge can't make a claim for you. You have to make the claim that your property was stolen. But the judge was giving you the perfect setup. Just like happened with the birds of prey with Mr. Daly. The prosecutor gave the man the perfect setup, and the man walked right through it and got all his smuggled-in birds to Canada back. The judge, the judge flat out said, you're guilty of smuggling birds, and the fines and penalties in the court course of this. And the guy's like, fine. Now give me back my damn birds. And they were like, what? Didn't the prosecutor, didn't the, didn't the Canada, didn't the Canadian government just swear that those are my birds. Yeah. Then they just swear that they found them on me. Yes. Then whose property is it? Mine. Now give it back. And the judge said to the prosecutor, well, you know, the law returned his property immediately, forthwith. And the prosecutor went nuts. He's like, they're illegal. He's like, I don't give a damn. You just stood here and swore that they were his property. My job is to give a man back his property, not give him back his fucking property. And he had to give him back the damn birds. They were all smuggled in, no rabies shots, no vaccination, no paperwork, imported illegal, dangerous, you know, endangered species. I had to give them all back to the man. The judge gave you the perfect setup. You could have just mowed the guy right down. Boom, it would have been over. Said, that's right, listen to the judge. There ain't no reason to be here. You just, just, you're damn right that's my property. There's five pounds of pot, and did you find the 83 fucking kilos of heroin and hashish back there as well? That better fucking be in there, too, because that's what I fucking had back there. 
I hope the fucking cop didn't make that disappear, too, because I'm going to make a claim of stolen 83 fucking kilos of hashish and cocaine. Okay. Yeah. I don't give a damn what the hell's in my fucking box. It's not your damn business. Was it exposed to the public? No. And go fuck yourself. Give me back my shit. Absolutely. Chop, hop, chop, chop. The judge was giving me the perfect set of line. You just have to follow it. Oh. That's, uh, oh, yeah, oh. that's twice, twice I did that. Dude, it's so simple. It's scary. He set it up. He said, I don't see any reason why for this man to be here. He didn't say for this defendant to be here. He said for this man to be here. Well, Ken sent me a letter here just recently. Uh, he's canvassing me for a date for a preliminary hearing. Yeah, well, um, then you send him a fucking bill and say, look, this is my traveling expenses and court costs. You know, well, give me a, what do they call it, stipend? Give me a stipend and I'll be more than glad to attend your hearing again because that's not my hearing. It's your hearing. Why don't you, why don't you define, why don't you get him to define just who the hell's hearing this is, if it's yours or it's his? And I guarantee he's going to tell you it's your fucking hearing. It's Al King's hearing. This is my hearing. I don't remember ever making a, a claim or a wish for a hearing. I think you were the ones who've been doing it. I think this is your hearing. Well, and remember that time I called the judge by his first name back in provincial uh-huh. court last year? Uh-huh. Well, so what, so, so what he's saying is, He's saying in his letter, he says, well, I'm, uh, I'm canvassing you for, for a date, uh, for a preliminary hearing, uh, according to the transcripts that uh, Eugene Creighton did plea on your behalf, right? Now, he already has a notice that any man pleads on my behalf. They, they assume all, uh, all of and for. And uh, so I was going to call Eugene a letter saying, hey, uh, Ken claims that you did plea on my behalf. Yeah. You know, uh, Yes, sir. Who answered the plea? Who answered the plea on your behalf? Who answered the plea on your behalf? Say that again. Who answered the plea on your behalf? Eugene Creighton, the judge, provincial judge. Okay. Did you send him your traveling expense bill? No. Why not? You told him anybody who answered the plea on my behalf is going to bear the liability of that plea, right? Of doing such yeah. an act. I just got the letter. Oh, no, okay. I thought you said a while back. You said if anybody, then you put the letter in there a while back saying if anybody uh, uh, answers a plea on my behalf, they're going to bear liability for that act. I did. And then I just got the letter with Ken stating that, uh, well, apparently uh, Eugene Creighton pleaded on your behalf. So I just got okay. that letter, so I was just about to answer it. Okay, and like I said, when the, when the judge entered a, a plea of the defendant on your behalf, have you been sending like monthly billing statements, like how much this has been costing you over the months by, by I, doing such an act? I just got the letter. No, no, I didn't say that. When did you put it into the court that if anybody puts a plea on my behalf before this court, they're going to be a liability? When did you do that? I did that uh, last year, and I did that again uh, when why, I went to Queen's why, Bench. Why, why, have, why haven't you been sending a bill every month? Because they've been trying to get me the plea all this time. Okay, so they entered a plea on your behalf a year ago, right? Apparently, I just found out about it. Okay. You, oh, okay. You didn't, you didn't know they entered a plea on your behalf until today. That's right. That's right. Okay. So you had no clue? No. Okay, well, that's fine then. 
So yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm about to do this. <laughs> so you're gonna have to send you're gonna have to send the cost of your itinerary. Say, look, this is what I presume it's gonna cost at this time. It's gonna cost me five hundred dollars for this, five hundred dollars for this, this. Are you willing to bear, you know, the liability for your act of uh requiring me to uh, attend your sure. proceedings as defendant? Are these my proceedings or are these your proceedings? Is this my trial or is this your trial? Because I don't ever remember ordering a side of sushi, shrimp, and trial. It was still anybody's game, you know. Huh? Right. They ended up being a 21-14, I think. Oh, it's Larry. Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Yeah, hey, Larry in the background, yeah. Yeah, All right, so is I that just... it? We've got two more people. I have no idea. I'm Alan, do you have know. anything else? Okay, well, if you're if you're in a hurry, Angie, I'll uh, I'll get off. But uh, all right, Carl. I'm not, I'll... I'm not in a hurry. Do you have anything else? These um, opportunities are few and far between, so I understand you want to get all your questions in while you can. So, yeah, is there well, anything else? I hadn't touched base with him in a while, and I lost my other phone and blah, blah, blah. So I got a new phone, too. So, uh, Okay, Carl, I'm just going to – I'll text you, and I have a new phone, new phone number, so I'll, I'll text it over to you and uh, just so I can make contact again. But uh, uh, thanks. All righty. Thank you. Okay. All right. Next up is Brian Robertson. You've been unmuted. How you doing, Carl? Uh, I have a question. I just found out about Carl a few days ago. <laughs> and I learned, I've been studying, I made the same mistake that he talks about everybody else made, studying laws and codes and court cases for three and a half years. Because me and my wife were stuck in a CPS battle where our family was, was split apart and we've done nothing wrong. I filed a federal suit on January 5th, which was, I was proud of it, 156 pages of crap based on everything I've been just learning since Thursday listening to Carl. And I think he's right because of everything I've been reading and researching, I cannot find any fault in what he's saying. So one of my questions I have is how do I, Resend the federal filing without dismissing the case to file a proper claim, or is or do I just do that? You you filed you filed a case in the United States District Court. <clears throat> yes, uh, Northern District of Albany, uh, U.S. Federal Court. I mean, you basically. I mean. To me, you filed it in the wrong court. You should have filed it in federal court. That's what I did file it in. No, you filed it. You just said the United States District Court. Yes, that, well, it's the U.S. Federal Court, Northern District of New York. Okay, well, you're only supposed to file it in federal court. So you filed it in, what was the exact title? 
the uh, United States federal court. Okay, uh, the, the easy way to describe it is what's the name of the building? What's the name on the side of the building? Uh, give me a minute. In Alabama, it's called the Frank M. Johnson Complex. So what yeah, I would I'm be doing is I'd be moving. Right, so what I would be doing is I'd be moving. Uh, I'd be moving in a federal court at the Frank M. Johnson Complex. Yeah, because I like the I like the rules of federal court. If I didn't like the rules of federal court, I'd be moving it in my court at the Frank M. Johnson plant, like I did with Jesse and Jonathan. I did with Jesse. It was the Arsenal Court at Queens Bench of New Brunswick. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I I don't know the rules of a federal court up there in Canada, but I know the rules of federal court here in the United States, and they're lovely. I don't like the United States district court rules. They're too complicated, convoluted, and there's too much code and case law citation. I I can't be bothered all that nonsense. So I went to the federal court route. I like the rules of federal court. Federal court, okay, that's why I like that we have Canadians that listen to the show, because I say to people in Canada, did you have a federal court up there? And they say, yes, we do. And you go, wait a second, when did Canada become part of the United States? It's like, okay, sir, it's called the, the, the United States of Canada, uh, the United States of Mexico. That's the name of their country. We're not the only United States on planet Earth. And we're not the only, you know, nation that has federal courts. China has federal courts. They move on completely, they, they move on to Chinese rules. They move on to Canadian so, rules. So if I understand exactly what you're saying... The James T. Foley courthouse is the one I filed it in. Which that's what the problem. Yeah. So, like I said, now yeah. what rules do you want to play under? You want to play under your rules? You want to play under federal court rules? You want to play under United States district court rules? What do you want to play under Queensbury rules? What rules do you want to play under? So the other, do you want to play under maritime oh. rules? What rules do you want to play well, under? I want to take it into the common law because, but knowing what you've been. I listened to episode 84 the other day, then went to 86, and then I went back to one. I'm on episode 11. I've been listening every day. You're the only show I've been listening to. Well, then because of all the research I've done, same, I'm like, if you want to go into the common law side, if you're in England, you want to go on Queen's bench. And in this nation, you go through the federal court because that's where there's yes. a court record where the magistrate is independent of the tribunal, and you want just to talk to your fellow, you know, uh, fellow, you know, Americans, that's what you want to do. You want to talk to the people of this nation. You don't want to talk to a legal entity. But if you go into the United well, States District Court, you're going to be talking to legal entities. Yes, I, I, I understand that part of it. But, so this is what I'm asking. Since I basically, because of lack of knowledge, waste, I filed this 156-page brief when I listened to you and found out crap. I didn't have to do all that work. How do I resend that brief and reef and file a proper filing for the common law court without having to pay four hundred dollars all over or di- and dismissing the whole case? The case in the United States District Court. And uh, the, the one thing I guess you could probably do is you could ask them, say, I believe I filed this case in you know in you know, in the wrong court, um, you know, basically you'd ask them, has the other side answered yet? Oh, yeah, we're sitting waiting for the judge to rule on a motion to dismiss. Uh, the return date was the 23rd. 
and we just got a some uh, supplementary response the other day. We still yeah. haven't got a ruling. Yeah. Well, the only bad about that is you basically said, I want to rent out this venue to do a polka dance party. Uh, we're basically done with the party, and I'd like my money back because I found out we're supposed to be doing uh, uh, a flamingo dancing or a fucking uh, ballroom dancing. Oops, I forgot. We weren't supposed to be polka dancing. You know, so you basically used up the venue, the court resources, the time, and put everybody to work, and everybody did what you wanted them to do. Now you're saying, well, I want you to do something else instead. But what I'm saying is yeah. you don't have $400 to move the next court into that public building. <clears throat> All you have to basically say, can you just tender me the bill of what I owe, and can I make payments? Just like the other guy said, uh, I was trying to get Felix on the phone when he was saying that uh, the, the sheriff's department was coming down with all flavors of hell on him in Australia because he wasn't yeah. paying the, the, the parking tickets or whatever tickets he was getting. It was $600-something worth of tickets, and he couldn't pay it. And they were threatening to come to his house and take his property and auction it off. And I just said, look, I'm more than willing to make payments on this debt. If you believe I owe $400 or $600, can I make payments? And they'll let you make payments. Will they make, let you make payments? Like, Christmas club payments that they're not going to give you access to the court until the payment is in full because they don't trust you? Or are they going to say, you know what, if you put up a $400 bond, you can make payment, and then once you pay the payment off, we'll release the bond to you, back to you, but we'll hold the bond in case you default on your payments? You see what I'm saying? There's all kinds of options to, to work with these people if you don't have the money. You could actually just use the old... Uh, well, according to the common law, you know, the courts are free to man because man, obviously, are the ones who, you know, created the courts and the man's the creator of the position of clerk and man created the position of judge. And without man, there would be no court. So I wish to access my court, you know, without, you know, having to compensate for its use, which I don't think is proper because everybody then would be running into the courts every five seconds thinking it's a free dance hall and it would be just dancing their ass off and, you know, and nobody would get, you know, it's yeah. fog. I be don't packed. remember, yeah, I don't remember the case. I'd have to look. I know I've got a copy of it. But, yeah, I did find that case where they're not supposed to be charging that, but they shot me down on that one. They wanted me to do <laughs> it for my Paul Paris. In the United States District Court, you have to pay because that's their rules. But you didn't file in a federal court. In a federal court, you don't have to pay. But what I'm trying to once something like this gets out that I'm saying, all of a sudden, all you nut jobs are going to be running out there putting 10,000 claims that somebody bent the blade of grass on your front lawn and you want a billion dollars because he's wearing a cop uniform. And the next well, thing I don't really... Dude, I'm, tell, I'm not telling you, okay? Yeah. I'm telling people. Yeah. Okay, I know people. I know, I'm from New York. Yes. I, I'm a great judge of people. The people yeah. who listen to these kinds of shows are wackos, okay? They're going to just put all this crazy paperwork into the courts and just clog up the courts because somebody bent a blade of grass and he's wearing a police uniform and they hate cops, okay? Mm-hmm. Or they stopped him yeah. because he was speeding. Or they got a parking ticket. It's like, oh, you got a parking ticket. Wham. You know, the benefit of having parking patrol people is because you're going to get a band of gypsies or people who are lowlifes who want to live in a van, poop on a sidewalk because you don't believe it, go to New York City. Go to New York City and see where the people poop. They poop right there in a gutter. They pull up their skirt, pull up their dress, and take a poop, poop, a squat right in the street. When my kids first saw that, they're like, no, just keep walking away. There's no bathrooms available. These people just, just walk away. No, believe me, there's a great yeah. reason that policing departments and uh, 
and parking attendants because bands of gypsies will move into these cities. They'll squat. They'll say, this is common grounds, and we're a bunch of stinking hippies that don't take baths, and we're just going to poop all over the place. And uh, this makes it easy for me to go to work because all I have to do is wake up, take a poop in the street, and walk over there to the factory and go to work. I'm going to park here in the street all day, all night, and nobody's going to do it. It, it. How are we going to drive our stuff? When do I get a chance to park? All the gypsy hippies are going to be like, oh, no, oh, this is, oh, I'm parking here first. You know, I have the right to be here. You know, so, oh, I, used to, no. I used to deliver groceries in Manhattan. I know I saw a lot of what you said. I yeah. think the people overall are pretty great. I mean, New Yorkers are great people. But, uh, yeah, you see some of that. My kids talk all the time. It's funny, man. It's like this really nice black lady dressed really nice in a dress, just spreads her legs and starts peeing on the sidewalk, standing up. And my kids are like, I say, look, you know, the, the, the options you have here is uh, some guy pooped in a, in a gutter, too, and it's funny. And uh, I said, you got some options here. The lady's going to say, you got a problem, and you're going to get into a fight. The lady's going to say, can you come over here and help me? And then I guess you got to help. You know, or, or the guy's going to pick up the poop and throw it at you. I said, you, you don't see nothing in New York. You, you, you don't get involved. You know, this ain't L.A. You don't care. You know, you just turn around and walk away. You, you don't see nothing. You know, just look at the sky and say, oh, what a lovely day. You don't give a damn what's going on around you, okay? You just make it home alive, okay? That's the mission, the mission statement. We make it home alive. We don't get involved. Now, you know, we witness know nothing. Like you, I heard your story, read your story about your situation a long time ago. Yeah, I was forced into this, too. I didn't want to have to do this because I, I enjoyed driving a truck every day, being with my family, and then CPS decided to file false neglect petitions. And I've been on this road ever since, just trying to put a stop to them. The only problem is, is that if they file neglect charges on you, why didn't you just say you're damn right and neglect my kids? Well, I didn't know all that then. You didn't know the definition of the word neglect. Because negligence, oh, just means you made, negligence just means you made an accident. It didn't mean you did anything with deliberate wanton or uh, intent to cause harm, injury, or loss. It didn't mean well, you actually... Negligence is an accident. It's like when you get charged with negligence, it means because, like, you sneezed or you blinked. Yeah, but here's, but here's the problem. When you read the transcripts, they admit the kids were healthy, house was clean, kids are fed. I just say that. I said negligence. Yeah. You say, yes, of yeah. course I neglect my children. Of course I do. At night, I close my eyes and go to sleep. I can't watch my kids 24 hours, seven days a week like you people want me to do. You want me to put a little chain? Oh, uh, that's right. I can't put a chain around them. But you want me to put them like, on pills, on drugs, make them little <laughs> tiny zombies, make them watch ridiculous cartoons or videotapes all day, and then that way they can't possibly scrape their knees, fall down, get a bruise, you know, twist an ankle, you know, because an insurance policy raises up because Obamacare, then all of a sudden now we got to get health coverage for my kid because he broke his leg, and, I'm, and, and you've got to jump in and fucking pay for it, and you don't want to make sure my kid, you know, is like running around in a bubble. You know, well, I've got a bubble, boy. My kid's going to play, break his legs, bust his nose, and I don't give a damn. You can say I'm negligent. Yeah, that's fine. You know what? I'm not paying attention to what he's doing. Why? Because i got my own damn life to do. He's doing his life. He's learning. He's growing. He's experienced tragedy. He's experienced life. He's, he's understanding pain and fear and frustration and loss and suffering. He's understanding he's going through that gamut of human emotions. Why? Because he's a human. And this is what we've been doing for 10,000 years. And if you don't like it, lady, file a claim. But complaining? My wife gives me enough of that bullshit at home. You file a claim laying over me? You just, that's just lovely. I don't give a damn. Complain all you want. I totally agree with everything you complain about. Now, 
make a claim I've done something wrong. Not negligence, make a claim I've done something wrong. Then I woke up in the morning and I said, I'm going to make sure that that kid gets hurt. I'm going to make sure that kid doesn't have food, clothing. I'm going to make sure. Prove that I did it with willful, wanton, and deliberate intent. Do it. And you're never going to be able yeah. to prove it. You can never prove fraud. It can't be done. You've got to get into the mind of the man who did it. And unless the man steps on an open court, he says, you damn right I committed fraud. As far as he's concerned, like, say, Gordon Hall, he believes he was doing a righteous justice thing that helping people do offshore banking or defer assets from the IRS, whatever. You know, he thought he yeah. was doing a good thing. He didn't commit fraud. He believed what he believed. Now, the IRS has a totally different opinion of what he was doing. They think he was, uh, you know, doing all these horrible things. And he was like, no, I was just helping my fellow man keep their property a little longer and keeping it, you know, and, and, and because they earned it and they should have it. And, you, you know, you shouldn't be able to take it away from them. Well, they had a difference of opinion. Well, the only problem is that Gordon Hall didn't know how to move to a freaking court. He didn't know how to just say, hey, who's the, who, who, who's the, uh, who's the plaintiff? And I said, where are they? Or where is it? Is it it or who? Who's going to testify that it's for loss, harm, or injury due to my acts and inactions by helping my fellow man defer payments to something called Coca-Cola IRS? Show me. Bring him forth. See, he just didn't have a well, move well, Just because all these guys are great in tax code and all sort of crap doesn't mean they don't have to move a court. And before you guys get involved with, well, I'm going to help people with taxes, and I'm going to help people with divorce cases, I'm going to help people with bankruptcy. You better know how to get in and the hell out of a court, because someday you're going to be put in chains, shackled, dragged down there and say, hey, are you helping these people beat the IRS? Are you helping these people beat uh, the social services? Is that what you're doing? It's like, who's talking to me? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, or what's talking to me? Who am I addressing? You see, and I, I know how to talk to the other side and get them to say, oh, is, 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 is a judge? You mean a what is talking to me? Because my dog is a judge. He can judge whether he should, you know, lick one side of his butt or the other side of his butt first. He's a good judge of uh, the meat smells like stink or the meat's worth to eat. My, do judge is, my dog's a great judge. What kind of judge are you? The one who licks his butt on the right side first or the left side first? What kind of judge are you? I don't ask you what you are. I ask you who you are. I love the way you put things. I have to say, it's it. It blew me away. I found you about what two and a half years ago. I called your number on the website. Oh, I didn't know it's lost. Answered. I didn't yeah. know it's lost. So, you said you, said so, you found me. I didn't know, you said you found me. I didn't know it's lost. You're not lost. Oh, okay. I found you your uncommoned. I found your website. Oh, oh okay. And, yeah, I, didn't know I called your number I, on the website. I don't know. I misplaced that either. Thank you. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> but so I didn't do no more with it. I just continued to try to fight this fight, and we're and me and my wife just been through hell. I mean, it's just and now everything. I've been listening to all your shows, and I'm gonna say, I can't believe it. It's this simple. Because honestly, with all the research I've done, I don't take the opinions as that is the law and that's how it is. No, that's not how it is. Because I've learned a lot from my father in the past, but even the stuff you're talking about, he doesn't necessarily know. When it comes yeah, to taxes, why, why, why don't you go to um, uh, my talk show, uh, 127469, why don't you go to episode 81, and don't listen to the first 20 minutes. That's just Bali saying hello to me, like, for the first time and asked me to come to England. I said, I don't want to go to England because 
the food is terrible, the weather sucks, and the women ain't all that hot. Don't listen to the first 20 minutes, you're wasting your time. That's just me and Bali talking about if I come to England. But the 20 minutes after that, a Mexican man calls me up and says his Mexican wife was arrested, caught drunk in public, fighting with the police, and having the baby fall out of the car seat in the the truck. And um, and she didn't do anything that the social services wanted to do, didn't do the AA classes, didn't do family planning, didn't do anger management, still had the criminal felony cases against her. And the prosecutor mm-hmm. laughed and said, oh, but she did do this. I, a woman, Maria Esteban, whatever the hell the name was, I claim uh, mm-hmm. the wrong of uh, robbery. Uh, my property was robbed on this day, see Exhibit A. I will uh, require compensation of uh, $1 a second until the property is returned. And, uh, she, and the prosecutor laughed. And the, the Mexican husband is saying, and he laughed. He scoffed at it. And he said, even the public defender that they gave us said, no, I'm not putting that into the court. That's ridiculous. So the prosecutor said, yeah, this is ridiculous. This is all they've done. And the judge looked at the Maria lady and says, is this true? Are you really going to charge us a dollar a second? She's like, si, senor, si, senor. You know, yes, dollar a second, dollar a second. And then the judge said to the prosecutor, restore her property immediately. And then the prosecutor said, but your honor, she hasn't complied with any of the court orders. He says, you know the law, restore her property immediately. And then the guy said in the daughter's name was Serenity, and Serenity was restored. So go listen now. It's just some, what you know, you guys would say, like, some wet fact or being a lady doesn't even speak our freaking language. Walked into the court with some silly little paper, like me, toss and she, Jane, Jane Steele, bone, get back, bone. You know, I just, that's the perfect lawsuit right there. Me, toss and she, Jane. There's the, there's, the, there's the caption. There's the parties. Me, toss and she, Jane. Jane Steele, bone. There's the cause of action. There's the, there's the. And then what's the remedy? Give back bone. And then if you want to give an order, then give back bone. If you don't give back bone, you uh, me, you know me get back two bones uh, every two days or something like that. You know, until bonus return. You know, it's something simple like that. It's it's so simple to write a lawsuit or to make a claim that this Mexican. I, I made sure I married me. It's so simple that this Mexican woman who spoke like no English can understand those few words that I put on that. And I told the husband. I said, explain her in Spanish because. You know, she should be able to understand what I'm saying right there. It's so simple. And he said, you know, he'll wow. work with her. And she did, and she got a kid back. It was a three-year-old kid who walked across the courtroom and went back home with the mom and the dad. She still had felony charges against her for fighting with the cops in public and being drunk in a public. Yeah. Now, I, I have been writing some papers up for, because we have a scheduled violation hearing for contempt of court October 13th because I've refused to follow their orders. Um, well, why would you refuse to follow the orders? The reason why I refuse you? is because if what's the foundation of Tell me one order they told you. Just one order. For shits and giggles. They want Just, me to go through... Uh, they want me to do all this psychological treatment and all this okay. testing and this and the other. And I, well, and tell, I tell them, tell, I'd love to carry out your order. It's going to cost me this much money for my bus fare or my car broke down. And I'm going to have to get another alternator or a water pump. It's going to be $350 for that. And then uh, my license was really broke, so it's going to cost $500 for that. I'm going to have to get a, a you know, time away from work, so can you place that order in a form of writing so I give it to my boss and explain why I'm not, you know, performing a function and carrying out a service or producing a product for him like we agreed on. And it's going to cost roughly, it's going to be $980.17. And 
and I'm going to require payment up front because at this time, you know, uh, I don't have the money to carry out your order in the way you wish in a proper manner, and I wish to carry out all your orders. But the big thing is, if you're a party to that case, you can't make a claim for compensation. Okay? If you're a member of my family, okay, and you're my daughter or my son, and I tell you to go go get a psychological evaluation, you can't give me, well, Dad, you've got to pay me this to go do it. No, I'm your damn dad. I'm in charge here. I'm the judge. I'm the one who makes the ultimate rulings here. You're just a lowly defendant. You're just a lowly respondent. You get your ass in that car, and you get down there and go do it. And I don't want to hear no crap out of you. I'm going to hold you in contempt. So now, if you're a party to that case, whatever case number they have, and you still allow them to use your name, in that case, and you're not noticing them that I don't know why you have my name on that case because I'm not a party to this. I have no knowledge of any legal proceedings or legal matters based, you know, pertaining to my property. Now, this, you know, this legal name that you created, uh, John Jr. over here, that's a legal person that you have jurisdiction and control over. But you don't have any jurisdiction over the flesh and blood, the man, the, you know, yeah. uh, you know my property. You know, see Exhibit A and put a picture of your kid there. That's my property. Now, you have jurisdiction over this legal person known as John Jr. Because I was stupid enough to give him a name, and I made his name public. Because if, if you didn't give that, put his name in the public, you can't claim, the government can't claim, the government can't make a claim against something that isn't named. Because they only operate in the second dimension. So what are they going to put on a piece of paper? You know, we took blank into custody. Blank what? A, a, a parrot, a, a penguin, a, a child. We took a child named well, Dwight. What's the name of the child? I ain't telling you his definite name. You know, I'm not. You know, well, I'm not going to create a legal person for you. You know, your parents yeah. created the legal. Help them. The state created the legal person. Well, here, I'm not going to create a legal person for you. I'm, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to reveal his name to the public. It's none of your damn business. It's more than yeah. I gave him. Like, I gave him a drink of water. I gave him a yo-yo. He doesn't have to share the yo-yo with the world. I gave it to him. Well, I, I don't have to give I it to you. In one, I remember in one of your episodes where you corrected Just if you want to give me my name, if you want to give me, if you want me to give you his name, give me a million dollars. I'll be more than glad to give you his yo-yo, too. Well, I remember in one of your episodes where you corrected a lady on the term violated. Okay. Now, before you before you go into that description, that is exactly how my wife and I feel about what they did to my daughter. Yeah, but they, what they violated our daughter. Yeah, but conjecture and speculation, you know, it's not tangible. It has to be broken bones. Mom is your mama told you any broken bones, no, any blood, her, any blood, broken bones. No, then you ain't got to claim. Go outside and play again. To force her to go through an invasive medical exam when there was never an allegation of abuse just because of their mom and dad didn't know how to just make a simple claim to give me back my property and we'll start charging whoever's right. holding that property in naked right. possession a dollar a second. And it's 80,400 seconds in a day, so the bill is running quite high really quickly. I'll give you three days before I start billing you. Now, what I'm looking at writing a... Just like Jonathan and Jesse did. Just like Jonathan and Jesse did. Jonathan and Jesse did the same. Jesse did the same thing. It's like, I'll give you three days to get those children back. I'm going to start... The the meat is going to start ticking. 
And you don't write now, no damn cease and desist effing letter to anybody. You have no power to threaten anybody. Okay, so what would you write first? To, to tell them that you got my property? Say, I, I believe that you're in possession of my property. See Exhibit A. I require the immediate return of my property. I know you want to cause no harm to your fellow man, and the return will be forthwith. If you wish yeah. to keep my property, which you may, I am going to start charging you a dollar a second for every second you hold my property in your possession. Have a lovely, blessed day. Well, that's what I plan on writing this weekend. Yeah, it's all uh, lovely, streaming, no threats. Yay! You want my property? Not a problem. You want my property? You need my son to wash your car, rake sleeves, mow your lawn? Not a problem. I rent them out real cheap, a dollar a second. I hope you uh, don't need it for more than 60 minutes because I don't think you got a wallet deep enough to pay for them for two or three hours. Yeah. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying he comes at a very high price. Yeah, that's that was the other question was about the cease and desist. That's it. I may, I'd like to know before I. That's do why that. they got. That's why, right. they got, that's why they got rid of all this. This these this um, they they got rid of the word chattel. That's why it's like oh yeah. they, we don't use chattel anymore. Oh no, why? Because if it was chattel, I could rent out or lease out or loan out my children to go help you pick your corn. You want my children? You need help picking your corn? Yes. Okay, well, I need my children over here to help with the cows, but you know what? Um, if you need my children to come over there, I'll let you borrow 10 of my kids uh, for 50 bushels of corn. How's that? Well, for everyone they pick for you, they pick one for us. How's that? And the father father will say, God bless you. I'll do it. Okay, your children were a very valuable commodity. It was like a horse or an oxen or a cow. The reason why people had 10, 20, 30 children was just for that reason. They didn't just do it because it was going to cost them all, oh, man, it's going to cost me $80,000 a year to put this kid in college. No, they didn't care. They were making money with these kids. They were, it was a medium of exchange. It wasn't like dollars. It wasn't like they were trading gold coins. It was a medium of exchange. I'll let you borrow three of my kids if you let me borrow two of your mules. Oh, okay, not a problem. Yeah. It's a medium of exchange. That's how we've been doing it since caveman time. You're right. Yeah, so it's no big deal, but now they're making it seem like it's a perverted word. Oh, man, I can't believe you just called your kid chattel. I can't believe you just called them property. What do you call it? What do you have kids for? To watch them swing? Yay. To take pictures of them at Disney World? Nay. No, I get them because when I'm 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, I want them to remember, hey, I'm the clown who wiped your behind. Now it's your turn to wipe mine. That's why. I, want, I gave you something, now you give me back. Yay. I'm from New York. What's in it for me? That's right. That's the way caveman's been doing since day one. They're trying to make it seem like an ugly thing. That's not the way I look oh. at it, but... What's that? Shall we... I said that's not the way I look at it, but that's me. Shall we that's move right. on? Yeah, if you want to, yeah, sure. Yes, yes, I'll let y'all go. I'll just listen in. Thank you for the time. All right. Thank you. Yep, yeah, like I said, everybody's got a different opinion. Like I said, you know... The, the women who only have maybe one or two children, I feel very bad for. Or women who don't even have any children, I feel even worse for. Because who's going to take care of them when they get older? You know, the husband died. And if you only had one or two kids, what happens if you get in a fight with your kids? And uh, the odds of them helping you are slim and none. Like the, the mother of my kids, Mary, her mom died about 80 years old. Had four kids that she adopted, all four. Not a single one of them came to the hospital for the last three months she was alive and she died alone. So maybe she had 5, 10, 15, 20 kids. Maybe she would have played the odds 
and maybe one of them would have showed up. So to me, it's like, no, you know what? Play the odds. Have as many as you can because what's the odds of these little spoiled kids nowadays ever come back and helping you in your time of need? Probably zero and none. So let's, let's stack the deck and hopefully somebody's going to come back and help me. But that's just my opinion. You know, All go right. ahead. Talk, that's talk why you, we're here, to listen yeah, to your yeah, opinion, yeah, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Tie your tubes and get an abortion and, oh, uh, and don't have any kids. Stop that. <laughs> okay, Donald, son, you've been unmuted. Do you have a Great. question? Yes. Question. Yeah. My question, ready. Um, contempt summons for child failure to pay, to pay child support. Um, have something tomorrow that I need to appear on for. Uh, trying to figure out exactly how to respond to this. Well, did you, uh, do you, uh, court order to pay? Yeah. Okay, were you a party to the case? Did you say you have no authority to order me to do anything, but if you wish to place an order before me, I'll be more likely to carry your order, but it's going to, I'm going to require compensation to carry out your order. Now you didn't know how to do that back then. Okay, that's a ridiculous point. Okay, um, how much money are we supposed to pay a month? I think that's five thousand dollars, like something like four hundred bucks a month. Okay, four hundred bucks a month. And uh, since you were part of this uh, party, and that you knew that you were supposed to bring the beer and cheese, and you didn't, and they had a lousy party because of what you did and didn't do, somebody else had to bring the beer and cheese and pay four hundred dollars a month since you didn't do it. Did you at least write him a letter to tell him why you weren't coming up, bringing, why you weren't bringing the four hundred dollars a month? Is that, did you give any kind of, No. Okay, so you just said, you know what, F you, I'm not bringing the wine and cheese. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> Basically, for all intents and purposes, did not know exactly how to respond. Okay, so what you could basically do is you could basically just uh, apologize profusely and say, I'm sorry I acted in such a dishonorable manner. I wish to settle all debts with, you know, any uh, party I'm associated with. Um, if you would just tender me the bill, I'd be uh, uh, willing to work out some sort of a payment, a payment schedule uh, you know, at your earliest convenience, you know, you know, please accept again my apology for acting in such a discourteous or dishonorable manner, and uh, you know, uh, and uh, you know, have a like a lovely day, you know. That's all you basically could do at this point, because it's just contempt, and contempt just means they they want to see that you're not sticking your middle finger up at the court anymore. Okay. Now, eventually, you want to pull yourself out of that. You don't want to be part of that court situation anymore. But you don't do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, you just want to apologize and say, can we, well, whatever the hell I just said, you just back it up and re-record it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen to that, okay? And then eventually, yourself, right, you want to pull yourself out of that, you know, but you don't pull it out tomorrow because you already got it pissed off enough as it is. You know, so then eventually you want to slowly start pulling yourself out, being a party to that contract. And it's like they laugh at people all the time. Right. Everybody says, well, I got into a contract, and, you know, and the judge is threatening me, you know, I, I'm not going to let you out of this. Okay, wait a second. The, 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 the most, um, the biggest contract any human being can get into their life is when they join with another person before the eyes of God, their community, their church, and the world. It's called marriage. And people get married, and 20 minutes later, they're divorced. So this was supposed to be a holy, sacred 
matrimony contract agreement that nobody in the world was allowed to break. It was impossible. When I was a kid, nobody could believe somebody could get divorced. There was no that that wasn't even part of our imagination. It's like, what are you kidding? When one kid's parent got divorced, it was like, oh my god, that kid's last name changed. You know, it was like, and that kid was like a leper through school for like the next seven eight years because he was the only one that has changed his last name. It was it was amazing to see this kid go from Ronald Sullivan to Ronald Gust. They said, wait a second, we all knew him as Sullivan. What happened to Sullivan? Oh, his dad left. His mom, you know, took a maiden name. Gus, what? That's unheard of. That's obscene. That's, it can't be done in any form of human imagination. Nowadays, it's a joke. So say, wait a second, are you telling me I can throw away the holiest contract that I swore before God, church, my fellow man, and all the whole entire community, that I'm going to stay with this woman or this man until the day I die? Nobody may come apart. Nobody may come between us. No man may tear us asunder. Nobody can do it. But, eh, what the hell? We don't, uh, I'm, I'm in love with you, but not in love with you anymore. Goodbye. What, are you kidding me? So if you can break out of a contract of that easy, what makes you think you, you're bound by any ridiculous contract with affection? It's ridiculous. You're supposed to be bound by blood and oath and God and family and, you know, to death for all time, eternity. And you guys blow it off like it's a joke. And everybody says, oh, you can't break away from a fiction unless you get bound by a contract with a fiction that got you forever and they can sling you around and put you in a cage and do all sorts of... Yeah, well, whatever you say, well, I got this, this matrimonial contract with my wife and I'm going to sling her around and I'm going to tase her and I'm going to put her in handcuffs and I'm going to put her in a cage because she's breaking the terms and conditions of the contract. Yeah, you broke the terms and conditions of the licensing contract. Yeah, so they'll sling you around, tase you, break your window, drag you out of the window put you in a cage, strip you of your clothes, hose you down, go ahead and do that to your wife and tell them, oh, I got a matrimonial contract. She broke the, she broke the rules of the, of, the, of the licensing procedure. Oh, yeah, and you just think you're going to execute, uh, you know, and no, I'm just going to bring her to justice. Oh, okay, that's how we do it around here. Well, that's what the cops do to you. That's what the cops do to that woman. And everybody seems to be okay with it. You know what they tell the woman? You know what they tell the woman? Who gets a window busted out, dragged out of the car? She gets handcuffed, she gets tasted, she gets pistol whipped, she gets hog tied, she gets thrown in the back of a strange man's car, and she gets put in a cage, fingerprinted, photographed, stripped, butt naked, things put up inside of the check to make sure she's okay and clean or not carrying a weapon. You know what they tell her? Well, next time, do what the man tells you to do. Okay, that's what they, that's what, like I said, with women in back in the 60s and 70s to go to the cops and say, hey, my husband died on my eye because dinner was cold and it was late. And the cops would say, uh, you know what, next time, do what the man tells you to do. Don't make the, don't make the dinner late and make sure it's not cold. Now get the hell out of this police department. That's the same thing that the cops would tell you now, a woman now. Oh, he beat me up, he pulled me out of the window, he dragged me, he tased me. Was he wearing a badge? Was that man wearing a badge? Oh, that's okay, he can do that. He was wearing a badge. That's ridiculous. Of course you can't do that, but it became acceptable to do that to women as long as you're wearing a badge. You know, at one time it was acceptable for a man to do that to a woman, but now it's not. But if he's wearing a badge, well, okay, there's green light to go. And all the women will agree that that man should kick your ass and do that to you because all you should have done was give him the damn driver's license and don't give him no lip on the side of the road. Well, whenever you give the husband lip at home and he does all that nonsense to you at home because, oh, I told you, dude, go give me a beer. Now I ain't getting you a beer. Oh, you want to play funny with me? Okay, let me bash your window, drag you out, handcuff you, hog tie you, you know, tase you. Next time you get turn over that driver's license, I mean that beer to me, in two seconds. Don't give me no crap. 
And all the women of the society be like, yeah, that's right. Don't give the guy no crap no more. Just make that man happy and give him the damn beer. I mean, the driver's license. Mm, it's weird. Um, it's weird how it worked. I was fun around. We're getting distracted here. Oh, so the contempt charge. Sorry about that, Angela. So contempt I'm just saying, I'm just saying, charge. I'm just saying how it's funny. I'm just saying it's funny how the whole culture is taught it's not ever, it's never okay. It's never okay to touch a woman. It's never okay to touch a woman and hit a woman or do anything to a woman. But, but if you're in a bad charge, that's okay. And even other women will agree, yeah, that's okay. You gave him lip. You know, you wouldn't turn a piece of plastic all fast enough. No, you know? it's not okay. And I made a comment when I, every time I see the cops do that to some women, it's like, no, if your husband can't do that shit to you and get away with it, need again a cop. Right, but I'm just saying the majority of the women in society say we'll we'll find that you know the woman was acting like a crazy free man and saying, well, you know what? Uh, well, if you stop with this crazy free man stuff, maybe he won't beat you so damn much. Maybe the cop won't pull you out of the window next time if you just gave him that damn piece of plastic and just do what everybody else does. Yeah. The majority of the women just say, just go along with the program. Don't give this guy no more crap. And then they won't tase you no more. You know, because the women will walk away from that woman. They might probably say, oh, it's a shame the cop dotted your eye and broke your window. And then they'll walk away with a couple other women. It's like, you know what? See, that's that crazy, crazy Susie. She should just give the damn cop. But no, she's got to go with this wacko. I'm a free woman. I can do as I wish, travel anywhere I want. The Constitution says, you know what? That's what those people get all the time. They get their ass kicked. Well, she'll okay, never watch. Hey, Carl, Donald, I was asking that question for a friend of mine. That scenario is not mine personally. So just to give you the background on that. But I had to make it kind of fast. And so appreciate the help on that. I can let him know to go ahead and apologize tomorrow. And then uh, can we ask for more time to respond? To respond to what? They're basically, you know, I guess to like make payment arrangements or something like the, the, yeah. the, the court the, the judge will direct them to the court clerk's office and there's a there's a, somebody in charge of payment scheduling i just did that with a man in australia i, I should i'm trying to find felix okay and but this and is after we get the bill right and the sheriff's department said to him fine i'm not going to come kicking in the door and dragging your stuff out and putting up an auction Fine. We're no longer getting involved, you know, since you wrote this lovely letter saying that you believe that you're guilty and you wish to pay the damn debt. We're just going to recommend highly here at the Sheriff's Department that you call Susie Johnson over in payment scheduling and work out some sort of payment arrangement with her. And if that's all you come up with is a dollar a month for the next 600 months, that's fine with us. Have a nice day. And he said what was funny. He said the cop signed a blank piece of paper on the other side. He said there's plenty of room for the cop to sign the sheriff to sign that letter that he wrote back to the man on the first piece of paper, but he didn't, but he signed his name on a blank piece of paper on the second page, which is pretty funny. I said, yeah, because the cop doesn't want to bear any liability for, uh, you know, his, uh, like, uh, his uh, legal people saying, how did you let this guy get away with this? You know, why did you say it was okay for him to make payments? You know, we demand you to go there and kick his ass and, show all these free man hippies that they got to pay that damn debt immediately in full or we're going to take all this crap and put it up in auction. So it's funny. The sheriff knew. He's like, well, no, he called me out man to man. And honestly, I couldn't threaten him anymore. And honestly, he said he was guilty. And honestly, he said he wanted to pay the debt. So what more can I do? He already said, I want to pay it. I will pay it. You know, this is as much as I can pay at this time. And I know you don't want to mm-hmm. close home fellow man, 
but you're going to take food out of my wife's and my children's mouth. And I certainly know you wouldn't want another man to do that to you and threaten you and threaten your children and your wife. I certainly know that's not what Australia Sheriff's Department stands for. And, uh, well, to, make you know, this, to make a little more exciting, mm-hmm. he definitely doesn't want to pay because he feels like this woman basically just uh, stole the child from him. Great. And he better learn how to pull himself out of being a party to that case. Okay. Okay. And yeah, and so he's going to either pay that he's got to sit around all day and listen to me talk, or he's going to have to pay and just go with the program. So he's going to have to pay with time and listen to all those YouTube videos and learn how to pull himself out of being a party to a case, or he's just going to have to play the game and just go to work, put in the time, and turn over this paycheck. One way or the other, he's going to have to pay with time. Or he's going to have to pay with going to work. He's going to have to pay one way or the other. He's just, it's just not a magic word that he's going to say, whoop, I got out of it. Ha ha. Screw her. Screw the whole system. F them. Okay, thank you, Paul. All right, he's going to pull out another good man, whether he likes it or not. All right, great. Moving on. Northwest Arkansas. You've been unmuted. Do you have a question? A man from the that's you. Angela, I just wanted to say I'm sorry to hear about your, about your voice. I think you're exactly right. There are a lot of things that you're talking about when Carl talked about uh, police officers beating up women and things like that. Uh, I think that's really, really sad when that happens. And we allow it to happen. And women go about and they don't say anything about it. They think it's okay. It's never okay for a man to beat a woman under any excuse. I have three girls. And I would go to jail myself if a police officer ever put their hands on my daughter. Um, Really enjoy listening to what Carl has to say. Just don't like the method and the tone sometimes he uses. He sounds like the biggest asshole ever sometimes. But I really, really, really enjoy listening if to him. If he's a big asshole, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. There's no way. There's no way. I'm number one. I'm the biggest like asshole. That's damn press. Salute. You know, damn right. I ain't putting up with it. I ain't, I ain't taking it. I mean, it's just that bottom line. It might sound, uh, you know, I ain't taking it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not taking it. And if you don't like it, I don't care. I'm just telling it the way I see it. What I witness, what I bear witness, what I believe is the truth, what I've experienced. And if you don't like it, you know, I don't care. Don't listen to me. Go watch Captain Kangaroo. I don't care. I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here to tell you people, hey, this is what I witnessed. And this is what I believe is the truth. If you believe it too, great. If you don't believe it, hey, there's thousands of other things you'd be doing right now other than listening to me. I'm not putting a gun to your head and say, you know what, you got to agree with me. You know what, disagree with me, make it more fun. Okay, is that it? Did you have a question? Uh, I just think it's really sad that you can be so so divisive to other people that are fighting the same cause that you are. Just because they do it in a different way doesn't mean that they're wrong. There's there's more than one way... uh, uh, to get to China or, or, or to get to Arkansas or to get to Kansas or to get to Texas. Well, the only thing that's different the way I've seen is I, to me, I basically, like I said, it's like, like say you're playing a game of chess and there's only 13,812 moves. Well, I did all 13,812 moves and there's only one that works. So what I've witnessed is this is the only way that works. I've tried every other move. I've tried every other style. I tried every other argument. I thought about this stuff for years. I'm 51 freaking years old, and this is the only thing that ever worked. There is nothing else I've ever done that's worked. So anybody else who says, well, I tried this, they said it won't work. Why? And then I tell them why. Because this, 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 and that will happen to you. Why? Because I've already tried it. 
and it doesn't work. Tell me, tell me a way that it works. And that's what me and Bill Thornton said on somebody's show. Some lady was saying to me, call, call, call. Let Bill talk. Let Billy talk. You know, everybody has their different ways of doing things. And everybody has a different way of getting there. And Bill said to the lady, I don't give a damn if this, this man is right. I've tried all kinds of stuff for 40 years, and I've never won a damn case. If this man can teach me how to do something in eight moves and be done, I'm going to throw all my stuff away and do it Paul's way. And the lady's like, no, no, keep doing it your way. He said, why should I? My way doesn't work. Why should I? And I said, lady, let me put it this way. I can do a claim in eight words. If some young whippersnapper, snot-nosed punk kid comes by and tells me he can do it in seven moves, I'm going to chuck out my eight-word way, and I'm going to do it his way. Why? Because I want to get out in the sunshine that much quicker. So we're not arrogant. It's just this works and this don't. And if somebody's showing me a way to do it quicker, God bless them. And I'm going to do it his way. And I'm just telling you this is the way that works, and I've seen it work, and this is what I believe. Now, if you've got a better way, God bless you. Tell me, teach these people so I could go to hell to bed, and I ain't got to be up on Thursday nights or Saturday nights no more. We're talking to <laughs> Yes, sir. I understand exactly exactly what you mean and what you said. You you are absolutely right with what you're saying, Carl. What I'm saying is this, and I know you get frustrated because we are ignorant. We do not know. We, we, I mean, this is a system that is so new to so many of us. Thank God I've never been in and out of the system. Um, I have for years been a jail ministry, and I've sit back and watched judges just run rampant over people. I mean, like, this is just, just unreal. So I've been in court, but I've never had to stand before a judge for any litigation or anything like that. So I, I, I know I, I know the way the system works. Uh, well, I don't know the way the system works, but I've seen the system at work. And what I'm okay. saying to you is that you're so brilliant and you know so much. Why don't you, in some type of way, be able to talk to people without just rubbing them the wrong way? I mean, I, I'm listening to you now for the past three weeks. Uh, oh, oh. I can guarantee I wish there was a, a Marine who would call Evangelist Shaw right now and put his hands up and say he was a Marine. And he would tell you what Carl's doing is he's preparing you for battle, that you'd be more afraid to deal with a drill sergeant than to deal with the Vietnamese. The Vietnamese are a cupcake and a pussy and, 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 a, and a cakewalk compared to what the drill sergeant put you through. Because I'm beating the crap out of you and I'm building you up and I'm toughing you up that no matter what that damn judge does to you, you're going to laugh at him and say, oh, please, he wasn't no call length. This guy's a cupcake. I'm not afraid of him. I was more afraid of talking to Carl. Carl's going to balk down my butt and throw my butt through the sling, and he was going to pull my kidneys out and beat me with him. Yeah, I'm just toughing you up. You, you, got all the, you got all your coddling through the mass media. Go go to Oprah if you want a, a wet blanket to cross <laughs> Don't come to me. I'm going to kick your ass, and I'm going to get you ready for battle. Because these people are going to put you in a box. They're going to put you in a cage. Do you understand what they're going to do to you? They're going to steal everything that you ever hoped, wished, and dreamed for, and they don't care because not one judge, not one prosecutor in history ever put a man in jail. They put defendants in jail. They're not allowed to put a man in jail. I'm trying to teach you how to be an effing man because no man can put another man in a cage. No judge no prosecutor ever put a man in a cage. They put defendants in cages, not a man. Okay? And i got to yes, beat sir. your ass into being a man. And if i got to beat your ass into thank God my dad beat my ass into being a man. I, got, I bless him every effing day. And if I could, uh, thank God I don't have to physically beat you guys. Maybe I mentally beat you and fine. 
and maybe you don't have a happy kumbaya feeling after you get off the phone with me, but like that guy Peter and Patrick up there in Chicago, Patrick called me up, and he was blessing me and saying I was wonderful, and I was the best thing on planet Earth, and I was the most greatest, smartest thing that ever had. And, man, I started tearing into this guy. Call him every F and name in the book, Cupcake, Sunshine, Puss, Fair. Oh, man, I was, what are you trying to accomplish? He said, oh, the IRS is after me. Oh, they're, oh, they are after you. Oh, are they going to bite your car? What is this, like a dog? They rip your tires off. They are after you. Oh, we better hide under the bed and call for mommy. I tore into this guy, and he was praising me, saying, oh, what a wonderful guy was. I tore into this guy, Patrick. And then what Patrick did, he said, when he got off that phone, you know what Patrick did? He says, I'm going to get that call. Let's, I am going to effing destroy him. I'm going to get back on his show, and I am going to find out that every single thing he said is bullshit. I'm going to find out everything he said is wrong. I am going to prove this guy, and I'm going to make him eat his own damn words. So then when Patrick said to me when I met him in Chicago, he said to me, I, I went back and I listened to you talk to me. And I studied, and I studied, and I'm going to get you called. I'm going to call. I'm going to make a mockery. I'm going to destroy you. And he said, the more and more I listened to you, Carl, the more and more I realized, holy shit, Carl's right. Holy crap. Um, I had no clue what I was saying to you, Carl. You were right, and thank God that you kicked me in the nuts because you really got me motivated to destroy you. And by my, my hatred for you, Carl, actually made me improve myself. I said, thank you. Thank you. That's what I was trying to do. Because you were so enamored in love and joy and high open trip. You were not, you still weren't getting it. You thought you got it, but you weren't even freaking close. So I just had to beat the crap out of you and humiliate you on the air. <laughs> but now you love me for it. He said, yes, thank God you did that to me. And see, that's what I'm trying to do. Now, I talked to another guy um, yesterday. What's his name? Uh, Jason LeMay. And this other man who's been with me for a week said, Carl, I noticed you didn't yell at him. You were, very, you were laughing, joking, and picking with him. He was like your best buddy. I said, because he knows how to act like a man. He's getting it. He's moving the court in a proper manner. He's addressing the court in a proper manner. The court's responding in a proper manner. Everything's working out joyous and harmoniously, and everything's going to be all right. Because I see that he sees where he's got to go. I, I used to beat him like a dog. I'm not going to beat him no more. He's, it's starting to click. It's starting to make sense to him now. So I said, he said, oh, he said, because the other guy, man, you ripped out your left lung yelling at him. I said, yeah, I know. I said, that guy's a whack job. You know, I said, I had to do that. <laughs> he says, so it's like it's an act. I said, look, I have to act like a drill sergeant. You know, I have to act like a daddy. You know, so, but he said, right. but you're right. a guy. I said, yeah, I am really a pleasant man to talk to. But, you know, if you want my help, this is what I hope you expect from me. And I'm going to kick you in the ass if you need to be kicked in the ass. I'm just so coaching well, I'm, just, I'm just your coach. I'm, like like any lawyer does, you see on TV shows, they, they coach their, their client. Now, when you take the witness stand, cry. No, not like that. Not like a six-year-old girl. Cry. No, no boo-hoo. No, cry. Cry like oh, an, onion. It's an onion. Okay, stick the onion in your shirt collar. And when it's time to fucking cry, lean over your shirt collar. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm teaching you. It's an act. I'm teaching you how to act. As a man in public, when you do in private, I don't care if you wear a tutu. I am telling you, when you act in this society, in this time, in this culture, in this generation, this is how you must act in public, and this is how you must act in court. I'm just giving you coaching directions. It's just like any great coach. The, 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 the team hates the damn coach until they win the Super Bowl, and they go, oh, now I understand why you kicked us in the ass. 
Yeah, now you understand why. And happy to win. Yeah, now I get it. Oh, yeah, the yeah. other teams all pumped each other all the time. They were in last place, and they got participation trophies. You want to be like those losers? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what. You really helped me out with your comments that you just made because uh, it, it's almost comical, but you were so right with everything that you just said. I guess I went there totally wrong and took you wrong, but now I do understand what you're talking about. You're just giving everybody a bunch of tough love. This probably happened over the years because you probably once was very soft and you realized that people wasn't getting it. And now you understand you got to kick everybody in their ass to make sure that they understand. And I understand now. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Nice one, man. Okay, next up, last one for the night is um, Central Colorado. Go ahead. You have a question for Carl? Oh, yeah, Carl. Hey. Go ahead. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Thank you. At no point in your rambling, you. incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I appreciate Everyone that. Everyone in this I room will. is now dumb oh, for having that's listened good. to it. I appreciate it. God have because it, this, is what I, this is what I like. I actually like somebody who has a total different outlook and different path to me. And I say to somebody like you very simply, what have you achieved in a court proceeding? Oh, he's gone. Oh, come on now. I was oh. giving him please. I was telling him, look, this is what I enjoy about these shows. When somebody, see, I don't like that guy Patrick. He, the guy Patrick came on and praised me. I said, and I say, oh, no, no, this isn't a kumbaya show. This isn't everybody just hugging each other. This is a controversial show. This show, we're going to kick each other's ass, and we're going to toughen each other up, and we're going to get ready to kick their ass when we go into court. This is what we're going to do. Now, if you want to give me a kumbaya crap, I ain't got time for that nonsense. If I want to hug, I'll go find a teddy bear. Now, this is the time for us to learn how to how are we going to deal when we walk into the court, walk into the public, walk and walk and talk, and we have to act like a man because these people are going to steal every damn thing from us. They're going to wait till we're 50, 60, 70 years old until we acquire a massive amount of wealth. They're going to come in with a stupid piece of paper and says, oh, you didn't file this properly. We didn't cross the T, you didn't dot the I. And uh, the penalty fees and the assessment of court costs every single thing you own plus $1. I mean, it's insane, and they're going to do it because these people don't want to go to work. They don't get their hands dirty. They drive Rolls Royces. They wear money suits. They smell good. You know, it's, it's all an act that we owe them something. It's the revenge of the nerds. It's the word nerds. <laughs> they, they manipulate us with this language, and we think that we actually have to listen to their language and that we hope we have to read their paperwork, and we really think that they have some sort of control over us, and it's ridiculous. So all I'm trying to teach people is, look, keep on to your property, hold on to your property. You earned it. You worked for it. You deserve it. Nobody, man, can make a claim to it. And when they come around with some stupid piece of paper saying you owe them, oh, I owe you nothing, go out and get a real effing job. You know, go sweat for a living and then tell me what I owe you. I don't owe you anything. I don't owe anything to my fellow man. If you need my help, you give me a call. But you think you're going to come here and steal my property with a piece of paper, pen, and ink? Good luck with that, buddy. And if you think you're going to threaten me by saying, well, if you, we don't, you don't give it willingly, we're going to come there with armed men and steal it from you, well, you just committed extortion. And you just communicated a threat to your fellow man. Because I didn't cross the T or dot the I. Oh, you better have a damn good reason why you're taking my stuff other than I didn't cross the T and dot the I. You better have a reason, like saying, because I broke your leg or I ran over your dog. You better have a damn good reason why you're coming to take something from me, not because, oh, you believe I owe a debt to something called a PDQ, IRS, FUC. I don't give a damn what your acronym is or your silly agency that you created for my benefit. 
It's causing me harm, and you better back your dogs off. You know, so that's all I'm trying to teach people, because these people are going to run you over like a freight train. Because all you guys are busy getting your hands dirty, working hard, making a living, and these people are just trying to figure out a way to put their hands in your pocket and steal from you. And they're getting away with it. And believe me, I could be a white-collar worker. I could be a lawyer. I could be doing, you know, wimpy work like that. But it's not honorable work. I don't mind helping people on the side with this law stuff, but that's not my mission in life to do law. I like to get my hands dirty every day. I mean, I love doing, you know, blue-collar work. I don't like doing white-collar work. It feels like I'm cheating life. It feels like God gave me the ability to, to move. Move. When I'm in a wheelchair, then I'll, I'll, I'll slow down and do a little more. But right now, no. You guys can't catch me on the phone because I'm too busy working. You guys pay me so much more money than I get doing blue-collar work. It's not even funny. But I don't want the money as bad as I want to just get my hands dirty. I can make a ton of money helping people doing this law nonsense. I was like, no, one guy wants to fly me out there, give me 10 grand to go to the Bay Area. I said, no, he's been begging me for months. I don't want to go. Why? Because I got things to do over here. Like what? Make my toilet flush. You know, pet my door. You know, see my kids. I, I got things to do. All right. Hang what are you on, doing? Yeah, okay. before, you, before you hang up, I want to log on to the chat board real quick. So hang off. It's too let Gus come on for a minute. Ask Gus if, if uh, is he on this still? Um, yeah, he's not on the phone. He's in the chat room. He's not on the phone or the chat room? He's in the hey, chat room. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, he's not on the phone. I don't see him on the phone. But uh, you have a couple more questions if you want to take them. Well, I, I had to hang up for a second and uh, to log on to the chat port because I got a silly phone that doesn't let me do both at the same time. So I wanted to log on just okay. for a second just to grab the chat and see what's going on. But uh, like I said, see if, uh, hopefully Gus is listening. And uh, just watch to see if Gus just, Gus just hit like star eight or something like that and log on real quick and tell Andrew, uh, tell the people if we're coming to Colorado or not because this uh, first class sergeant guy wanted me to stop by. Colorado Springs at the uh, Air Force Base and uh, help him out over there. So, Gus, if you're on, just... Um, he says, give me a minute. So he's coming okay. on. Okay, let me just hang up for two seconds and uh, I guess you just say hello to somebody else and I just want to log Go on. Ahead. Why don't you, why don't you see okay, me log Gus on? Okay, Gus is on. All righty. All right. Oh, Gus. I hey, Angela. I'm, uh, there you are. Hey, I'm trying to get my headset hooked up. Hold on just a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me just ask Gus a question real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just waiting for him to get his headset on. Yeah, I got it. All set. Hey, Gus, I got an easy question. When was the last time we talked? About a week and a half ago. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying, folks. Me and Gus sometimes I talk one, two, three times a day. I don't even have time to talk to Gus. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just real busy right now, and I and I knew this was going to happen when I got involved with my kids again, that I'd pull further and further away from this. So I told my well, kids... Well, that's I'm, good, though. Well, I told my kids I'm going to go on one more, like, like trip around the country, and I'll probably be gone for a bit, and uh, i got to go to England one more time, and uh, I'm going to try to just uh, hang out of the house and do some paperwork here for a while. But uh, That's a good idea. Yeah, but like I said, I have to establish a house for them as well, a home for them as well, because 
you know, I have to. I don't have a choice. And anymore, it should be your first. It should be your first priority. Right. So, like I said, I'm I'm like falling out of this stuff big time. But I want to do one more great big like hurrah and just just chill out for a while. And um, okay. but yes, yes, I guess you could tell them, you know, you know, you know what, you know, if you if you want to go and where we're going to go and stuff like that. So let me hang up for a second and uh, I I want to log on real quick because I just want to read the chat board when this is all done. All right. The uh, I put it out on the on the Skype uh, I don't know about two weeks ago that uh, Carl was looking to do a, a southern tour go you know just go through some of the states down south and work his way over to California I'm, I'm not quite sure if he was going out there uh, initially to do DVDs or to meet with Bill Thornton uh, we had talked about a bunch of different things so I I don't recall what the purpose of the the initial purpose of it was. But he had mentioned a bunch of people that he could stop in and see. And there was two groups, one in Colorado Springs and another one in uh, in uh, Denver that I wanted to, to go. They had invited me to do a seminar last year, and I couldn't get out there. And uh, so I was hoping to hook up with them. And maybe, uh, you know, Carl could do something, I could do something. And Terry, the guy who's setting it up, uh, could do, do a put on a, you know, an all-day thing. But uh, we haven't had any anybody really. People are saying, you know, if if you're going to come by, let me know. I'd like to meet with you. But that's not making plans. You know, that it's. Uh, I'm only willing to go if there's going to be some, you know, to get some work done. Uh, yeah, I can talk one on one with people over Skype. I mean, I do it all 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 the time. And uh, the only purpose to get in the car and actually meet with people is like Carl said, you know not to do it one at a time because it's, it's very time consuming to do it one at a time. So uh, like these two groups in Colorado, uh, they're both um, kind of like watchdog groups, but they're not conspiracy groups. They're, they're just people that are educated. They study money. They study, you know, sound money systems and, you know, they're, they're just pretty well connected with their local community and they keep track of what's going on. You know, they're, they're just, uh, they just look out for each other. So there's there's another group, uh, Flathead Lake. Some uh, some people up there, some ranchers that are losing their land, and uh, the it was sold to them by the uh, the original people on the land back in the 1800s. Uh, they have a treaty with the U.S. government for that land, and they had sold some of it off, and now they're claiming that the, uh, the their their ancestors didn't have the right to sell that land. So that's another group of people that um, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard from in maybe you know, seven or eight months, maybe a year. But you know, that's another group that I was hoping to get out and talk to. But you know, if, if, if you guys have a group that you want to pull together and, and set a date, then get a hold of me. You know, and I'll work something out with Carl. We'll find out who wants to... Uh, who wants us to come by and and stop by and make some kind of a of a schedule? But so far, nobody's even gotten a hold of me. You know, just just people saying, "Hey, if you you know if you come by, you know, I'd love to have a cup cup of coffee with you." Well, yeah, that's not. <laughs> I'm not leaving my house for a cup of coffee. You know, I'll, I'll go out and teach people. I'll spend a whole weekend. I'll get there a day early, meet people, spend a whole day teaching, and then and then head out. You know, the, you know, next day or, or two days later, I'll do a couple of days in a row. Yeah, you know, I, I don't mind doing this day in and day out because uh, this is what I like to do. But 
but there's got to be somebody there at the other end. So that that's pretty much it as far as traveling. You know, it all depends on on you guys. You know, there has to be a reason to uh, to go. I'm uh, I'm looking to move to Minnesota. I've been looking at Wisconsin, but the property taxes are too high. Uh, Minnesota's are I really loved it while I was out there, and so. That's what I've been doing for the last three weeks. When I was driving back from Minnesota, Carl had just hit the road, so we spent two, you know, ten hours basically on the phone talking. And then uh, the next day, I was still on the road. He got up in the morning to go someplace else, and we talked all day again. But it's hit or miss with Carl, you know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes he's available, sometimes he's not. But uh, I, I know he's pulling a lot of stuff together for the house. And and he's picking up things and getting set up, you know, solar solar panels, and he, you know, he's just looking to do his own thing. So uh, I don't know how much uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I can talk about this. <laughs> well, you know, um, there's people with their hand up, and I see Carl's gone completely, and my my son's caregiver is leaving right now, so. If you want to carry on for a few more minutes, I'd appreciate it. While I go take care of that, and then I'll be right back. Do you want yeah, me to? Uh, uh, do you want me to? Uh, yeah, the first two people, and uh, hopefully they'll be respectful of each other's time, and I'll just answer okay. a couple of questions. All right, Law and um, Money Mike, you've been unmuted. Money Mike, and... yeah, I'll be ri- I'll be right back. Hey. All right. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Hey. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's funny. I talk. On, I get on Andrew's talk and end up talking to you again as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great having you on the call last night. Oh, man. I really, like I said, man, I keep saying I can't say it enough, man. I appreciate what you're doing, how you go about your work, man. I love it. Love it. Really good. It's fun. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, and one of the things about teaching is that it gives you the opportunity to clarify your own thoughts. People ask you questions. And you know, it sounds like the same question over and over again, and it sounds like the same answer, but really uh, it causes you to think of it differently. The answer might come out the same, but the, just the fact that you're answering it again with a new twist, uh, you know, it, it really helps me to understand stuff by answering questions. I think everybody should teach. Yeah, you learn three times more than the student. I do. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's how, I, that's how I became like a professional dancer that quickly. Remember, I told you what I said um, I was literally one lesson ahead of my students, and I had to learn my stuff. And yeah, so it teaches you a lot teaching. Yeah, and, and you know, I was listening to the call tonight, <laughs> and uh, there was a guy who kept making statements, and he wouldn't ask Carl the question, and he's yeah. talking about the uh, the illegal alien and. Yeah, that's why I studied the basics. I re- I realize I don't know nothing. <laughs> I got to study the basics. Yeah, I'm a man, and there's a man in court that says I do wrong. That's it. I don't want to go nowhere else. Yeah, get my closure. Get my closure. I've got one, one square one. foot of territory, and I'm holding on to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quick. I'm Mr. Obama. Obama. Yeah. yeah I heard that one. I was on the bus when that happened. Okay, everybody's been unmuted. Carl's back, and uh, uh, I've okay. had it, gentlemen. Oh, hey. Actually, I'm really glad I got Gus and Carl back, um, because Gus, remember how we were working on um, my paperwork for the court? Um, presented in and noticed the court, 
uh, says I work in an era saying that I'm a man and you taught me, you know, who who you're writing it to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you got to know who you're writing it to and you got to separate it. You know, one of the mistakes that I was making still maybe three months ago is, is I was putting everything into one notice and, you know, Carl got on my case about it. I went back and looked at his paperwork and sure enough, you know, it, you know he's got everything separated. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I did. Hey, check this out. I've got... Um, my first notice, it's literally one sentence, and it's like, it says, I am, uh, Rodrigo Guillere, is an idiot uh, to your society and cultures. That's my first notice. You know, and the top is just notice, uh, and it's got, like, the obligation number and the court case number, and that's it, you know? Is that is that all I need to do for the first notice? You know, is that right? It's, you said he's an idiot? I I am. I, a man, Rodrigo Aguirre, is an idiot to your society and cultures. And you put the that's definition of idiot in there? As an yeah, idiot? I did. That's, that's the question that I was asking uh, Carl earlier, and I'm like, is, that, is this contradictory? Because um, I, I did I put it in, it says layman, and then it's got person lacking professional skills. In brackets, yeah, it says supposed to writer, soldier, skilled workman, literally a private person. So is that contradictory from a private person? It's, it's, habit, it's a private person without specialized knowledge of a particular subject. That's the uh, part you want to put in there. I don't right, have any you said it. And you're right. And if you're calling me, if, you, if you're inviting me to participate in this particular subject, I'm telling you up front, I have no knowledge of what you're asking me to do. Okay. Yeah. You know, so you're inviting somebody to a dance. It's like, honestly, you want me to perform... The Charleston, honestly, I am have no competency in doing the Charleston. Now, I could do the shuffle, or I could do the hustle, or I could do the Monterrega, whatever, Monterrega, or whatever they call it, but I have no competency in, it, in the Charleston. You know, so, so please turn into a mean gene dancing machine, but I don't know about the other shit. But. Right, so you basically yeah. say, like, please excuse me for my incompetency, for my idiocy. But uh, at this time, I'm not aware of where there's a requirement in law that I be proficient in the Charleston in legalese. Yeah. Can you can you can you please direct me if I'm in error to the law that requires a man to be, you know, competent in legalese to be a legal person? Can you please direct me where I could find this in law where there's a requirement for either me a man to accept the title of that of a legal person? Yeah, so now we're getting into it. That would be the second notice. Like, so, I am... That could be the third or fourth notice. Okay. I mean, every, everything I do is boom, notice, boom, notice, boom, notice, boom, notice. Just short, sweet, boom, one sentence, yeah. boom, two sentence, boom, notice. Another thing I wanted to ask you, who am I sending the notice to? Because you said, find out who the prosecutor is, prosecutor is, right? Okay. And look, I don't, not to be contradictory, but... Uh, find out the man or the woman who's moving the case. Like, here yeah. in the United States, they call attorney generals. They've got a state attorney general that moves the case. Is in 99% of the court cases we have here in the United States, there's somebody who's the representative of the people of the state, known as the attorney general. Okay, so I write a letter to them, and do I also put a notice into the court case? No, 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 not a letter to them. You write a letter to him or her. Yeah, sorry, then the prosecutor, him or her, yeah. Maybe in Australia there's two or three attorney generals, but down here in the United States we only got one. Yeah, no, no, just one, yeah. Oh, no, we've got an attorney general, but the, the prosecutor was the one. Is that the man that was sitting in court that didn't No, move? no, he's just, uh, he's an assistant to the attorney general. Uh, ah. He's just an assistant. 
you can send it to the assistant, but you better let the man in charge of that man know what this man is also doing. It's nice to let every, you know, it's nice to, if, if, if I'm sending you out to represent me, it, you know, and, 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 and I'm giving you crap, or I'm giving, this, my representative is giving Gus crap, just because Gus pisses the pictures off at my representative doesn't mean that I ever got an earful of it. doesn't mean that the, the, my representative ever fucking got back with me and says, hey, you know the guy Gus that I'm prosecuting for you? Yeah, I'm doing it because you got too much other stuff to do. You know, I'm really pissing him off. It's like, you really off? Why? How are you pissing him off? Well, he's really pissing me off. Why? Because he's putting all this crap in his foot. What is he doing? What is he writing? Oh, this is, oh holy shit. We got, a, we got a man in court? Yeah, some clown thinks he's an effing man. Uh, 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 we got a situation here. Um, I'll be down there and I'll, let me take care of this. I got this covered. I'm the boss. I'll come down there and I'll handle it on my own. Thank you anyway, but thank you. Obviously, you don't know what you're doing, and I'll take over from here. All right, so would that be the head, the governor general, or would that be like the, the head of the sheriff's department? Look, it, ha- it happened to me in Alabama. That's why I put that recording on my website, because I was beating the crap out of the attorneys in, in, in Alabama. So finally, when I called up the governor's office, I called the governor in Alabama, and I say, hey, is um, you know whatever the, the attorney's name was at the time. It's like, it's like Charles Durning there. It's like, no, Charles uh, isn't doing your case anymore, Mr. Lentz. We got another guy named whatever Pete Jackson. So all I did was call up and say, hey, can I talk to attorney uh, uh, Charles Durning? And I, I called the governor's office, and they knew me by my voice that this is Carl Lentz. So when I yeah. tell people, hey, can you call the governor's office where you live? And they say, "Oh, hi, Carl. How are you doing today?" That's that's ridiculous. So what was that? They I became so familiar with that governor of Alabama. So what was even funnier is they finally put a competent attorney in the position to talk to me because everybody else had no effing clue what I was doing. Yeah. Thus, I put that. That's the only recording I have of the thousands of phone calls that I've recorded on my on my cell phone or on my computer. That's the only one I uploaded on the website was me talking to an attorney in the state of Alabama who knew exactly what I was doing without me having to explain one damn thing to him. He knew everything I was doing, exactly where I was going with the lawsuit, exactly the difference between the court, this court, federal court, United States District Court. He knew exactly what I was doing. And when I said to him, do you understand that some magistrate of the United States District Court trespassed upon my federal court and converted my claim into a complaint that I gave him 24 hours to dismiss that ridiculous complaint that he put on in my behalf because he's going to lead my opponents, you, to believing I'm complaining about something when I'm actually truly making a claim. He says, yes, I've seen what you told the magistrate, that the magistrate who was acting for the United States District Court better dismiss this ridiculous civil rights complaint because you have no civil rights, because you know the difference between a complaint and a claim. I said, oh, finally, I got somebody on the other side who knows exactly what I'm doing. I'm not complaining about any damn thing. I'm making a claim. And the United States District Court magistrate like basically kidnapped my case, mutilated it, trespassed upon it, converted it from a claim to a complaint, which he has no right to do, and I'm going to hold him liable as a man. So what people say to me, 
Paul, your case got dismissed. Why don't you look at the letter before the, the magistrate dismissed my case and see the letter that I gave the magistrate saying, you better dismiss this complaint and I mean now. I mean, not tomorrow, not that I said, uh, when I wake up in the morning and I took on PESA, this complaint that you put in on my behalf, you moved, uh, you opened up my case, looked at it, it clearly was a claim. It has nothing to do with the United States. It's totally a federal matter. You converted into the United States. District court matter. You changed it from a claim to a complaint. I'm going to hold you liable as a man, not as a magistrate, because I never evoked the power of the United States District Court magistrate to act on my behalf. You acted as a man, and you decided to open up my case, my suitcase, and rearrange my socks, my suit, my tie, and you put a tutu and a pair of pink ballet slippers in it. What the hell are you doing? Get your damn crap out of my case. Leave my effing case alone. Seal that damn case up, and when I'm ready to move it before the jury and open it up and try it on before a trial by jury, I'll let you know. Until then, don't trespass on my case. I think you understand? That's what I did. Yeah. That's okay. And to pull yourself out of a case being a party of somebody else's case? You can just say at this time I can't afford it. And it, it, afford means to move forward. Either financially you can't afford it, you can't move forward because you lack the time, or you lack the capacity or the competency to go forward with it. A forward, to move forward. It has nothing to do with just money. Okay? There's many ways to describe moving forward. I can't afford it at this time. I'm incompetent. I'm injured. My mom is sick. There's plenty of reasons why I can't afford to move forward with the title of defendant at this time because it's going to cause me harm, injury, or loss. Okay? What about if you've already been voluntary? It's voluntary. It's just being married. You volunteered to be married. You're involuntary. You're not married. You're volunteered to be a defendant. Now you're involuntary. Right. Okay. So would it be? Would that be a letter still to you know the governor general, the prosecutor of that case, right? The governor, the governor general is the, the, the lead prosecutor who the, who prosecutes cases on behalf of the province, territory, state, district. Right. That's the man you'd write to, not the governor. See, because down here in the United States, the attorney general has more power than the governor does. He's the one that decides. Yeah. He's the one who's protecting the state. He's the one who stands up and defends the state, not the governor. Yeah, same here. He's got more power, Governor General. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's who you want to talk to. You want to talk to the man who actually prosecutes, and he's basically the law of the state is the Attorney General. So if it's, you know, Governor General, if that's what you call it in Australia, yes, he's the man to go to, man. Yeah. So it's not. So you're noticing that man, not actually noticing. The man, right. who's sitting in the, the man who's sitting in the court, you could say, this is what I gave to your boss. Uh, yeah, so you, so you notice everybody. Send it to everybody. Well, right, you know what I'm saying. You know and I know what you mean by everybody, not the 3,812 people that live in the, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. yeah of course. I know. Because, I mean, yeah. but, right, because when you put a notice in the court, that's what you're doing. You just put a simple notice, not a traditional notice, just a notice that is making it, they're supposed to have, the world is supposed to have access to that notice. So you are right. putting notice into the court. You're not specifying what kind of notice, you're just making a notice in general. A general notice yeah. is going out to the whole entire world. Yeah. But if yeah. it's a judicial notice, you're just directing it directly to the judge. Yeah. 
And you no. don't. It is, the, the odds of me making a judicial notice is like maybe one time out of a hundred. I'm actually going to direct something directly to the judge because, you know, very rarely do I just want the judge to see it. I want the whole world to see what's going on. I want to uh, be a judicial notice is still only just a notice to the judge. It still doesn't mean that you're jumping into the statutory jurisdiction, right? It's just a judicial notice that's going to the man acting as a judge. But the reason why it is, no, it's because, no, it's because you are one of the subordinates to his authority. Yeah. You're playing the role of plaintiff, the defendant, respondent, Marvin, Pelly, appellant. You're playing one of the lower positions. You're telling the judge, can you please take notice and look this way towards me, what I have to show you. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah. It's like the king of the queen. You're trying to draw his audience. You're trying to draw his attention. Yeah. Okay. So you that's very, very, rarely, very rarely would I want to do something like that. You know, the only okay. reason I'd want to do something like that is like say I was in the middle of a trial and I accepted the title and the position and I allowed him to make a ruling on or against me. And then I'd want to say, Judge, please take notice of this over here. Could you please take notice of what is what, you know. Yeah, right, because I I submitted myself to his authority and ruling. So very rarely, I mean, I'm going to say I would have never submit to myself to his authority because I'm sure there's plenty of times where it would be beneficial to have, you know, somebody settle a dispute between an an adversarial party in in a civil manner. So I'm not saying I would never, you know, have the judge take notice because I might be in court against my fellow man one day. And I'd say, look, Your Honor, please notice this over here. That's yeah. his story. Now, can you take a look what I have over here? Yeah. It's like you know. a decision to exercise your right hand or your left hand. You know, if you don't want to do it or you do it, you know, that's your right, yeah. Right. So there's times when you use that tool. Very rarely will I use that tool, pull that tool out of my tool belt because very rarely do I need it. Because very rarely will I ever <laughs> believe that I'll ever stand in court with my, or against my fellow man. Yeah. It's almost yeah. impossible to believe. The only reason why I would would be if somebody said, some like 90-year-old blind lady said that I raped her, and I'd say, ma'am, what makes you think it was me? Well, I could, you know, feel your nose. It's like, okay, ma'am, well, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to challenge you in court over that one. You know, but other than that, because there's no way I could settle something like that with some 90-year-old blind lady. So how am I going to settle that? You know, I don't want her to keep walking around telling everybody I, I raped her. No, ma'am, if you don't stop, we're going to have to settle this in the court of law. You know, because you cause me Right. Now I'm going to have to ask the judge to make a ruling on my behalf. I'm going to say, judge, please notice this. I don't have a nose. Or the nose that she's describing certainly isn't mine. You know, he's to take notice of what I'm saying. And he'd say, okay, I noticed that. Okay. I'm going to make a ruling. You know, and like I said, yeah. that's it's the odds of me ever having to go to court against my fellow man it would have to be because of some ridiculous and majorly outrageous, you know, claim that they're making, that I have to feel that I have to defend. Like somebody says, you're the biggest asshole. Okay, I can live with that. That's fine. I'm not going to be over that. That's cool. It's going to have to be something really amazing you're going to have to say that I've done to you that I was like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to tolerate that. Like he's going to say, I uh, I, 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 I cause harm injury to my children. I, yeah, I'm not going to let you just say that and get away with it. You know, there's gonna there's gonna be a line that you're gonna cross and I would say, You better stop. Or your teeth are gonna lay on the floor, or we're gonna settle this in court. I said that to US Marshals. I said, Look, you're gonna cross the line and if I'm telling you you're crossing a line, just to, you know, I'm gonna tell you to stop. If I'm crossing a line, 
Just tell me to stop. We're going to settle this man to man. If you knock my teeth out, you break my legs, I punch you in the face, we go around and around across this table a couple of times, that's fine. I'm into a good sport. I'm into a good row. I don't care. I'm into, yeah. I, 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 I'm into rough and tumble. I don't give a shit how you guys want to play this. But I'm telling you, when we walk out of this, this room, this conference room, it's they, whatever happened between you and I, man to man, and him, man to man, whatever happened between us, man to man, stays here. It stays here. It, it, I don't want you to sue me. I'm not going to sue you. If the tempers rise, we flare, we get angry at each other, we wind up at the fisticuffs here in this room, that's fine. You know, but it stays here in this room. It's just business. This is just, it, but it, it's nothing personal. When we go out that door, we go back to just being a man and a man, okay? You know, so after you know, about two or three minutes, you could listen to Angela's show years ago when I explained what happened when I came to the U.S. Marshal's office, like, that day. And I, she would have to be Thursday. And uh, within three or four minutes, they shut off the recorder, and the a, a U.S. Marshal said, you're a great man. This is crazy. You're a good man. What the hell are, you, what the hell are they so scared of down there in Alabama? I said, well, I'm glad you asked. I said, I'm going to pull the government's charter. He's like, what? I'm going to pull the government's charter. They caused caused harm to their creator. What? Yeah, man created the government of the state of Alabama. I'm going to pull their effing charter. How are you going to do that? And I put the four pieces in front of them. I said, their state constitution, the constitution, uh, I said, the the statute in which they actually move under, and I said, uh, and I said, uh, uh, the power of the U.S. Marshal Service. I said, I'm going to use you guys to help me pull that charter. He said, how are you going to do it? I said, the way they did it back in the 1960s, the the 1970s they did it, on how Frank M. Johnson did, the district court judge. He did. He pulled every damn state agency's ability to function, and they made every state agency within the state of Alabama go through his office if they wanted to spend a nickel. So I'm going to do the same damn thing, the same damn thing. The name of this building that we're standing on is the Frank M. Johnson complex. Why do you think they called the Frank M. Why do you think he was such an amazing judge back in the 60s and 70s? Because he was the king of Alabama. And the state government of Alabama wanted to fought. They had to ask his permission to do it. Because of so many civil rights violations they were committing in the state of Alabama back in the 60s and 70s, they were, all their agencies were on parole, probation, some sort of federal guidance, some sort of overseer, because the state government was so corrupt, you guys had to come in and take it over. If you guys won't take it over now, I'll take it over. Frank M. He's like, well, how are you going to do that? Did Frank M. Johnson take it over? Well, yeah, Frank M. Johnson took it over. Why can't I take it over? I'm a man. I created the position as judge. I'm, I'm even higher than Frank M. Johnson is because he's just a judge. I'm a man. And they were like, wow, this is brilliant. I said, yeah, Frank M. Johnson did it as a judge. Why can't I do it as a man? He said, yeah, he did do that, didn't he? Yeah, you're damn right he did it. Why can't I do it? So they're like, oh, yeah, I see where you're going with this. It's like, yeah, he did it. Why can't I do it? It's like, well, you're not a judge. I'm better than a judge. I'm a man. I'm the man. I'm a man. Man created the position of judge. Judge didn't make a man. No judge on planet Earth ever created a man. All the judges were created by a man. No judge ever created a man. I'm the ultimate creator here, not the judge. So it's funny, man. It's it's just like he said. This is this is amazing. Because the guy who was told me the U.S. Marshal Service was the attorney for the U.S. Marshal Service. He says, "Oh my God, this is brilliant. This is so simple." So yeah, that's why they're scared. That's why they want to know who the hell I am. And I said, honestly, guys, I don't want to take over the government state of Alabama. I, I have a hard time uh, rearranging my CD collection in alphabetical order. I certainly don't want to take over the government of the state of Alabama. Are you kidding me? The liability, responsibility, and duty I'd have? Oh, forget it. 
if I could keep my CD collection together for a week, I'm amazed. I said, I'm in no position to take over. But I just want to show them that it can be done. Yeah. Who's the ultimate creator here? Who answers to who? I'm tired of them thinking that they're going to sling me around like a yo-yo. I'm done. I'm going to show them it's man that you serve. Man don't serve you. You're the public servant. You serve me. That's all I'm trying to explain to them. And that's why this gets shitless, because I'm figuring it out. Yeah. That's why they're scared. They're not scared that I'm going to do anything to the judge. not scared. I said, sir, let me explain something to you. Every single freaking phone call I have to the governor's office, magistrate's office, judge's office, clerk's office, I have recorded. I have thousands of these things. I said, do you think I wouldn't record because I'm a big, goofy, scary guy? And you don't think that I thought that they were going to use you guys as muscle to scare me someday? Of course I knew they were going to use you to scare me. Of course I knew I was going to be sitting in this office one day explaining myself to you. But I have every single thing in writing and orderly. I recorded it. So there's no way in the world that you're going to listen to all these thousands of hours of audio and ever perceive one time that I committed extortion or communicated a threat to any judge or any officer of any court. I said, I am so scary, polite, it's sickening how nice I am on the phone to these people. Yeah. I said, scary how nice I write my paperwork. It's scary how sweet I am. Hey, can I, I read you three sentences just to make sure uh, to send it to the Governor General? Because I remember that, hearing a lot of your phone calls about people making, you know, almost like threats. You know, I, I demand you to do this and telling you to do this and this, you know. So can I read you three sentences that instead of, I'm not going to send it to the, the actual... Okay. Well, okay, well, let me tell you one thing before you go too crazy about that. If you're a party to the case, if you haven't established your status as that a man, they could threaten you, just like I could do with my kids. Say, hey, I'll break your freaking legs if you touch that lollipop one more time. Okay? Yeah. If I said that to the neighbor's kids, I'm going to jail. Okay? Because I communicated yeah. a threat to a non-party member or a outsider or a non-citizen. Okay? Or an yeah. illegal alien. Okay? Yeah. There you go. So go ahead. All right, cool. Um, so this is what I was going to write today. Um, I, a man, Rodrigo Aguirre, did stand before the court as a man without any title on the 5th day of February 2015 as an idiot, ready to settle any debt or claims another man had against I, the man, Rodrigo Aguirre. Second sentence is, I believe that the court was operating in error and presumed I was before the court as a person, so I wish to correct the, court, uh, the record. Well, what you can do in the very first bit, in the very first sentence, you could say, "I stood before the court as a non-party member." Oh. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, if, if, you if, you if you don't like the way that rings, make it something else. Okay. I'm just winging yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. It's just the word "party." Like this for over here too, or no? Huh? No. No. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Like, it's, go it's ahead. Like you said, like um, I spoke at the guy last week Thursday, and you know he he helped me out a lot with this, and so I I was making sure that I knew I understood every single word that's you know in this notice. Um, so no, I like the word party, and it's, it's all right. Because like I said, the, the, the way I like to do it then is like I, I I made a stand before the court, or I took stand before the court, but you know I you know I try to stay away from ed and ing like the plague. Yeah, yeah, past tense and future tense. It, it, it's, okay. just, it's just sloppy. It's just sloppy and lazy English language, okay? 
But yeah. if you're comfortable with it, go for it. But when a judge sees that everything's in the present tense, he's going to say, holy shit, who knows how to do yeah. this crap? Yeah. I mean, like, unfortunately, I didn't study yourself, you know, or Gus or, you know, like, well, used to um, before I went to court in February. So, uh, to be honest, well, Gus knows this, but I studied a lot of Dean Clifford and a lot of the birth certificate fraud and you know, all, that, all that crap. Um, so, yeah, I was working off that, and I still um, I still had no idea. I, I studied 24-7 for about two, two, three months, and I still had court the next day, and I still had no idea what to write. So I literally was like, all right, shit, I'll just write it from my heart. Um, yeah. My that I put in there, you know, on that day, which uh, I think saved my ass, you know, because the judge saw my volition and my demeanor and whatnot. So that's why I believe I'm still not in jail because, you know, he made a, he made a warrant out. Um, our, well, this is what it says. Our records indicate that the above court has issued a warrant for your imprisonment. You must take immediate action to pay this warrant if you don't pay the sheriff will arrest you in prison. This was um, six months ago, and I only got a one-month stay. In February, I've got a one-month stay on 476 days. Well, why don't you say, say something very simply back to him is, can you please define your? Back then. Why don't you just write something very simple back to him then and say, can you please define your? Oh, uh, like, oh, uh, okay. Why don't uh, you just write something simple that? For, for this, for Because obviously, they're not directing it to the man. They're directing it to your. Your what? Yeah. Your arrest, your 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 what? Your yo your your mama, your what? Your what? yours, your your what? Your your as in one context, you know. Your as a you know, adverb, adjective. Your what? Yeah, your 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 birth certificate, your speaking, uh, your cover, a, a pronoun. What what form? What part of language is this? Right. Okay. You said we got a arrest for your. We got a warrant out for your arrest. Your your what? Anything in particular? Right. Yeah, is there a reason why it was in the scene and say we have a we have a warrant out for Timothy Smith? I don't mean I don't know what the hell your name is. What's your name? Rodrigo. Call me right. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Okay, that's not too bad. Is that a first name or last name? First name. First name? Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Okay. <laughs> I thought she liked me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's bad. I thought it was okay. I thought it was your first. I thought it was your last name. What's your last name? It can't be any worse than Rodrigo. <laughs> oh, fuck, it is. <laughs> it is. Right, it's Aguirre. Aguirre. It's what? Aguirre. A-G-U-I-R-R-E. Holy crap! It is worse than first. <laughs> wow. Oh You must have got your ass kicked. Yeah, you got your ass kicked in school a lot, didn't you? Oh no! Trust me, I did, not the chicks loved it. They freaking loved it. Uh, Holy crap. Yeah, and I'm an Aussie. Half Aussie, yeah. half Chilean. Yeah. What is that, Vulcan or something like that? No, no, half Aussie, half Chilean. I am. It's what? Half, I'm half Australian and half my mom's Chilean, South American. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Chilean. Yeah, Chilean. It worked out for me, you know? Especially yeah, being yeah. in Australia. Yeah, it's just a hop skip away. Yeah, I know. You're on the wrong side of the earth, but yeah, it's not. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, actually, that makes sense. I don't. Well, actually, I'll, I'll read the, the third sentence. Although you know that makes a lot more sense, just to write them a simple, uh, simple letter. You know, hey, can you define your? Um, but yeah, this yeah. was what I was going to write. No man came forward and spoke. Uh, no man came forward and spoke to make a claim against either man. No. Rodrigo. You, you got you got to get rid of this fucking negative fucking vibe shit, man. And this is why it's funny. I'm a positive Pete, man. 
then you got to get rid of this negative Nancy bullshit. You can't say uh, no man and not and never. You guys got to stop that fucking crap. I mean, I'm getting effing tired of correcting everybody with this no, never, not. It's a two-year-old. You're acting like a little girl. You said, I do not believe. You say, at the time of the hearing, I, I do not believe. You could say, I believe that no man came forward. You just got to say, you can't say no man came forward. How do you know? Maybe you blinked. Maybe you fought it. Maybe you got adopted by space aliens and they gave you a probe and they put you back down to Earth for 50 seconds and you missed the man who appeared. But you could just say, I believe that uh, uh, there was no man that was present at this time. You can't say no man appeared. How do you know? Yeah. You just say, I believe at that time. I do not believe I witnessed a man that appeared to testify to the contrary. You know, now I might have been abducted by space aliens. You know, there's a flash I saw in a courtroom and I, in my butt, for, my butt for about a week. You know, so maybe there's an anal probe that happened. But, you know, honestly, I don't remember seeing a man come forward. But did a man come forward and testify to the contrary? I don't believe I witnessed a man come forth and, and testified, you know, to the contrary. You know, say, you know, do you, do you, do you believe a man came forward? Because I don't believe I witnessed anything of that, that nature that happened at that, you know, before the court at that time. Maybe I missed something. Can you please, uh, you, know, you know, can you please... You see what I'm saying? you you got to be more, more like, understanding. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying. Everybody says I'm an asshole and everything like that. But, man, I write the sweetest, nicest letters you could possibly imagine. When I'm on the phone with these pricks, I'm the nicest clown you could ever... I'm sweet and gentle and kind and killing them with kindness. That's what you're doing. That's the good thing about it. Just smothering them. It's ridiculous. I'm not giving them any room to send the dogs out of me and have me tasered and whipped and, you know, chained and shackled and because they're terrified by my actions or my letter writing or my paper. They ask us what paper terrorism, what happens to you when you do that crap. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why. That's why you can't. Uh, that's why you can't say you know like ah oh, fuck this. I want those and the blah 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 and the fuck this. You know, no, you got to be nice. Yeah. Well, you got. You're right. You got to be as pleasant as pie. You know, just be sweet as it's come. I mean, sickening sweet. I mean, it's funny. Like in England, they have a good rowing court. I mean, it's violent and it's fun. And you yell and it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of fun because it's part of the sport. You know, it's like tennis is played a certain way and basketball is played. You no, know, there's a different way you play it in different courts. Some courts you could go hog wild, and some courts you got to be as pleasant as pie. Yeah. You know, but like I said, it, it all depends. You know, like I said, the cater people. You know, when I went to the court, you know, with uh, against the social services. By the time we got to the tenth, fifteenth, twentieth trial hearing, we were we were going at it, man. It was fun. I mean, we just knocked down, dragged down. You know, we were you know we were arguing it to the the umpteenth level, we were going at it. A lot of fun. Mm. And uh, But when we walked out of there, we just calmed down, acted civil to each other. We realized it was acting in court. We were acting as a defendant. He was acting as a prosecutor. I was acting. And then we walked out of the court. We are no longer acting as a defendant. Now we walk back out into the world as a man and another man. You, you just got to know when you're acting, and you got to cut the act when you're in a different situation. Now I'm in a different. Now I'm in a different environment. Now I got a whole bunch of puppies or a whole bunch of children around me. I could have been a meanest, baddest, kick-ass bastard on planet Earth, and and ten seconds later I'm the sweetest, kindest man to a puppy. You know, and like I can't imagine what this guy thinks. The guy who's been here for a week now, he's hearing me barking at this guy. I, like ripped out half my left lung barking at this guy. 
And two seconds later, a puppy dog walked up to me, and I'm just sweet as pie. It's like, this guy's psycho. Paul's a nut. You know, all these, these men, his voice is booming through the valley. It's echoing all over the place, yelling at this effing guy. And the next thing you know, he saw, oh, look at the puppy. Oh, what a sweetie. Come here, baby dicks. Like, <laughs> what, what the hell? This guy's got multiple personalities. <laughs> yeah. Gus caught me on that. On one, yeah, Gus caught me that on, on one of my shows. He said, Carl, you got to listen to one of these calls you did. I said, I don't listen to myself. It's ridiculous. I know. I don't I don't care what I say. I said, Man, I'm done. You know, I did my show. I'm done. I did my time. I'm done. I'm moving on. He said, no, you got to listen to this one. Why? why? He says, man, you're barking at this guy. You're furious. He said, you're ripping your left lung out. You're going crazy. And then, and then but you try to cover the microphone because you start laughing so hard. And you catch your breath. <laughs> you, 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 you catch it. Catch yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, you catch, you're catching your breath, and then you're talking <laughs> at the guy like you're some psycho, demented demon alien. And then all words the coming left and right like the devil's rejects times 20. Yeah, and then I cover up the He says you're trying to cover the microphone because you're laughing your ass off in the background, and you're catching your wind, and you're barking again at the guy. I said, look, dude. It's, it's, look, I'm, I'm playing drill. I'm acting like a drill sergeant. I'm acting like, you know... Making every joke in the book. You're private numb nuts. Huh? You want your numb nuts and blah 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 blah. You know why I call you private? You know, dickhead. I'll tell you why. And your mom is so fat and ugly. You know, and I just rip into the guy. You know, I'm just tearing into him, and I just yeah. tearing into them. And but it's an act. I'm a true sergeant. This is what I do. Yeah, good. Yeah, some people deserve it. You know, a lot, a lot of it was full metal jacket. You know. Yeah, exactly. Versus full, versus exactly. full metal alchemist. You know. Right. Yeah. You've got no choice. You know, if you want to help your fellow man survive, this is what must be done. You have no Kind of like also with what you did with uh, was it John and Jesse? No, Jesse or no? It was one of the one of the one of the few, uh, one of the women you were doing. You did the same thing, and she became a Hellcat later on because of that. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, even my first wife, the, uh, when she went back to her sister, she was the youngest sister, and she was tiny. She was only like ninety-five pounds, and her other sisters were big gals. And they said, we could tell you've been living with a damn Yankee, a damn New York Yankee at that, because you don't take our shit no more. You don't just, you're not scared of us. You don't just do what we tell you to do. You stand up, you got a backbone, you stand up straight, and you, you look us in the eye, and you tell us, go fuck off. They said, you, no, we, we, can't, we can't pull you, you can't pull you no more. I said, that's right, you don't, you don't take their shit no more. I said, that's, and I could do it to a woman, you know, a 95-pound woman to stand up to her two sisters, and, you know, her sisters are like, yeah, no, hey, F you, buddy, you really fucked with my sister. What? Now she don't take our crap no more. We can't tell her to do this, this, do run down, go get a spear. We can't tell her to do shit no more. She won't do it. Why? Because she, uh, she tells us to go fuck ourselves. <laughs> you gave her a real bad attitude. No, I mean, it's not take your shit no more. So, uh, so obviously, I didn't beat my wife into submission, obviously, because she knew how to have a backbone now and how to stand up on her own because I said, one day, honey, I'm going to be gone. And you better be tough as nails because this world's going to kick you in the ass if you don't fucking grab the backbone, stand up, and start telling people to go F off. Yeah. So she, she learned how to tell people to F off, and I'm sure she told me plenty of times to F off. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what I'm trying to create. I try to create a little monster. Yeah, well, just like you, I thank God every single day for the father that I had. You know, he taught me to be tough as nails, and he didn't give a shit, so... And then he pissed off pretty quickly, so, you know, I don't hate him. I actually thank God every single day for him. Right. He showed, oh, yeah. He taught, me, he taught me where respect, give respect where, 
work deserved. And it wasn't to him, so he taught me, you know, from what was not there. But I thank God every single day for the father that I did not have or what I had at the time. Oh, yeah, because it's funny, man. We were, I was driving around with this guy who had been here for a week today, and I was talking about something about early French provincial compared to late French provincial. And he's and I said, look, I know this stuff that I'm telling you. You can't possibly believe I'm grabbing this shit. Where the hell did I get this crap? I said, well, let me tell you what. I had a dad who was rough and tough as nails. I had a mom that would drag me, drag me kicking and screaming to operas and plays and museums and art galleries and openings. Oh, Jesus, just put it. I hope a Unabomber comes in here and just blows us all up to get me out of this fucking place. You know? just, hope, just hope somebody on that opera stage you know, has a rifle and puts me out of my misery. You know, but she dragged me, kicking and screaming, but she did it, and I'm a better man for it. But at the That's time, you don't understand. You think it's like, oh, my God, this is torture. Dude, Just would you just stop with this crap? And then you realize she's doing it for your benefit. But at the time, it might seem like she's just a, a miserable human being for making me endure this crap. Why can't I just go home and play baseball or watch TV and watch cartoons? No, you're going to be cultured. You're going to be educated. I don't want no damn culture. You know, I, I don't want no damn yoga. You know, go F yourself. Oh, F myself? Oh, we're going to watch two operas today. Oh, F you. You know, it's like I'm going to tell your dad, okay, fine, I'm going, you know. <laughs> you know, like I said, but like I said, GMO or non-GMO, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, now, when somebody talks to me, I can follow any conversation, whether it's rough and tough or it has something to do with some ridiculous you know, sonic or pl- play or poem or poetry or author or, you know, composer. Okay. My my mom drilled it into me. Whether I wanted to be drilled or not, she said, F you, you're going to get cultured. You're going to be a gentleman. I ah, F you. You know, so I got a mom who made me a gentleman. I had a, a dad who made me kick everybody's ass. You know, so I always got lucky, you know, that I, I can't stand like what this other guy said. Oh, you made no sense what you said, you know. I was like, look, buddy, there's got to be a man. There's got to be a woman. It's got to be tough, and it's got to be soft. You know, and I'm the tough. Every Everybody wants you to be soft in society nowadays. Everybody's got to be every effing friend. Nobody can hurt nobody's feelings. Tough. I hate playing this effing game because I see you're just going to curl up in a ball and take a beating. You know, don't. You know, stand up. Get a backbone. You could be a 95-pound woman. Stand up and get a backbone. I'm not going to let you get your ass kicked by your sisters no more. You're not going to take that crap. And you're gonna t- you're gonna make them think twice before they touch you again. Yeah, that's one thing my dad. I remember my dad always saying, "You can tell me to do something when you're old enough to put me down on my ass." I'm like, "Fuck! Don't you forget one day I will be." <laughs> oh yeah, my dad got scared of that too, man. When he get hit me, and I no longer even blinked. You know, he could hit me with everything he got, and I just stand there like, "And that's the best you got." He's like, "Oh man, my my, my, my mom, oh, oh yeah, my mom said, oh yeah, my mom told me, man. He says, oh man, you're making your dad nervous. Like what? Oh man, he tried to beat the crap. He just, you just like, yeah, and." And you walked away. It's like, yeah, and that's the best you got home. <laughs> it's like, I didn't say that. So it's like, I just gave him that attitude. It's like, yeah, and? Yeah. And and yeah. now what? Is that all you got? <laughs> yeah, and the only the only time, I swear to God, the only time I ever went, ran away from him is when he picked up a pick handle and hit me. I said, you're going to kill me. He said, yeah. yeah. I said, well, I got to go. And that's yeah, only, that. only because he realized hitting me wasn't doing it anymore. Kicking, hitting, no, nothing was working anymore. So when I when I took off, I, and I came back, you know, I, was, I just hung out in the woods and I came back and I went to the hospital and um, 
they said, my mom called him up and said, uh, we, you know, we found, you know, he, he walked, you know, down to grandma's before the hospital. And there's nothing they could do for him because when it's a rib injury, you can't put a cast or nothing. It's just going to be the way it is. There's nothing you can do. So what was funny yeah. is uh, he just said to my mom, he says, you know, it's past 5 o'clock and dinner's not on the table. <laughs> Wow, right. <laughs> so, so, my, so my, my mom said that's it. I had enough. You know, she said that's it. That's 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 it. You know, beating is one thing, but you know, attempted murder yeah, is another. Yeah. Yeah. So what was funny is when he came over to uh, uh, my grandma's house because that's when my mom brought us. Nobody would come outside to talk to him. So I went outside to talk to him, and he said, uh, "What's going on?" I said, "I beat the truck horn, and nobody came outside." I said, "Ah, they're all scared of you." He said, "Scared of me? Scared of me about what?" I said, I don't know. I said, I think, you know, because, you, you know, you went over the top yesterday. He said, yeah, you know, I said, you know, it wasn't working no more. I said, yeah, I know, you know, so I kind of figured, you know, you had to, you know, I understood why you picked it up. Because, you know, hit me and kicked and shit wasn't working no more. You got frustrated. I said, but I actually, I said, you're going to kill me, ain't you? He said, yeah. I said, well, you don't lie. So I figured you would kill me. So I figured, you know what, I don't want to see you go to jail because you're a very valuable member to this family. I'm not as important as you are because of you going down. We're all going to go down. And I said, but if I go down, it's no big deal. But if you kill me, society isn't going to understand what you're trying to instill upon me, what you're trying to force me to believe, and uh, you're just not getting it through to me. They're going to put you in a fucking cage. And I said, I did it so to save you from going to a cage. I didn't run because I'm scared of you. If you told me to stand there and die, I'd stand there and die. But I understand you're going to be put in a cage if you kill me. And this family is going to really be hurting because of I fucked up. And you were just trying to fucking make sure I wasn't going to fuck up again. And I would have been the ultimate cause of why the family doesn't have a dad. I said, so I wasn't going to take liability to that. So I fucking left. He says, well, you know, he said, I appreciate your rant. I said, yeah. I said, you know, it shit happens. Don't worry about it. He says, I said, but I'm telling you, they're not getting out of that house. I said, I'm going home with you, but I'm telling you, everybody else is scared shitless. I said, I know why you're doing what you're doing, and I appreciate what you're doing. But these these people think you're fucking crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and they probably think I'm fucking crazy too going home with you but I know what you're trying to do Yeah, appreciate what you're doing because the worst you're going to do is beat me I know what's going to happen when I go out in the real world like you told me a million times they're gonna, dude they're going to put you in a cage you're not going to see the sunshine for a very long time they're going to put you in solitary confinement you're not. They're going to take your family from you. Everything you own, home, we and dream for. They're going to. They're going to destroy. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to destroy your world. You've got to get your shit tight while you're here, and I can teach you. So when you go that, when you go out in that real world, man. I, I have no idea. I have no idea who's chopping the broccoli, but it's a vegetarian. No man. Yeah, but it's a vegetarian. I'm sure because they got to eat it. They got to eat every five seconds. <laughs> Something happened there. What happened? I don't know. No, so he's chopping broccoli and I was making fun of vegetarians. It was Texas. I muted him. Oh, okay. that wasn't me, was it? <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I got in the corner. Oh. I don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. No, no, no. It was, it was Tex- no, they said it was Texas that did it. He was chasing cockroaches. Oh, the other Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. I'm also yeah, in Texas. I just too. unmuted him again, so. Yeah. No more chopping in the background. Let me try it again. Let me see if that's what it was. Let me go over right here and see what it is. Let's try it again. Hey, you know, you made me actually get a different perspective of what my father was like, you know, because he's, he's like, if you looked up the, the word idiot, that would be him, you know. So he was like a private man. He had no professional skills, nothing like that, you know, just 
Right, my, right, like I said, my dad came from Germany, and he couldn't read or write English, so he was a perfect idiot. Anytime anybody tried to come at him, a summons, a piece of paper, he'd say, what's that? It's like, it's a summons. It's like, what do you want to do, wipe my ass with it? I don't know what it says. He said, well, let me read it to you. Oh, like, I'm going to believe something you've got to tell me, please. Like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Well, it says you got to do this, this, oh, because you say it says so? Oh, please, would you stop? That's just a yeah. stupid piece of paper. Are you saying that you that I've done something? No, I'm not saying Well, who is? Well, a motor vehicle. Oh, come on. Give me a break. They never said anything. They don't got a mouth. What the hell are you going on about? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun with somebody who can't read or write because they just look at the whole entire paper world as a total fraud. They don't even think for a second that that piece of paper could possibly mean anything. It's just, what? It's just funny picture scribbled with some funny Chinese symbols. It's, what? Oh, it means that you died today at dawn. Oh, come on. That's all scribble. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, yeah, it's in Chinese or some bullshit like that. What the hell does that mean? A Chinese guy will, you know, shit his pants when he sees it. I look at it, it's like, yeah, it's a bunch of scribble. Well, what does yeah. he say? Like, well, we, we, just killed this, we just killed this family at 6 o'clock in the morning. Is that what that says? Huh. It was a bunch of scribble to me. He seemed to get awfully upset about it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I look at it. Like, thank God my dad was like that. I don't know. A bunch of scribble to me. How the hell does I know about it? That's nothing to do with me. <laughs> and he just did. My, my first wife couldn't read or write either. She picked tobacco when I met her. 